Hello, boys. Bring it back, Billy here. I got my robe, I got my slippers, I got my evening coffee by my side. All I need is my lady and my kitty cat. Meow. Alright, you boys are gonna try and bring back Lucille Ball to the podcast? What is going on? You boys got some splendid to do because uh, sometimes dead is better. And Eric, I heard that fat ass is bringing green ketchup back to the podcast. Oh, goodness gracious. Looks like lunch is fun again because you know you're bringing that back. And Jim, I heard you're going to bring back real world versus road rules. Battle of the sexes. Oh, baby, yes. I hope that Ruthie is just as badass. Because you know you're bringing that back. The Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 202, where your friends, American Sweetheart Eric Shea, that's me. And Jim Warner. That's him. We'll bring you the very best in DC Comics this week. Yeah, well, I thought you were going to go more. Uh, <laughs> usually, did you say it was 202? Oh, I, I did. All right. Hello and welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. We are a spoiler podcast that reviews most of this week's DC Comics. Sure do. If you want to read our written reviews, go over to the WeirdScienceDCComics.com and also check out us, us on Twitter at WeirdScienceDC and on Facebook at Facebook.com WeirdScienceDCComics. I don't have a voice tonight, so we're in big trouble. Oh yeah, and this is the this is the first thing we're recording, and already I can't talk. If you like what you hear tonight, and want to get even more shows, <laughs> go over to our Patreon account at www.patreon.com/slash/weirdscience, where you can listen to over four hundred episodes of Ooh, various wait. shows. Uh, this week coming up, we have our pop culture podcast. I did my weekly comic book uh, news podcast earlier today with no voice, and it's worse now. <laughs> I actually said at the end of that that I had to rest. I didn't talk the rest of the day. Maybe that was the mistake. Maybe I should me, me, me. You need a little bit of that going on? No, most of uh, this whole thing, I'm going to pass out before we're done. Because to actually talk, I am really not breathing in. I'm really forcing everything out. And I'm getting a headache already. doing guy kid shenanigans. And that's the problem today. buddy boy. Don't do it. What's wrong with you? God. It's one of those things. How is it going to go worse? (laughs) You're going to pass out, you said. We also have a a best of show that we had that uh, Pete from NYC said he really enjoyed. And I'm working on episode two that involves Eric Shea in an ice cream truck is what the second show is going to focus on. Now, we have a Patreon spotlight every week, and that is two books that is on Patreon, only as picked by the badasses of the Patreon Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Beep, boop. And this week, they pick Catwoman number five and Hawkman number six. So if you want to hear those and many other shows, go over to Patreon and check those out. Now, that always leads us to, Eric, the badass roll call. All right. All right. Yeah. Listen to me. I have to yell to get anything out, but I'm just going to yell and scream. I'm not going to get that angry tonight. I'm just very upset with the books, but I'll keep an even keel. Probably. Good. We have Matches Balone, John Jack, Speedy's Collectibles by Ron Saunders, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, T 
T-Funk, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stosia, D-Man, uh, Dave, uh, D-Man, Eric, I didn't say, <laughs> D-Man, Batman Beyond, Mark J, G-Man, David Fink, Andrew Belfast, Scott Manship, Scott, Brandy, Bobby, Reggie Hancock, Carlos Segui, Carlos Ian, Brian from Arkansas, Leonard, Chester McJerk, Brian King, Jolly Drew, my man Pete from NYC, Paulie P. T. Fred Reed's Comics, Eric G. Seller Dweller, Danny the Street, Luis, we got Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double A Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G., Dave J., Missy T., our man Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, and Ruben. Ruben. Ruben is in the house, baby, as everyone else is. And thank all of you badasses for being badasses, but also everybody else who supports us over on Patreon. Uh, we really do appreciate the support, Eric sure G C B D. What? I don't know what I'm saying. I have At that no one point, did you I'm say saying. Manship Scott? No, I said Scott Manship, and then I went Scott because I never say <laughs> Scott Manship. In fact, I'm sure that most like, people didn't even realize Scott, that was his name, Scott Manship. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, we'll hear more from Scott later. Feels Scotty weird boy. just saying Scotty. Scotty too we'll hotty, our man Scotty. Scotty too hotty. Uh, he'll be telling us all about Michigan laws on marijuana. I am sure. Oh, uh, but Aaron, that is it for the beginning. That's the intro. I'm I'm gonna have to conserve. Waited breath ale for old Scotty yeah. boy's marijuana Scotty talk. Boy. Oh, Scotty, uh, we're gonna have to conserve. Conserve tonight. Uh, th- this week's uh, books. Not exactly the greatest. No. This is not the the top of the tippy top for us uh, with books, but uh, I'm going to conserve myself. I'm not going to scream and yell, though we already recorded our books with yes, Reggie the most and part. one of the sections with us. So you'll see. there. There's going to be a, a back and forth with my voice going throughout this. Though, if you remember, I did mention – that I started not feeling well you did. because I thought the cats were yeah. in the room. I think that started that's sneezing on nowhere yesterday. Yeah, something got me, Eric. Something got me. It might have been you. You got me. Are you the boogeyman's? Is that you, Eric? Is <laughs> I got that you, you the boogeyman's? But we're gonna go off right now and listen to a little bit of news, and then we'll be back with the books. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Hello and welcome to the news part of the podcast. This is the second time I'm going to be recording this because the first time I did it right when I woke up and I didn't have my voice still, but I ended up doing the rant and raves that you'll hear later on in the podcast and I, it cleared up suddenly. All of a sudden I have a bit of my voice back, so I'm going to redo this and start with two news items basically tonight and it's going to be the first one, a sad day. Uh, indeed, when Stan Lee did pass away. 
away at the age of 95. Stan Lee, the legendary creator of many of Marvel Comics' most enduring properties, has passed away at the age of 95. And when this happened, I ended up getting a bunch of texts uh, from a lot of people, and I realized that I have become that comic guy to a lot of people that, you know, a lot of other things can go down in the world. But when Stan Lee passed, I got all these uh, texts and things, including my son, Zach, tried calling me. Uh, it's it's a sad deal. And Stan Lee, if you are a comic book fan of any kind, uh, you know Stan Lee, love Stan Lee, probably. There's some out there that don't, but uh, for the most part, 99% of the people love him. I really don't have that much of a connection to Stan Lee and Marvel until we started that Marvel podcast. I hadn't read a lot of Marvel at all. And in fact, I've only become a you know comics fan since 2011. That was when the New 52 came out. I decided to jump on to comics. And yeah, as things have gone, I recognize Stan Lee's greatness, obviously. I'm not going to sit here and wax poetic about how much he meant to me because he didn't. It's not something that while I was a kid, uh, the Marvel comics did this or that or the other thing. I just don't have that much of a connection, though. Again, I can recognize greatness. He seemed like a great guy. And unfortunately, at the end of his life, he had some problems with elder abuse and then getting ripped off by his uh, business partners. And that's bullcrap. That that shouldn't happen to anyone, let alone, you know, a guy who seems to be so open and caring to what he loved and, you know, just the people in general as well. But most fans will remember Lee for his eternal presence as the ambassador of comics, a role he filled with Glee for over 500, or 50 years, 500 years, oh my, 50 years of Marvel Comics, with an eight-decade career in the medium. Until his final days, Lee was a fixture of comic conventions, events, and appearances, greeting millions with a hearty excelsior. Well into his 90s, Lee even fulfilled his boyhood dreams of movie stardom, appearing in cameos in dozens of films based on Marvel comic characters. And yeah, I, I've been to a couple conventions. We went to a Wizard World years ago in Philadelphia and he was there and I didn't wait in line to get a picture or anything like that. I, I looked over and it was funny because he was at a desk at this point and the desk was raised or he was lowered so that you couldn't just go by and take a picture of him. You'd only get the top of his forehead. You had to walk around this desk thing and I thought that was brilliant so that people couldn't just get a, a, a picture of him for free. You know, he's going to make the moolah but yeah and that's just it's sad he was 95 though and and man he had a a crazy life unfortunately has passed away but that's if you expected me to you know wax poetic and things like that that's kind of not the things that i do uh, but it's sad. But the DC news is DC's Big Detective Comics number 1000 plans unveiled. DC plans for March 2019's Detective Comics anniversary have been unveiled. And like their recent Action Comics anniversary, it'll include two books, Detective Comics number 1000, obviously, and Detective Comics 80 Years of Batman, the Deluxe Audition. The enduring popularity of Batman over the past 80 years speaks to the character's multi-generational appeal, said DC publishers Jim Lee and Dan DiDio, hopefully sing-songing that. We're proud to celebrate Batman's cultural impact with these special releases and look forward to a year of commemorating this milestone anniversary 
with fans across the globe. Incoming Detective Comics creators Peter J. Tomasi and Doug Mankey are scheduled to write and draw 1000's lead story, which is cool, with additional stories by Jeff Johns, Brian Michael Bendis, Paul Dini, Christopher Priest, Danny O'Neill, Neil Adams, me and Reggie's man, Kelly Jones, Dustin Nguyen, Alex Maleev, and more. The issue is scheduled to run 96 pages. The companion Detective Comics 80 Years of Batman hardcover overseen by former DC publisher and writer Paul Levitz will include several rare and unpublished comic shorts from Batman's history, including a Levitz-Denny Cowan story and the original layouts from Detective Comics number 200 by Lou Sayer-Schwartz and Bob Kane. The tome is anticipated to include essays about Detective Comics and Batman by Corey Doctorow, Neil Gaiman, Glenn David Gold, Denny O'Neill, former San Diego Police Chief Shelley Zimmerman, and Pulp Historian Anthony Tolan. So you get to read a lot of essays. That, that sounds like a, a hoot. But yeah, that, that'll be a big deal, and I, it'll be cool. Uh, you know, the uh, the Action Comics 1000 was cool enough. It, it's, a, it's a milestone. It's a thing that you want to have and kind of have there on your bookshelf and things like that. I'm not expecting it to, you know, change the world or anything, but it'll be nice and fun to read. And it'll take a long time to talk about on the podcast, which, you know, that stinks. But that's uh, kind of a selfish thing that I should not include in the news story. But that is it for the news uh, tonight. And if you want to hear more news, including Marvel and Indie, alongside your DC news, you can go to Patreon. And I have a show each week. Usually I have a more of a uh, an angel-like voice, I would hope. I know a lot of people don't think so, but Andrew and Belfast's wife does. She enjoys hearing my voice. So you could go and hear that every week on the Patreon and listen to me uh, sometimes lose my mind over some uh, news items. But yeah, we're going to go now and go off to the start of the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese and And here we are Woo. with the books, the meat and cheese of the podcast. And Num-nums. if you want to read our written reviews, go over to WeirdScienceDCComics.com and you can do that. Now we're going to start with Detective Comics. And 
Is Tomasi here yet? Can he can he please get here? Because I'm the quicker you, I don't he gets here, the better. Answer because we saw what Tomasi did with Detective Comics in DCYU era. Yeah, he kind of got screwed. So yeah, we'll I just see. don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he's we'll the answer. See. I hope he is. But it's better. It got to be better than this. The, the, <laughs> I was I was one of the few supporters of the James Robinson when he got on the book. You oh, know, me too. I got I actually got in arguments on Twitter with people about it uh, because when this started, there was that weird interaction with him and. Gordon, but I liked how James Robinson was trying to tie it into the overall, you know, narrative of Batman now yeah, with Tom right now King DC, and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what happened. And to me, the the biggest problem with this this story is it, it's gone on too long, and he doesn't have enough story. I mean, things are happening in this story that just happen. Turns also, out we're dealing with Cobra, Jim. Do you know that? Well, and that's the problem is this is a two faced story that we did have Cobra throughout yeah. in the background. All of a sudden now it's Cobra heavy, where we have to get big narration, which is the forced thing, most forced bit of. Tell me more about what you know. Talk there, about Batman. To that point, it's the entire goddamn issue, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it, it's it's not good. Detective Comics number nine ninety two, written by James Robinson, art by Carmen D. G. and Demonico, Ivan Placenci, and Rob Lee. James Robinson continues this Batman Two Face story, and while it feels like it has gone on forever, it also is getting worse with each issue. Here we get a forced history lesson on Cobra, another out of nowhere push for the Outsiders book, and plenty <laughs> of stiff dialogue to boot. However, I think James Robinson is really writing a scathing indictment on the failed tech of Cobra and how it always leads Batman to the next phase of the story. And later you're going to hear us talk about Flash and how I think that Williamson writes his story, and you agree as well, that everybody in the book jumps to conclusions to get to the next phase of the story. In this, things are, this never happens until they do to push it. And it's all based on Cobra. We already saw that they had captured a Cobra operative his brain bomb sort of thing wasn't yeah. working until yeah, it Cobra to operatives, work. the minute that they are captured and start to confess, and really to me, once they know they're captured as well, right. it's almost the Suicide Squad type brain bomb that they don't want anybody and really spelled out. We've never been able to capture a Cobra operative until they do. Yeah. And the brain bomb, the, the best with that one was is that the brain bomb misfires, doesn't function until after the guy has spilled his guts, <laughs> then it goes so they Worst don't have to deal with ever. this guy. It's almost like they, they want to, thank God that brain bomb went. Now the taxpayers don't have to pay for that guy's cell. In this, you have America. this Naga has a cow. Like the and it looks, you know, it's it's a fancy cow that looks like you're a snake, Aaron. And uh, that goes and and you Batman sure it's not spells a it out or a black adder. It has yeah, to be a no, naga. no. But Batman spells it out like, oh my god, that he's connected to everything that that well, uh, the, Cobra's the involved with. As I told Jim, are the leaders of all these different factions of that's Cobra. Fine. So why wouldn't this leader of this faction? Why wouldn't he be connected to all no, of these things? He wouldn't be. That's number one, is he's connected to everything. No, he'd have a, you know, a little piece that tells him, hey, what should I do now? Go go get Batman. All right. Thank you. No, this is a mini computer on his head that is connected to everything that Cobra is doing and should be something that when it like, short what? circuits, you can't hack. But yeah, Batman can have we needed to capture any Cobra member alive and we could just get their headpiece? Well, even so, why would Cobra have any sort of headpiece that the minute that somebody hits the button to, to short circuit that you can somehow hack into it? It's not even explained. The thing short no. circuits, but yet he can hack into it and get all the info. 
So it, it's just ridiculous. But it and not just, only him, but he like sends the information to you know Alfred to get Alfred in the story, so then Alfred can then prolong the whole idea of the story. What everybody no, else is prolonged. doing. There's but nothing the, going on here. Yeah, I forget what we talked about. It might have been the last issue of Detective Comics, but the idea or something else. I think it might have even been a Tom King Batman issue. The idea, where, when did we get away from Penny One, where Batman would call Alfred Penny One? Yeah, because, I know. And this is what know. is it? The it's voice just, he calls it. I'm like, every time we yeah. see, or sometimes he just yeah. says Alfred. I'm like. I really wish we could just get to that overall thing where everybody knows what to call him in each book and it stays a consistent yeah, thing. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care. I don't care about that. That's just something that each writer is going to do. And that Penny one is just one guy's idea before anyway. So if they don't want to go it. with it, then screw it. I don't care what they fucking call him. I, it just when you call him, have something to fucking say. Alfred he Pennyworth. He's like, hey, Bruce hey. Manor. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm telling you, Penny won, and then you're like, boy, I really did think that Bruce Wayne was Batman, and he does have Penny worth it. Uh, the, the problem I have is is that even when it starts, it's like Batman and Two Face are heading towards where they know that Cobra will be this museum, you know, right. the Gotham City Museum. It's supposed to be a big history. gala going on for the so when they're rooting tootin', the, the rooting tootin's going on as they're going, and then they have the conversation. As to your question, it's just this dialogue <laughs> is so stiff. I, I know so we both stiff. know about uh, Cobra Batman, but tell me what you think you not, know not, about even it, just so that, I can make just sure imagine, I know. Just imagine two faces shooting off his guns, and then really? Batman says to him, "Hey, what makes a zealot or a fanatic? I confess, it's something it's I ask cults. myself from time to time. How about you, Two Face?" Depends what no, you're referring to, no. Batman. Do you mean modern religion or cults or you and Touché. me? Point taken. Point taken. Please take it and never bring it back. I don't need it. This is as to your question. I don't have an answer, nor do I care. Of course, I do know where you're going with this cult. So tell me about Cobra. It's really? funny, too, because we have this whole idea where Cobra is trying to lash out at Gotham City because they are at a weakened state. They want to be the big bad they once were, so they're going to strike all over Gotham. And they come flying in in these airships. Like, they're going to hit this museum, which is our main set, set piece for this issue, where it's supposed to be a gal going on with all the hoity-toities of Gotham. They're going to come down here, and they break through, and they, they fly in in a big airship. And for some reason, yep. this airship, for all the technology that they have with brain bombs and cow pieces of brain bombs in them or whatever it is, they don't have any heat sensors in this thing because they had no idea that this museum was empty when they came no. pull it up and well, then not came even back. just where's that? all the people's at? I mean, where at the end that also has you know it's filled with anthrax that they spell out at the end you and know, the they just fly away. Can- <laughs> yeah, I actually wanted Scott Ian to come out. Hey, you hired us to play here at this big concert. We're anthrax. We're here. What's going on? But yeah, they they go into this museum. It's empty. They're surprised. And while this is going on, it's Batman. Basically, what Harvey says is, listen, I, you know, I am kind of dealing with Cobra. I hate Cobra. I've spent this whole arc saying that I'm against what Cobra's doing. But, you know, Batman, tell me about Cobra. And, and then he's like, well, as to Cobra's history, there I'm was like, a really? Mad man what who are was you doing? As a child by I don't the even want to hear it. Jeff I don't even want to hear it. Jim. I, I don't care because Who, what you get by the Jason. end of this, you don't need to know this for Not the simple thing that you're getting in and this even story. Even with the idea that you are getting this background, say you wanted to know about Cobra it's, and it's get this background filler, kind of thing. Though. The problem is, though, for every, like we talk about with the voice, so like who, what are you going to call Alfred when you do it? 
every writer has their own yeah. take on what Cobra is. Some people say King Snake's in charge. Friggin', you know, when we had yeah. Chuck Dixon and Bane Conquest, you know, the, they were going after the Naha, the Naha, Naha the yeah, the Naha, We just Naha. had, you know, in what was it, Suicide Squad with Destro, uh, De- uh, Deadshot, yeah. going after yeah. him because the Jeff Burrow was going to be reanimated into his daughter. And also, whatever you get yeah. with all Cobra, it all depends on the writer because it's going to change, it seems like. So it doesn't matter at all, like you said. Well, and the, the problem is as well is this is almost over. The, the story's over. So right now near the end, us getting this Cobra background, it, it's not going to matter. You nowhere. don't need to know the structure of Cobra. It is Cobra's page so filler right because now, there though, is Jim. nothing else. And, and especially because at the end, they are at the end, what you end up getting is a switcheroo to make the issue and uh, this series about something totally different than what you had anyway. Because as this is going on, they're fighting. Tell me that all these things all over Gotham are just a diversion, Jim? Yeah, well, that's what ends up Batman finally figures out. And, and there's a couple times, like you mentioned three or four times, it seems, of the destruction of this museum. Yeah, Batman, hey, Harvey, way to go. But boy, the, the owner of this museum is really going to be mad. <laughs> then, uh, then uh, you know, then Gordon Ooh, comes, boy, the, the owner of the museum is going to be mad. And then what happens is let's get a full idea of Cobra. Let's waste that time. It, well, it not really only reminds that, though, hold me. Hold on. Well, not only that, because you get the full background on Cobra of Batman telling Two-Face about it. And then when we get to talk to Alfred Pennyworth about what's going on, hey, Alfred, what's going on with everybody else? Well, you do know Cassandra Cain, you know, the orphan, her yeah. and Barbara Gordon, the Batgirl. It's, it's, are gonna be well, like, basically, to me, gotta, this whole break issue it down. Who's all is this? like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's when you are writing a essay and you're in seventh grade and it has to be 250 words. That's what this is. This is just trying to get page count without a story because the only thing that matters is at the very end, Batman's, you know, amazingly can hack into the, uh, you know, the headpiece to find out everything that Cobra's doing and, and finds out. No, he, he says he's hacking into it. He says, I, I am plugging in, in and hacking it. In my mind, he says this to Alfred to do it. I'm like, I just figured yeah, it, it out. He, Alfred never gets any credit. shit. Alfred's just there. He, he's just there as another narrator for these other people. And, and so he hacks in and goes, oh, no. Like I thought it was a diversion. What's really going on is they have mind control gas in the sewers. There you go. It just You're like, why did I read these other issues? Because it all comes when down to this When they deploy this mind control gas, everyone will worship Cobra. And, and the whole thing, oh, Carl Twist, he was a genius. And he wouldn't just have these things. Tweedledee and Tweedledum could have figured this out. Da, 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 da. And it's, it's just a diversion. But, yeah, that's all every issue has been now and yeah at one point you do have them go hey alfred what's going on oh well you know we have black lightning a katana (laughs) they're really functioning well you know because their time with the outsiders and then the best is miss cassandra too the orphan as she's now known and now she's been called that for years that's the problem though is that now as she's now known because it seems that james robinson doesn't realize that there is a current continuity that's separate from the old continuity because cassandra kane was an older character she is new to here and has only been referred to as the orphan and you know even katana and black lighting they were never outsiders before in this current continuity until the writer decides how i don't even care about the the thing where he doesn't but it's just that we have known orphan in this exact book It'd be different if she was in some other book and well, you, you know, have to Barbara reference Gordon, it. The Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, now that she's known as the Batgirl, and then you have the Fireflies going, and then out of nowhere, you know, you have to add and Signal the and Batwoman. The Fireflies just seem weird out of nowhere. 
The, the whole thing is just overly just it's it's nothing. You're not getting anything from this. With the signal, they're they're kicking. I know, butt. but like like you know, Duke, Batgirl, and Orphan were at least set up to be kind of like the new like outsiders with Black Lightning and Katana. Batwoman, this seems thrown no. in here out of nowhere. Yeah, there was no other partner Gotham. for uh, She didn't Duke. have anything to do. So yeah, what are you yeah, about? she's twos. in Appleton. Yeah, really. But yeah, <laughs> and at the end, like I said, they hack in and basically says, you know, hold on, Jim, I've decoded the information I was after. Finally, Cobra's plans, and we're not done. Not nearly. Like, this is the same thing that happened before, where you have this whole thing going on. Suddenly, Batman can just hack into a Cobra headset that we did see. They captured the leader. Right. They ended up stringing him up upside down. He ended up pressing the button or whatever. It's an automatic Cracking his tooth, whatever. This is worse, because there is actually, this isn't just him brain bomb. This seems as if the whole thing short circuits and electrocutes him and yet he can still hack into this headset he has shit the electra electric shit coming out of his fucking head the whole thing he looks like he's shooting uh, mega beams (laughs) he looks like dark side there and yet he can just hack hack into it and he finds out that boy this was diversion they have mind controlling agent in the sewers oh no here we go dun, that's dun, it dun. next the death of harvey dent really i mean this is a two-faced story where we hardly have gotten anything out of any of these characters everything is pushed forward with just the hey we're not supposed to do this until now then they figure out that it started with some detective work, it seemed, yeah. and then became pretty much. You might as well have Batman be a magic well, detective guy. Detective works hard. Like, Let's just figure stuff I out. I see something in the depths. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, I gave it a four point five. I like the art. Uh, yeah, this the art's all right. Just it, it's not good. It, it's not good. And this issue, pretty much all you have to know from this issue. Hey, guess what? Everything else didn't matter. Cobra's going to have a uh, mind-controlling serum or or gas in the thing. That's it. You only have to know the cliffhanger page. And that is not good storytelling if you go through a whole entire issue and all you have to know is one page going forward. So there you but go. Jim, what you if know they it, know about Cobra? Avoid it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could look it up. And like you said, it changes anyway all along. And, and, uh, and maybe they want to know. They want to see Black Lightning in one panel. Katana, she's really <laughs> taking to this. It's the perfect arena. <sighs> what what do you get? I like the art as well. The story's nonsense. Complete filler to get us to whatever he wants us to do with this mind control agent. I would give it a five, an even five out of ten. Not a fuck you five because I do like the art, but it's on the verge of being a fuck you five because yeah, it's a useless I'm just issue. Lower. It's it's useless. And this is the sort of thing that drives, you know, me nuts more than anything are these useless issues. I do think that this story was not, you know, this long and they're just prolonging it. They're just extending yeah, it you know, to get to do. this amount so that Tomasi has time to get on the book. Uh, please. This is just it's it's not good. But Tomasi, what is please. That? Yeah. Tomasi, please. Tomasi, please get on the book and at least please. something new. At least when he shows up. It's like spring training. Everybody's you know, hope springs eternal. I thought I want it to be a weird thing where nobody's going to expect what's coming up. They're like you know, he oh he got screwed over that DCYU with Jim Gordon Batman. You know the bunny and Robo Batman kind of thing. He got screwed yeah. over from telling the source. Now he's going to go back and finish him, kind of like James Robinson. Oh. So now it's Jim no, no, Gordon, I, Bunny and Robo Batman. Uh, 
No, I expect that he shows up. And and one of the things that we've said is that the Bat Books really have not had much of Batman and Damien, you know, father, yeah. son. So I think that what he's going to do is he's going to call up Damien and say, listen, but he's a renegade Moe, right? I need right to now. help you. Damien comes over and says, listen, we're going to go on a trip and I want to tell you about American history. Oh, no. Let's go. Road trip part two. <laughs> I don't like and this then story. I'll lose my mind. I don't want it either. But what's Be careful next? what you wish for, Jim. Yeah, really. What is next? S- Superman number five written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Ivan Rice, Joe Prado, Claire Albert, Alex. Sinclair and Josh Reed. Superman's trapped in the Phantom Zone with Rogue Lazar and the worst of the worst that Krypton has to offer, so I guess it's up to General Zod to come to the rescue because the villainous Kryptonian has visions of what the future could bring for his family and the people of Krypton in general, and he needs our man of steel to see it through. Yeah. Yeah. You start off with a thing with Zod. He's proclaiming that the it's house of Zod It's such a weird Zod opening to this thing for what you have in Superman so far. And you jump into this issue and yeah. you're like, all right, we're on Jakul. We got, you know, General Zod yeah. in the, the house of Zod giving this grand announcement with, you know, the house of Kandor, the house of El, Superman Lois, so Lois with her own little, you know, Superwoman costume going. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess you got to represent if, if you're on Jakul. But like yeah. everybody's there with all these Kryptonians, even like strongman Jimmy Olsen's in the back of my the fuck happened to no, Superman there's some out of crazy nowhere. deal. And <laughs> and I like it. it. I believe in my mind that it is true uh that he's been partaking too much of the Jakul spirit. <laughs> he's he's strong. My father had a problem yeah, with the Jakul spirit as well. Yes, 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 he did. Yeah, but yeah, you have this whole deal, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, uh, father, Earth, it's missing. I like at one point, uh, Earth. Don't you talk about that stupid planet, but it's missing. And then you go to well, where Well, even we with are. the idea where, like, I don't know what this vision is. I like the idea of this vision because I like the idea that Zod, for the benefit of Krypton, will put all the animosity he has for the House of El and all this other stuff. And even the idea that it was Jor-El who brought this whole unity together like this, you know, even for what he says here in this vision. But I'm like, how accurate could this vision be with the House of Kandor? I'm like, I don't know if... You remember Brian yeah, Michael Bendis, but the first thing you do is pretty much kill Candor. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. Is it's like, huh? I see that in the House of Candor. I'm like, well, you're is he going to fly who, around the planet and turn back time? It's great because Bendis was the one who killed them off. But yeah, hey, he'll, he'll I, I maybe it's just one of those where it's like, well, I was well, going to really kind concentrate of on Candor. Or like I guess he was we're really thinking go with, hard about and they like the D, the DMT and this Jakul vision drink, but yeah, really took uh, over with what he was thinking beforehand. He's drunk. He's thinking about the past, but yeah. Yeah, you go into the Phantom Zone, and I know that you, you're you positive on this book, and you've been one of the more positive people on uh, this in general with Brian Michael Bendis, and I've been right there with you. I'm well, not the thing there is, it's weird issue. because I've been more into action comics as of late, where I think the action comics started to stumble. I actually thought that Superman started picking up the pace with last issue and now this one. Yeah, yeah, I just, we get into the Phantom Zone, and pretty much the rest of the issue is just Superman wiping blood off his face, saying, oh man, I gotta figure this out, while, you know, you have Rogel Czar continue his trash talking, and not much else. There's not much else of anything going on to push a story forward, except then you have Adam Strange still out in space going, yeah, right. uh, yeah, uh, I don't want to be on hold. Can I please get that? You know, and you have this back and forth where, again, I think Brian Michael Bendis is in love with his dialogue of somebody <laughs> on a phone. Uh, you know, trying to get through to the switchboard and things like that. And it goes back and forth. 
And I, I got, I actually rolled my eyes at points about this. And you know, Zod then shows up, basically when, uh, proclaims he's Zod, and then the well, Earth the kind of kicks when, in. When Zod shows up, when Lord Zod tells his father that the Earth is messy, I'm guessing it's going through all the channels of space, you know, space radio. I'm going to call it from now on. Oh, so he trace. tells him that in what appeared to be in that dream. It seems. No, that's when so, he woke up. His father, he came to him and told him. He's like, nah, I don't know, he, got time yeah, talking about this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just, I'm telling you, but, I'm down on this issue. Well, the whole thing too, when you know when Zod shows up, he's like, "Where's the Earth?" Fa-? Like Adam Strange and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know. But when the Earth shows up, because of, you know the way that we got out in the last issue was that uh, Ray Palmer shrunk it down and somehow came through with the Phantom Zone projector. Was shrunk yeah, down. Yeah, used the Phantom Zone projector it after it shrunk into the yeah. into the universe. So now he has to re you know embiggen the planet where yeah. Adam Strange and General Zod are. So like pretty much just floating yeah. about. I think for some reason it really bothered me when the Earth started growing and they were just kind of pulled into its atmosphere and they were just yeah. giants in this room. I'm like, I really feel like this would have messed up the planet really bad for, yeah, for some yeah. reason. Because you have some giant, uh, you know, and they have, uh, you know, uh, Adam Strange and Metropolis. You have Zod in the Persian Gulf. It kind of, and again, it's kind of a big moment that really doesn't mean anything and doesn't yeah. do anything really. And yeah, out of nowhere, then you have Zod show up and demand the projector from Adam Star from Ray. Well, not Palmer. only that, it's just such a cool thing in my mind, just because you know, out of nowhere, we have just gotten all everybody out of the Phantom Zone. The Earth was in the biggest peril it's ever seen. We just got out, and out of nowhere, there's Ray Palmer, you know, the Flash, and all these you know different Justice League characters. General Zod just shows up, shoot me with the Phantom Zone projector. Yeah, Ray yeah Palmer he just wants to get shot. Fires, but, yeah, um, and. I hope that was the right thing to do. That was the right thing yeah. to do, huh, guys? Yeah, and he <laughs> gets rid. At least he gets rid it's of him. He seems fu- pretty out of the, You know, pan into the fire situation. But you get out of the Phantom Zone, and right there, one of the biggest you know people that was ever been in the Phantom Zone is right there in your face, yeah. screaming at you yeah. to send him to the Phantom Zone. It but here's the deal: it, it did make me kind of giggle as well. But this is what we're talking about now. We're two pages from the end, and nothing happened. All that happened was the Earth got bigger, which we saw was starting last issue, mm-hmm. and Zod went in the Phantom Zone. That's it. There's nothing else that's happened so far in 19 pages of a 21-page comic book. And well, then the you go into I, I really got into the idea in the beginning with this vision that you know, like uh, you know, Zod was having with the Jakul drink of what this comic could be going forward. Where you know, we've thought about the idea: what if Zod would change his ways and stuff like that? We knew he had this new planet on Jakul, and it was like in a new Krypton. He wanted to do it. The idea that he's willing to let bygones be bygones after the whole Superman Revenge Squad deal and that he wants to bring the Krypton together, especially now that we find out that Rogel Czar is a being that actually is the thing that killed Krypton, we can bring the Kryptonians together. And it might be a really cool aspect to see how the House of L and the House of Zod and stuff like that, how they could actually be partners or just – amicable towards each other after this whole thing. I'm, I'm really interested yeah, I, in that whole idea. I, I'll tell you right now, I'll bet you a pizza. They will not. You're, you're not, they're going to, they're going to come together for this and well, something's going to happen like and just have Zod just go away. He's not going to be yeah, in I'm this I'm seeing part. how it's going to try to work though. Yeah. Oh, I think it won't even, I don't even think he'll reference it. I think it'll really? be done and Zod will go off because he's already said that he doesn't want any of the older villains or anything in this book. He doesn't want right. to deal with that. He wants to have all new things. I think Zod what helps if he out makes here. Zod a good guy instead of I don't think that a loophole. <laughs> I don't think that Zod will even be in this book after this is over. And the problem with it already, I'm with Brandon now with this issue. Mm-hmm. This issue does nothing. We are treading water with nothing but like you said, you're excited about Zod. Right. That's the first First couple pages and the right. and the last in between is nothing. 
We get nothing. We get pages of Adam Strange. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to contact somebody about Earth. Uh, can can you tell me something? And, and then when you get Zod there, it continues on there. And then we have this happen. And then it ends with, hey there, Rogozar, we're going to attack you now with Rogozar. Huh. You know what, Kal-El? You're weak. You won't kill me. And then Zod ending up at the end. Yeah, but I'm Zod. But that this is nothing. It did nothing from point A to B now, except I'll tell you though, Zod's I did get in the, the Phantom Zone. Bit. That's it. You, you know, I hate the humanization of these characters. Like it's being done over and over again. Different, like you know, creators yeah. right now at DC Comics. Scene where Superman flies away after being overwhelmed by the different villains of the Phantom Zone at that point. And like you know, Jack no. says like, "Look, if I didn't know him, I'd say he's a coward." But just you got to watch yourself. Superman goes away to kind of lick his wounds a bit and just think about the ideas of that he does have the power to obliterate each and every one of these people. And yeah, I, right. I don't like the idea of a physical Phantom Zone. That's not something I like. So I'm going to throw that right out. We're, we're dealing with what we are. I'm not, happy, I'm not happy about it. But the idea that Superman has to like take this idea about what he can do and what he should do. Like those moments we've gotten throughout the Brian Michael Bendis run of Superman and action comics, man of steel, all these different things where everybody's always like, man, he's really got to voice a Superman down. I've never cared for them, but this one scene here where he thinks about this and then thinks about what his parents would say to him, the the Kents and what he should do in the situation. It really gave me the feels though. I really enjoyed the scene. And I think it's the best moment that we've seen of Brian Michael Bendis trying to show you that he knows the voice of this character. I thought it was complete bullshit and actually it's just, I thought it looked amazing too. And again, you you have now what? How many uh, you know years of that Injustice comic, which is showing the exact opposite? Right. I've seen this before. I've seen it in comics where Superman has to show that he pulls back. We've had it in Man of Steel mm-hmm. when Brian Michael Bendis. We we keep getting it. I don't need him to show me that he knows Superman. He he should know Superman. He's hired no, to be on all the Superman books. So I don't need him to think back to Mom Pa Kent to say, you know what? That's why it's called a test, son. Uh, yeah, you know what? He's known that since he's a kid. I don't need Brian Michael Bendis to show me because I've been reading all these issues too. And it's just nonsense to me that he keeps going back to telling nothing. And this is what, again, Brandon warned us that he is going to, sp- you're going to get a, a story that should be three issues. It's now five issues and we've got nothing. We, with Rogozar, he's in the Phantom Zone. And then we're just treading water the whole time. I don't need him to think back to mom, Pa Kent, every time he wants to decide something I, I or whatever. I do like it, though, do because he, he is about to make the sacrifice at that point, too, with the idea that he could do this. He could take on the scene, but he will not murder anybody. And he just then goes and walks up to Rogozar and the rest of these Phantom Zone menace kind of you know criminals yeah. and whatnot. The idea is like, you know you're going to have to kill me, but you won't, will you? And the whole idea is that... He won't have to because thankfully Zod has shown up. And on the idea of Zod and Rogozar fighting, and if you know Superman tells Zod that it's this monstrosity here that blew up Krypton, that seems like a pretty badass epic battle coming up next. Yeah, we'll see. I bet Hopefully. it was three pay uh, three uh, issues. The uh, the other thing, I it's it's almost like, and we didn't even mention it, the uh, Detective Comics, mm-hmm. where James Robinson has to point out, hey, hey uh, we're two faced man. Did you kill the leader of Cobra? I don't kill. You know me. <laughs> now, when we go to this museum, you better not kill anybody because that's not the way I that's do not things. How we play, yeah. it's, it's exactly this. I don't need you to keep reminding me that, oh, man, he knows Superman because Superman's the most powerful thing in the universe and doesn't use his power. No, they just go, you know, you already said it where Rogozar's like, huh, you have all this power and you'll never use it. You don't kill. And then Superman has to go and think about it. Have Superman thinking time. 
And yeah, you just get to the goddamn fireworks factor. You have a, a cool idea with Zod showing up to fight with Superman hand in mm-hmm. hand to get the destroy of Krypton. Get it. Get to there. Don't string us out. And this was, I'm telling you, this issue again was another one, like we just said with Detective Comics. If I told you, if somebody said to me, hey, tell me uh, what I need to know going forward, you know what I'd say? Zod's in the Phantom Zone about, about to fight Rogozar. It's the cliffhanger again. That's all you need to know. That, that's not a good issue when all you need to know is the cliffhanger. So yeah, I, I've, I've almost had enough with this book. I do like the Action Comics book, but the Superman book, I don't know. It, it's really getting to me because this whole thing. And Rogozar, I don't know. Nobody likes him. No, he's not Just a good villain Just get rid of him. Somebody fight him and get rid of him. I don't need him here. And then later on, we're going to have to talk about him a bit in the Supergirl, Supergirl book. Yeah. He's not that good a villain to be no, dominating all, all the Supergirls now. He's everywhere. Yeah, he's just there because this is what Brian Michael Bendis wants to do, and this is his character and stuff. I get it. I want to have my character there, but do some work with him. Make him good. Don't just sit there and tread water all the time with him. Hey, really, did you think that of all these issues, starting with like Man of Steel and all that, that we would have this many issues with no, Rogozar? I, really I mean, we're getting to the after cl- Man of Steel. We're getting close to twenty issues of him being <laughs> in a book, including Supergirl. And that's ridiculous. Uh, he's not that good a villain and he's the same thing all you get is that huh, you killed and then this the big revelation is that superman uses the trash talking that rogozar uses to figure out that the kryptonians must have killed his planet and his right. people that is not a great revelation that is not a oh my god i can't believe it and it's just like okay whatever everybody seems to hate krypton and kryptonians throughout yeah, really the universe we've seen around because since Brian Michael Bendis came on the idea now is that you know they're going to go out and take all the resources from yeah, all these yeah. other planets stuff like that's that that's what they it seems to be like, now right like but, yeah that's what it seemed to be before like we didn't, we weren't even allowed to have space travel Jarrell was like you that's know, he, the weirdest he was thing. the devil and now all of a sudden they're like the you know they're uh, Christopher Columbus and the Mayflower coming down. <laughs> Plymouth Rock, we didn't land on that, Eric. <laughs> Kryptonian Rock landed on us. But yeah, what, what did you give this? I really enjoyed the art in this, and I like the characterization of Superman and the idea of what we're going to have with General Zod, really, because it seems like a really interesting way to take the character. But I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm at a 5.1, and that's all just because I like the art. I'll go above a uh, you know a whole deal. And this is the problem is, and I, I think that if we would go back and listen to what we say about every Brian Michael Bendis issue, mm-hmm. it always ends up with us hoping for something coming up we always end with man that that's a pretty cool thing to be setting up man i want to see that and then we kind of go backwards for a while we tread water we do this we do that and then get another cliffhanger that works it's starting to get it's not as bad as say a batman beyond that we said is pretty much you just going for the but it's starting to get like this idea of everything is always just a little out of reach that we want to get to something that we never quite get to We'll see. We'll see if next issue actually goes more than just if if really next so. issue has just one issue of the Zod. You know, they fight and then before the and if I I think it's going to last more than one issue with this whole nonsense. But uh, we're going to go to the last book of this section, which is something that I've been looking forward to. Uh, I reviewed because I'm back on Wonder Woman. I it's been Wonder been Woman number fifty eight. <laughs> 
Yeah, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Carrie Nord, Mick Gray, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Pat Brousseau. I've been waiting for G. Willow Wilson's debut on this book since it was first announced, and I have to say this first issue was a bit of a letdown. It was okay when I expected it. It was okay when I expected it to be great. Dang. But the biggest disappointment for me, I just, it's the way I spelled it out. I didn't <laughs> say it wrong. I, I inflected wrong. It was okay. When I expected it to be great, but the biggest disappointment for me is that it just felt generic and plain. I like that she is picking up the loose ends of Rucka's rebirth run, but I hope that it doesn't take her too long to make this book her own. And maybe it is because she's being, and this is the problem with Greg Rucka's run. I just want to tell you before we get going, I really thought we we're going to do Mr. Miracle next. So that's why I said I wasn't looking oh, forward no. to it when you no, said no. G. Willow was. It, like, it's oh, it's Wonder it. Woman. I have, I have been looking forward to Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there you go. You, you were uh, talking uh, trash when you didn't even know that you should be or shouldn't be. I'm going to hit the ding for you. But yeah, the, the problem is with this, I think that Greg Rucka leaving the book, number one, threw this book in a tizzy that we still see now. Because oh, yeah. you, you couldn't deal with them, Ascara. Shea Fontana, tie- James Robinson, yeah. and Steve. Well, I'm Orlando just saying he didn't tie up thing. anything. Then you have Shea Fontana come on and try to do something. She was only on for a little, and then you get James Robinson thrown on to finish up a storyline from Dark Side War before. So we haven't had. I, I'm telling you, this book hasn't been giving much of a chance since Rucka left, and they weren't expecting him to leave. He quit. And so now we're going where we're going to finally get back to something from Rucka's run and obviously trying to get Themyscira back into play. That's something that, you know, we we have been expecting and wanting. Um, But maybe this is where G. Will Wilson comes on and she's told to do something for this first arc which is bring back Themyscira, tie up all this stuff not, with not Ares. That, but bring back Ares as well, because Ares yeah. used to be a big villain of Wonder Woman. He's been sidelined ever since Rocket came hey, in. I'm not even that. You, even even that. When, you know, Wonder Woman killed him, became the god of war yeah. before. So we haven't really had a lot of Ares well, doing anything. Me, I don't for want years. anything with Ares. <laughs> Because we that was basically, we had Ares as the big villain of the New 52, pretty much. Then he gets killed. She becomes God of War. Right. I think that this book will get stale if we just deal with Ares. We had the Wonder Woman movie, Ares. Yeah. I mean, they, there are more things going on with Wonder Woman than just Ares. This points to me that at least G. Willow Wilson is kind of twisting it. You know, she's flipping the script a little for Ares to come back as kind of an ally at first. We'll see. I get the I feeling think he's that he's going to take that justice a little too personal. No, I just gonna think they're going to head. Yeah, it. they're not going to see eye to eye on what's <laughs> going on here. But I, I just the, the whole idea of Ares to me doesn't excite me because that's all we ever get anymore. It, it's like you know, it'd be like every issue of Batman having the Joker. It gets old. It and does. So, I'm just saying, you, you, with Ares being one of the main villains of Wonder Woman, though, we haven't really had Ares doing anything for years and years. It'd be nice to get him back on the table again so we could do something again. Yeah, I, I hope that we don't get more Ares after this. I hope he's done with and they actually, you know, you have Cheetah, who is such a big villain, and all we really got was that little bit with her kind of tying into Erskataga and stuff that was nonsense. So I didn't really like that anyway. I'm but we had that. We had her in Justice League in the New 52. We've had her in Justice League now. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know what this book needs because it's starting to really get stale. And, and this is stale to me already. Because this well, yeah, G. Willow Wilson it's, it's I not, love. It's not coming out swinging right out of the gate, I'll give it that. No, and that's the problem is G. Willow Wilson I love with her Miss Marvel deal and stuff like that. And now she comes over and this book did not feel like anything different from a Shea Fontana book 
or a Meredith, Meredith Finch, Finch in the new Fifty Two, yeah. or anything. It doesn't seem like it has. That's, anything that's one of those that- things we we talked about it before when Meredith Finch took over in the new Fifty Two, where she was trying to do her own thing until that wasn't working, and then tried and to then tie into what we have as, as relevant, and that really didn't work because it didn't no. make any sense. And this is what we're like, all right, you know, few Will Wilson comes in, she's going to do her own thing to a degree with the political angle. It seems like, yeah. and then she's also going to try to tie into Greg Rucka, where it feels weird as well because even when you start out and you have Aries in his prison with Grail, where we saw she was yeah. last put. Do you know during james robinson's run just his dialogue like you pointed it out to me like earlier yeah. this week when you read it and i didn't before but like this week he kept calling her pimple i'm like oh it just feels weird pimple. yeah just pimple. sitting there like, it doesn't feel I, like the aries that we've seen ever. up to this point who no. was you know no. reformed and like you know he knew he had to be here now is it just and because it, it, grail is a bad yeah. influence and and grail's i i thought grail i don't know who the hell this too. character is it's not grail no, no, no. And that's the problem. A lot of this just didn't seem right. And you had them there. And it's funny because the only thing I could think of, because they're sitting there and they've had a lot of thinking time, they're chained up to these chairs and they have all these weapons around them. And you have Grail look, oh, look, this one's called the God Killer. And he's like, you know what? I was all about this war stuff. You know, I was got a war. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's a thing with war. And, and I always thought that if you were a great warrior, you'd be known throughout time. But yet, basically calls out Jesus. Yet a carpenter yeah. who never lifted a sword is what they worship now. Who's and, this Jesus character you speak yeah, of? And who is this Jesus? <laughs> and uh, he says, so, so really what this is all based off of is justice. Justice is the thing that needs to be had. Not just war blindly, not, you know, honor and stuff. And with that line as well, it also feels like it's trying to tie into what they're doing with Scott Snyder's Justice League right now yeah, with the whole idea I of entropy and that. justice. Yeah, I just thought it just was he. It's going to go it's with the idea. It's just when you say justice. It was I think it so just seems more political now. No justice, and though. I don't know. The, the problem I have here is when does it become the uh, cliche thing where you're in jail for life? And then if you die, you're released from jail. I mean, that's all this seems to be. It seems to be as a life sentence. And then Grell ends up using the God killer and almost seems as if she's influenced by him to do it uh, because she's even like, oh, my God, what happened? Ah, And he ends up dying. And it looks like Themyscira, at least the prison's falling apart while Hippolyta's heading there to, you know, she's talking. They're walking with Philippus and they're and where, talking where about they going? Ares. It seems almost like they're about no, to be seems walking like they were down going to an underground the cavern to the prison itself. Which yeah, seems it seems to be like the they were going. Before. Exactly. It's just like an underground cave entrance when before it seemed to be that dead wood tree that was yeah. the entrance to yeah. both, you know, the airy cell that also kept Themyscira and the real world separate from each yeah. other. So I'm like, I don't know what you're playing with here, but yeah, it doesn't I seem now doing. that, you know, Ares is dead, this prison ain't going to be holding up. Seems like Themyscira might not be holding it up seems either. everything is like not only just crashing down, but, you know, flying up in the air. I mean, <laughs> physics have gone out the door here and you have the dead body of Ares <laughs> kind of flying around. And you don't know what's going on from that. But, yeah, it looks like at, at the least now, that I'm prison you, has fallen apart. I don't know where you're at in this book. But, like, I'm looking at the part where, you know, Grail's sitting there and Noah's, you know, Aries' dead bodies is kind of flying around with the rocks. But I was telling you earlier this week where I don't mind the art to this. I don't no, think it's the I greatest like art that we could have gotten for this whole new revamp of Wonder yeah. Woman. But I don't mind it. But when I look at this page here and just look at Hippolyta and this, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look too good right there. No. This looks like uh, a stick figure almost. Here's the thing about almost. this art. This art is not detailed. It goes very generic a lot of times, like really out of detail. And for a first issue, and this is my whole thing with everything going on. Yes, I know that 
this is tying up Rucka's deal or whatever. I just wish that kind of you had almost, and I hate to say it, like Steve Orlando when he jumped on here for a little bit. And he had that first issue that went back where, you know, Wonder Woman went. I wish that there was an issue that we could just have that was really like the art was over the top excellent. And the story just kind of was exciting or whatever. This just is, it It just, and right down to the art, the art not being as detailed as I think it should be, right. just makes it kind of boring throughout. And also makes it feel like it's not as special as we had anticipated no, it being no, going yeah. in. And makes it seem like they don't want it to be as special. Yeah. And the other thing with this is, and again, there's some G. Willow Wilson fans out there, which I'm one of them, but this really felt like they gave her a checklist I, and I said, really okay, this is well, what you have to I, do. I've heard good things. Yeah. Well, it's like, this is what you have to do. We're going to get Aries out of this prison. You have to show Diana and Steve Trevor. Then you have to show that it, it's like a checklist down. Make sure Ed is there. Make sure you do this. And it just goes down this checklist because then you have this weird like dream and a dream deal where Wonder Woman is dreaming about Steve Trevor, about how because he has gone off and all of a sudden blood starts running. It's it's almost like the Amityville horror (laughs) is going on on the page. And she wakes up that Edda has called What's wrong, Jim? You seem like you've just seen a ghost. You've seen a ghost. (laughs) And and Steve Trevor, you know, he looks sexy and all. He's a ghoul. You have this interaction. And it's funny because it's like, hey, we need Steve Trevor to be captured so that Wonder Woman has a reason to, you know, call to arms to go off. But you also have to have the sexy dialogue between Diana and Steve. So it has to be a dream and a dream type deal where she's like, hey, you know, he's like, hey, hello, you love. really sleep. You really. <laughs> hello, love. You really sleep sound for a warrior princess. Huh? How, is How a would you like me to sleep? to sleep there, baby? And then slap some. Yeah. Like, what the heck? <laughs> slap some on the butt. Uh, but it's okay. That that little bit is okay. But What's it's just wrong, like, okay, baby? here we go. You feel like you just slapped the butt of a wrong? ghost. <laughs> go, 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 And she wakes up Steve. And it's a premonition that she's had because he has been captured. He's in a covert operation. And this is operation. where this really takes a left turn for me. Because I'm telling you, yeah. while it's a little odd what we're doing, like I, didn't, I don't like the characterization of Grail. And Ares feels out of place for what we've seen before, too. At yeah. least he has something that he's doing. He's doing this for a reason in his mind. But like that's all interesting stuff because it's stuff that I want to see that we've done in the previous Wonder Woman that was kind of left yeah. open. When we get to the battlefield and have to deal with the politics of like going into a war-torn country, yeah. and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, the American troops are going to help, who might be pieces of shit on top of it. Yeah. I'm like, Everybody's wrong have, is what I got just, from it. You've just really taken the joy out of this issue for you me. You mean you don't like when they go to Dorovnia? Eric, <laughs> and, and here's the thing, though. This is something that, again, we've seen over and over. So Wonder Woman shows up. Edda says you can't come. Hey, why would Edda even call her? <laughs> I mean, Edda really, knows what she's doing. Come you're going to call. Edda's going to call and like, <laughs> she's hey, watching, Wonder Woman. Look, she, she wants a Wonder Woman backup, but she's got to protect herself as well. I told yeah, her not yeah. to come. Yeah, really. And it's it's funny, too, because anywhere that Wonder Woman just shows up, Edda's just flying around the helicopter and just is there. But you, you have her show up, and the whole idea of this the yeah, that the whole the whole idea is that Wonder Woman does not care about 
the laws of not the laws of man, but the government of man. When things go down, that there's good versus bad. She's always going to side with the people. Girl. She's people. not going to just go. But yet, with this, we've seen it before. I mean, we've yeah. even seen it as early, and it didn't really play out. But the whole thing in Kadeem, where Batman was going in to oh, Kadeem yeah. that the UN kind didn't like want him to go. War as well. We had the Trinity War, especially where they were going in the conduct, and they're told, "Hey." Don't go in there. It doesn't when you go in. And it, it kind of plays out the whole idea that a lot of writers do try to go with, like uh, Christopher Priest on Justice League. Right. Are these characters, because of where they were written, because of the time when they came about, are kind of looked at as American heroes. Diana is from Themyscira. She's not from America. So she's not really tied to just America. Superman, at that one point, you've had times throughout his run where he proclaims that he's not just for America, or he right. is, or he, you know what I mean? This he's isn't a like a Captain America, who Captain America is an American soldier. Captain with, American Superman. Yeah. So with this, Diana shows up and says to Edda, you know, I'm not here worrying about treaties i'm not i'm trying to do good and what happened was where there was some piece of shit americans which not really spelled out fully right away that they're the americans no. but they come in and like oh these lazy dogs with their hangovers they want the vodka instead of the flag i'm like okay I, i've seen this they but just want about vodka to shoot and a kid. flag that's all they care about and, and yeah, though, yeah that's when all Wonder they care comes about. in to protect this kid when did the golden perfect the lasso of truth become a lightsaber yeah, Because yeah. it just kind of hits them guns and cuts them I, in half, I right? The barrels what, right I off. I don't know what goes on with this. I swear to God, I don't even know how this is <laughs> going on or what. And it still looks like now they're like, this is great. And in fact, if you ask me, I don't even think they cut the guns. I think that those are grenades because There's the grenades. guns still, I know what it's saying. What blows up? I don't know what blows up. It's very odd because they're calling in snipers. There's just a kid. And they're like, we saw this before. I this guess, is a trap. You know what? I guess you are right. For some reason, when I saw that, I really thought it was just the barrel getting cut off the guns. And I'm like, yeah, I, that's crazy. I, I don't now, understand I guess those are grenades because then there's an explosion behind her when he gets the yeah, people and the kids out of the way. kind of flings them away. Yeah. It, it, but flings them maybe towards the kid. But yeah, this kid's there. I'm just a kid. I don't know what's going on. No way. It's a trap. Signal the snipers. Signal the snipers. <laughs> I mean, are you saying that we're going to check kid the at kid? Me like a the jerk. way they spell it out. Yeah, the way they spell it out to me is like the snipers are now going to shoot them, but you're right there. Just shoot them. They're like, I don't want that on my look, conscience. Look, look, This is what the snipers are here for. They're here to kill the kids. Yeah, really. I'm having that on my pants, buddy. They're psychopaths. They don't mind killing kids. I do. But yeah, you have this whole deal where then she ends up blocking the sniper that's what I fire. signed up for, Joe. All this stuff is going on. She jumps up to the sniper. She's about to punch him right in his stupid face. And that's when Edda shows up. Hey, Wonder Woman, what's going on here? I thought we had a discussion. She's hanging out of a, a helicopter. Yeah, and then that whole deal is, listen, I'm not with your borders and your treaties. I'm just trying to do what's good. Then you see that weird deal where the kid's there, and the kid seems to be in control of some just-happening, uh, you know, Olympians, Greek mythology. These characters seem to possibly, when, when Ares ended up killing himself, it may have not just opened up his prison, but maybe opened up an idea that a lot of these mythological characters that were put off the, you know, the game board are now back in. Right. Because even at the point when I'm Wonder Woman you thought comes, into that well more than I did. All of a sudden, we got a goddamn satyr hanging well, around. Here's the thing: when Wonder Woman comes, they even say, "Man, that's like one of those things that we've seen." They actually point out that there's some craziness going on. Sex 
sexy and ladies. What are you talking about? No, they, you know, they, I think that that's the whole deal. And they even say, we saw one of those ones. It was a good day. They say, we just woke up. You know, we're like, we don't even know why we're here. We just woke up until we figure out how we got here and what's happened to our home. We don't have much of a choice because they're like, man, let's get back to Olympus. And I don't want to go back to Olympus. What's Etta hanging out the, what's Etta hanging out the edge of the helicopter for? Like, are they trying to say that Wonder Woman's just jumping and Etta's going to catch him? Like, she can fly. What what is she doing? I know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I don't then, know. then you just have Wonder Woman just going around trying to stop all this. I'm actually just looking at different things and trying going to, on. I'm just trying to give myself a little bit of boost here for thinking those uh, the the golden lasso had cut those guns in half. Yeah, like that. I don't know. Uh, that was, I, that was I my just bad. thought I got, that they were just I, grenades, but I don't know who are. threw them. Uh, you know. So you have then that Wonder Woman goes. She's still going to fight think through it's that people. Goddamn mythological kid people in the freaking back know. room. I have no idea. They're trying to hide, and they come out, and the kid seems to be what ordering a better way them to hide for than now. Grenades. And I think that kid may be more than just a little kid as Is well. He more I think than that's something will happen. He might. Be. <laughs> yeah, really. But then Wonder Woman goes, fights through some other people, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to have to deal with him." And it ends up being a, a young Ares. There you go. <laughs> that was you Captain end. Chaos. Yeah, you end with uh, end up with uh, Ares looking young and saying, "Oh, hey, Diana, do you recognize me? It's me. Uh, it's Ares, and I want to fight alongside of you against tyranny, justice. justice." So he wants to be there for justice. Wonder Woman looks surprised, but that's the ending. It's kind of exciting to see what Ares is going to have. In his mind, but it, it's weird to me that this really just it does not feel like that much of a step up from James Robinson's stuff with Jason. Right. It seems like it this does feel is very similar, but I'm telling you, like the whole deal that, that were good. It was just never followed up well, well, we like, through it to, very yeah. well. Well, that's where I hope that that uh, G Willow comes like through you, if, here. If Deep Six shows up next out of nowhere, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, it just uh, just <laughs> him at the end. He's like, Hey, it's me, Aries back. It just feels very much like when Jason showed up. So hopefully <laughs> she does. can nail the ending and we'll go off from this. I just want her to tell her own story coming up. This will open up Themyscira. It should. Which be cool. And then we'll have that, which will be neat. And, and again, we'll have, I hate uh, you know, cut off. maybe, uh, you know, 75 is a lot down the line. So I wouldn't think it'd take that long, but it'd be cool to have that issue. And oh, it'd be nice to have a bigger issue where she goes and finally goes back to Themyscira and has Mama. like this big return. But I, I hope that it doesn't take till 75. <laughs> That'd be a lot of issues, but we'll see. But I give well, this still a six twice five. monthly. Yeah, Isn't still. It? Yeah, we're Isn't still it? only at 58. Yeah, it's okay. twice monthly. We okay, still have, sure. you know, months before we would get to that. But yeah, I give it a six five. I think the art was not good. I, I expected more from this issue, especially being nice. the big first issue of G Willow. And the whole thing seemed like, like I said, a checklist of trying to do some housework on the book and get it going. So hopefully once this is over, she'll be able to tell her own story and it'll be a lot better. So. But yeah, six five for me. What do you give it? I'm going to give it a 6.5 as well. And it's one of those, you know, first issue for a writer benefit of doubt situations where like we always talk about, we just did here that the idea that you do have to check off certain things. you got to let people know what characters you're going to be playing with. And it might come off, you know, forced at times. It's, it's just one of those terrible things that you have to do as a writer to get stuff going for what you want to tell. And, you know, also try to tie in a bunch of stuff, you know, for what the previous writers have done. I didn't mind the art as, as much as you did. I think it could have been better for their first outing with G. Will Wilson. But overall, I look forward to this. I just hope it does pick up from where we you know, end here. Yeah, we'll see. We will see how it goes. But we're going to go off now to our first section of mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim.
right, and here we are with mail section number one. And if you want to be part of the mail, you can mail us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Scott. Oh, Scott. Scott Manship says, I'm still alive and loved every part of episode number 200. Too bad that I am so freaking busy that I could not participate working 60 plus hours every week, implementing a new electro polishing process, which involved Uh consumers installing a new transformer on all our power pole out front all day Friday to supply enough power to two 480 volt power boxes. Somehow, black magic where installed in the ceiling right above the normal building fuse box. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Had to replace the inverter board on our refrigerator as we have no working refrigerator for a week. Ah, Watching my wife's best friend's 100-pound Rottweiler because she gave birth Friday and needs a break from the dog. I thought the Rottweiler gave uh, birth. (laughs) Just fired up this week's podcast. Boosh, you can blame me for the annoying sound in the background. I get blamed for everything both at work and at home anyway. What are we talking about? Ha, ha, ha. You guys are beginning to sound like RHAP with your ad reads. Hashtag business plan. What's what's RHAP? Rob has a podcast. That oh, was his, okay. his, his classic. That, that's a survivor one, right? Yeah, he's yeah, survivor. Yeah. Survive this, man, Chip. How about that? I just gave him the finger. Oh, he he saw it too. I know it. Oh, he no. saw it all the way up there in Michigan. Thank God they they passed that you know law to have the legal marijuana. He's high as a kite. He doesn't care. I'm telling you, his wife already had medical marijuana that she seems to have been giving a little to Manship as well. Remember, Manship <laughs> ate those brownies and he wasn't supposed to. Uh, he just likes brownies. You, you can't blame thanks him. For, thanks for joining him, Manship. As they long as they don't, on if they I have frosting on it, I'll kill somebody. Uh, you think that you think that pot brownies have frosting on? I mean, yes. really, if yes, you're going to go do. with the pot brownies, why get extra fancy? Why There's not? no reason to. Nonsense, complete nonsense. His his uh, hash brownies that he probably made uh, also probably included hot sauce from the Taco Bell just to you know get it full circle because that's where he probably went. The head. There you go, Eric. We we went to uh, we went we went last night. We went to Taco Bell uh, late. And uh, Tanya ended up getting the uh, green apple slush, and she squealed with delight as she took one sip and said, "It really does it's taste like fiction. green apple." So I knew now. She and squealed I knew with that, delight. I knew that she was going to go. Now that's her thing. I think she went three times today to get more of these freaking, like you know, frosties or whatever the <laughs> these hell they call slushies that you have slushies. to. Look at. We just had our first snowfall, big snowstorm. Man, yeah, it's time slushy. for slushies. Yeah. It's time for a slushy. And uh, Ethan was there, and Ethan's like, I'll have this, 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 and this. I'm like, you'll have whatever you're paying for, working boy. Because it was after me and Tanya went to pick him up. And he's like, I'd like to go to Taco Bell. It's like the one time he says to me, he says he does, uh, I'm going to, let's go to McDonald's, my treat. Then when we got to McDonald's and went to order, he then said, oh, aren't we ordering separate because I'm not paying for you? I said, where the hell do you get my treat? Somehow he thought that the treat was just him coming along for oh, the no, ride. That's the thing is he wants to go to McDonald's for his treat. Oh yeah. And his treat was a number three <laughs> meal. Treat, number three. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, right, well, my treat is actually the double quarter pounder meal. Yeah. My, my treat was just having his an you know, apple company. pie. Yeah. I'm telling you that, that meal that they have there for that $6 meal. 
complete and utter ridiculousness. What is See, that I'm not going to say nonsense. I, I don't know what the number three. I'm saying that $6 meal is just small is. drink, small fry, any of the sandwiches, and a goddamn apple pie. Well, I don't you want keep that. your apple pie and, and keep <laughs> your six bucks. I'm not paying six bucks for that fucking nonsense. Uh, you know, also, uh, I'm never, ever going back to that uh, Wendy's again because before we went to the square hamburgers freak you out we went to yeah really that's the work of the devil (laughs) only the devil makes square hamburgers don't you Wendy's and uh, what's it called with the the freaking uh, White Castle out of here with your squareness and that even has little holes in it to let that goddamn onion steam You know, you know what's funny about that idea it. that I'm gro- I was grow- when I was growing up, we weren't allowed to go to Wendy's because my great-grandmother thought that square hamburgers were actually the devil. She thought it was a blasphemy yeah. for some reason. I was watching that new Jim Carrey show, Kidding, one of the like catching up on the episodes. Yeah. And uh, one of the people in that, one of the newer episodes was he was, you know, writing to this Mr. Rogers character that, you know, Mr. Pickles that Jim Carrey plays. He was on death row. He was the Wendy's murderer because he saw a square. He wanted to get a hamburger. He went to Wendy's. And when he saw it was a square hamburger, he lost his mind and killed people with a hammer. Your grandmother was sitting there on her porch. She's like, square hamburger and a a circle bun? I ain't going for that. I imagine she was there when the first Wendy's opened. (laughs) I think that she was against a lot of other things. She she was projecting. Dare you on those burgers? <laughs> what square burgers and a circle bun? Them getting along? Not on my watch. <laughs> Give me that jug, Jethro. That's what she's when did like. I grow up <laughs> the hills of some sort of Appalachia. Give me that jug. You know the XXX. Yeah, that's the one there, buddy boy. Hey, thank Don't you, you son slash on cousin. Yeah, there you go, XXX. Uh, thank you, man. But you went, you, you went to Wendy's. You're not going to go there again. I interrupted your story to tell you no, that weird I, thing. You but- interrupted. I just, I'm going to leave that hanging. No, we went there and it was about 1030 closed. It was since not when? open. Yeah, since when? Since last night there, pal. That used to be I the place so we used to go when we were a bunch of heads. I, I just, I just open think, late. I just, yeah, they're supposed to be open late. They're supposed to be open. No, I think two or 3 a.m. They weren't open. They were closed. I was going to get a baked potato, plain baked potato, right on my diet there, Wendy's. And I couldn't even get that. So then we went to Taco Bell. And then I Wendy had anything. plans that night. <laughs> yeah, Wendy's. I, I think that that's what happened. Everybody was just like, hey, fuck this. I'm leaving. And they were not open. I don't know why. I'm going to call the manager right now and see why. The next mail is from Mark Jager, who says, Hey, guys, I enjoyed listening to the podcast episode 201, especially considering it means the podcast did not end at 200. <laughs> LOL. And that, that's 215. I just had to write in to comment on what Brandon had to say about daylight savings time because I'm in full agreement with him on how it needs to end. Now, it's, it's I will the devil have like to square point hamburgers? out. I have to point out that it isn't because of farmers. That is a, a misnomer. It's a misconception. Uh, that people have that it was based on but farmers. I want to blame the farmers. It is a funny thing that just last week I was saying that I would vote for the devil himself if he promised to end daylight savings time. That'd be Don't great. That it. would be my the, ad. the devil. He's the devil, but he doesn't like daylight savings time. Uh, he's downright dangerous. Are you tired of going to work when it's dark out and coming home yeah. when it's dark out? Elect tired the devil of really over here. getting He'll things screwed that. up. Are you tired of those three days it takes you to adjust? <laughs> God damn it. But that is not why I was inspired to write in. I needed to clear up the misconception that it has anything to do with farmers. 
There you go. I grew up on a farm, so I know what I'm talking about. This is why I need to read these ahead of time. (laughs) I stole his thunder. And as a matter of fact, it makes it harder on farmers to change the clocks while the sun keeps on its same schedule. I say as a farmer, I do as the sun does. Don't you – you don't tie down why no You wake up when the sun comes up. You go to bed when the sun goes down. Who needs clocks? clocks? What do you mean? Those city – the city timekeeping things? They got a sundial. Give me my sundial, boy. And we're going out in the fields. It just, I just want to abolish it as soon as possible. And with that, he's moving to Arizona, possibly. Thank you for helping me to clear this up. Since I don't want to just write in about something that has nothing to do with comics, I'll say that I think Liam Sharp is one of the most incredible artists today. But sometimes it is problematic. I agree with your assessment of his work on the Green Lantern. Of course, he means me, Aaron. And I also find it hard to follow his art. He, He doesn't care. When it isn't aliens, gods, or monsters because he seems to have only one face he draws for women and one (laughs) face for men, so they all look alike. Batman Wonder Woman Brave and the Bull was a tour de force, but I just can't understand. I thought it was a tour de being forced to read it. Does that make sense? The human faces faces had to look the same. I think it was a tour de France. I thought it was Lego. Oh, that is sign. Oh, did you? How dare you say an Irish story is French, Aaron? All that aside, his art blows me away. I do like his art, and I think it's that good. he I really is liked a it cool Woman. guy as well. I've talked to him occasionally uh, off oh, the cuff. Oh, yeah. Off What's the cuff, like? Aaron. He's okay. Yeah. He's a nice guy. I asked him a couple questions at one point, and he responded. So there. Nicest guy uh, I'll ever. give him kudos. Yeah. Not like that Mark Wade. Never got that no, to me. No. Yeah, Eric sent a question to Mark Wade, and is surprised that he didn't. It was a poignant question about no, something the, he the did only way you're 28 get that. years ago. Give him money on his Kickstarter. Maybe he'll tell you that. Thank you, Jim, for the karaoke nonsense this week. Your singing was good. Oh. Why does that make me upset that he says it's only good? Because <laughs> you're a psychopath. <laughs> How dare you? There ain't going to be no listen, singing this listen week. Listen to yourself I'll right now, you okay? It was amazing compared to what we are right now. Listen to me. I'm going to be doing some gravelly voices. Uh, uh, who is a gravelly singer? Uh, yeah, Shakira. Is she Shakira? gravelly? I don't know. Who is that? Hips don't lie. Here oh, we God. go again. I don't know how that song goes. <laughs> I could do this, sir. With arms wide open, yeah. Actually, with this voice, maybe some Metallica could be done. That maybe. might happen, right? That'd be okay. Uh, give well, me a Metallica Sandman? song I can sing. You enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. Here he comes through the door. He's, he's going to give man. it to you more You're hiding and on more. the floor. Yeah, he's the Sandman. You, you've, he you've never heard that song, have you? Not well, tell a good guy. Okay. Up to never, never land. There, you there go. we go. Is Stop that bad. is that okay? Stop <laughs> with arms wide open, yeah. The Sandman comes to you with arms I wide just open. Heard, yeah. The news today, yeah. Something, something, something. It sounds like you're sitting ah. on the can. I'm gonna go away. Yeah. No, don't do that. You're having a baby. Don't do that. <laughs> my my woman, she found out she's pregnant today. It looks like I'm going for a pack of smokes. Yeah, I'm going away. Yeah. There you <laughs> go, Eric. And all of a sudden, I can I can talk better. Well, what's going on? Maybe this is what I have to do. Keep on singing. I'm sure everybody wants that, right? Uh-uh, any uh-uh. more any more Creed songs that no. you know of? 
How about actually, this one? I do know one, but you don't just, know. I don't, I don't know any Creed songs, but that one and only that part, obviously. <laughs> I, I just sang it word for word, though. I looked up the lyrics, and, and that was how it goes, right? You're going to say, look at that photograph? Goes. Photograph, that, that, is, that is not Creed. <laughs> I know. I think it <laughs> might work, though. What's, what's the song that we like by them? I think it was, that, oh, that, it's uh, what, Be a rock star. No, no, you don't like that. There's that actually one song that we actually like by them, and then we always and they all play run it. together like, though, and no, I can never this remember. One, I'll, I'll remember later, and then we'll we'll sing it later. But he says, uh, "Hey, Eric, does Jim sing at work?" <laughs> yes, we all sing at work. Yes, it's we a re- do. Regular freaking high school musical. Basically, over there. it's Cardboard funny box too. Musical that the way that the singing is at work is just what you got with Creed. <laughs> it's me just Pretty singing much. nonsense <laughs> lyrics to Eric about what we're doing at that point. So, yeah, shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop, boop. And that is the coffee hunter who is Mark Jager. So, yeah, thank, thank you, Mark Jager. And that is the end Jager. of mail. That's the end of mail section one. There we go. There you go, Eric. And we're going to go off now there to I go. me actually having uh, my voice for our second it's section be of books. That's kind of like the the speedster type of get we, the hell we, out of we here mentioned it. i don't know what to say it's what i like to call the flash titans and what did we end with red hood remember. section yeah, that's, it. Yeah. that's what it was and we'll be off to that now now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what jim will say we'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay Time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. Hi, Eric Shea. How are you doing today? How are you, my friend? We have a bunch of books here. We have our second section of books, and it's kind of a classic, kind of a – you always like putting Flash with Titans, so it's I nice do. when those jive up. And then a lot of times – Made we'll more throw, sense when Wally was on the Titans, but whatever. Yeah, and, and sometimes we'll throw Wonder Woman in this section, yeah. which we could have this week, but we're not. Uh, sometimes we even had Nightwing in this section, but Nightwing doesn't come out this week. So Red Hood fills in the slot very nicely. Eric, now I, Has I have Nightwing to Has Nightwing ever come you. out with this? Hey, I have to warn you, though, before this happens, uh, we were uh, there was shade thrown at us uh, on Reddit that we always say oh every book is nonsense. So don't say it's nonsense. Say it's garbage. That's what garbage. I say. It's basically I thought that maybe either the guy Les won. Garbage. He was mad at us because we don't like a lot of the books. Or number two, he thinks that we need a thesaurus. I'm going to go with two, Eric. He just thinks that the Why word nonsense. Why does he nonsense. think we need a dinosaur? I don't know. That's my favorite dinosaur. I don't know. Look at all those chickens. Look at all those chickens. Well, here we are, and we're going to start with the Flash book. We're going to start with the Flash. And it's been one of those books that we've been down on. And I looked, and I was actually looking through a lot of different scores uh, this past week. Because, obviously, by the end of the podcast, we are going to be talking about... Uh, Mr. Miracle. So I wanted to see what my overall score was for Mr. Miracle. And it was a six. It was a six out of 10. I think that's a pretty good score for what I think that series was. A lot of people, I most agree. people disagree with me. I did look at the Flash. The Flash
gosh, I'm in the sevens, four. So I just want to bring that up because I was very positive for a lot of times in this run. Uh, I was very excited for the Flash War. Uh, really thinking that maybe that was going to get the book back on track, maybe give it some focus. Who knew it was and, the beginning of the end? Well, and this is the thing. Right now, there is a, a book that we're going to talk about next after this, which is Titans. Uh, some of these books are a little bit thrown you know, uh, away. Not away, but thrown off course a bit because of Heroes in Crisis. That's Titans especially. Right. Uh, but this not book just seems to be Earth treading well. water. Yeah, this seems to be treading water, uh, especially I'm just saying in general, you have a Titans book that most people were getting once Wally, Wally and Dick Grayson. Now Dick Grayson's shot and Wally's dead. So you yeah. don't even have the two main guys in that book. That book actually should be canceled. I'm just telling you right now. Well, it for be a second, well, I'm telling you, when it back. stopped and before it was brought back, I'm telling you that rechange of all the characters it really was a kick in the face for all the Titans fans because yeah. we had built this whole thing up about getting the Titans back together. And even the Roy. Idea I didn't even mention Roy. F- Roy was part right, of exactly, it too. Yeah. So yeah. And the whole idea though, but those characters, you know, Wally and Roy hadn't been on this team for months now, but even coming back to this whole thing, these weren't the characters that we wanted to see together. We had built up all this stuff in Titans Hunt, talked about the idea that they were the Teen Titans before they erased their own minds to try to stop this, you know, this weird cosmic threat to turn out to be Troy up somehow. But no. all that aside, we had all this build up and then they got rid of the team and created a new team and immediately got rid of Nightwing because we needed to shoot Batman in the head for some reason. Yeah, because well, because Batman had to get upset at Bane for something, so that was just part of that. Could have shot Tim book. Drake in the head for yeah, something. Every, I'm every you, he's not doing anything anywhere. Stop it! Stop with your Tim Drake. He already died, Eric. He Did died he? for about three pages. Did he? Yeah, where what's happening with prophecy? Where where the hell is he? He's, he's stuck out in he's space. Just, he's, he, no, prophecy is still stuck in uh was it was that prop yeah prophecy's still yeah. stuck in that prison cell just wondering when it's dinner time well yeah d- dinner time doomsday is making him dinner time is what probably happened, oh God, that is probably what happened. but we're, we're talking about the flash and just in general what i was going to say is yeah you have wally he is gone he wasn't integral to this book he kind of jumped in and out he had been more in it right before he left wallace and then he had well. been all of it and wallace is gone for the teen titans and things so you just have flash going and this book just isn't doing much much it, it's treading a lot of water well, i know what it does Dan- is it, it makes iris more of an integral character in the story but all she has is nonsense where like, oh i did this in a past life no yeah, you yeah. didn't shut up yeah, you're just, yeah, you're just keeps, to force things in to yeah, try she, to make it make sense is the and force it's not deal. yeah they, they're talking about these new forces the big ones iris forcing the issue oh eric that's what i say but we're gonna get into this and it's just one of those things where joshua williamson has got into this rut that i think he's been in for a while where he spends a quarter of each issue, uh, you know, catching people up every single issue. And it's something that Dan, it's well, really driving them nuts. We're always playing catch up, huh? Yeah, we, huh? we are. And that's what He's we fast. are doing. And even with this, though, it nothing. starts up with catch up, ends with catch up. You have a lot of this Where's stuff. Where's the mustard? Yeah, there is no mustard. And I'm really getting bored. I'm getting bored with this whole story. I need you to shit or get off the pot with these new forces. We we end up, get off the you pot, know, then. we end up pussyfooting around them for all this time to go on a force quest and the force quest starts with something that isn't even part of the force quest it seems uh but we will get right into this now well to a degree if you ended up starting at central or at uh, gorilla city what would you have missed you wouldn't miss anything because basically they go to this town and find that there's nothing there 
Well, no, and this it, whole statue seemed to be connected to the strength force, and Gemini, you know, absorbed that energy of it. Felt like I could feel the strength yeah, in this I whole thing. I have a feeling like, that's not that strength make, force, though. I'm saying though, it, it wouldn't make, make sense. sense for what we have. I know, but the idea that these strength, these different forces have existed before. They're, this is what they're pushing for this issue, it seems. It no, doesn't make that. sense to I what think they that have. this was a dead end, and we're going to get back to it later because they pretty much spell out these two don't have any of these. Let's get going. This is a dead end. We'll get back to them some other time if we can, but they don't seem to think that they are any bit involved after dealing with them. Because Which I then, found very odd because I really felt that it was pointed out they were involved, you know, yeah, the whole I don't, taking I of the never strength force and then just that. the move on at the end. I'm like, I just why thought that it's here? a power that's similar, but it's not. I think he even spells it out like this isn't the strength force. This is something else. We'll get back to it later. We'll see what's going on. I have a feeling though, and, and really when they leave this and we do have Gemini and, and them there uh they're leaving flash is leaving iris is leaving them basically like eh screw off we don't need you the the hook in is that gemini says i need that power of the flash so obviously they will be back to get flash not vice versa right. it, it just you know and it's really just an odd thing it's just a setup for me thinking that this is just something he wants to set up villains down the line. And it's a weird time to do it, but it is Flash number 58, written by Joshua Williamson, or by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Tamu Murray, and Steve Wands. It's time to start the Force Quest, kind of. Barry and Iris first deal with other things before spirit getting spiritual and letting the Force take them to Gorilla City. The book continues to just throw things at the reader, and I'm starting to think I'm being punked, Derek. And the, the reason I think I'm being punked is this is a book that if you've been listening to our podcast, I've been saying over and over that things happen and every I'll explain it in the way where they end up in the mind of heat wave. Right. They're there. They're just all of a sudden teleported. It, you know, there's Barry in there and automatically knows the rules of the dream warrior game. <laughs> Nothing is spelled out. He I've just knows it. He's seen Nightmare on Elm Street, I guess. In the meantime, outside of that, where you just have bodies laying there, Commander Cold knows exactly what is happening with them inside the mind of Heatwave, and also that Heatwave is going to blow up and be a nuclear bomb to Central City. Everybody knows things that aren't really aren't knowable, it seems. And it goes with this where this is why I say I'm being punked is in this issue, you have two things that really point out that to me. And this is how Joshua Williamson writes is that Barry at one point runs into a trolley car. He says, (laughs) you know what? I wished as a kid named desire. I wished as a kid that they had street cars in Central City. So now he knows how to fix them. He never says he studied them. He never says that he was so intrigued that he worked on them. He went and got a job, whatever. He just says that he wished. This is like me saying, I wish I was an archaeologist as a kid. Now I know exactly how to do this and I can get a job next week being an archaeologist. It just, that's the first one. Now the, uh, the ending is I wonder if you need a college a degree to be a streetcar repairman. No, I know. You only have to wish. It's a wishing game. I wish I wish upon a star. I wish I could fix trolley cars. There you go. It's a rhyme. Does this rhyme? Yes. At the end, at the end, Barry decides to get spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual like Wally, and let the speed force take him to the new destination. Now it's a dowsing rod. Why he didn't do that at the beginning? 
Who knows? But he because does it. Because the thing is, he decided to take his girlfriend on this trip who just no, happened yeah. to find a book in a broken down library yeah. that she well, thought that's the other this one. points to it. So the whole thing is- And I'm telling you, well, I better the not speed go against force, this. She won't be here at the end of it. We better speed do what force, she wants. Yeah, spiritual speed force is my problem. It's when they get to the end and he says, oh, here we are, Gorilla City. Iris is like, boy, you told me about this, but I've never been. Oh, you've never been? Oh. And then he says, listen, just watch out. Gorilla Grodd may not be leading the city now, but it's always a dangerous a, place. A goddamn They've village full doors, of fucking, you know, gorillas. All these gorillas are dead. And he goes, must be someone else on a force quest. It couldn't have been an uprising. It couldn't have no. been that somebody came and killed. No, everything couldn't is forced somebody to be exactly with a gorilla what it has vendetta? to be. Yeah. No, no, no. Is it gorilla AIDS? <laughs> is it? Hey, you know, no, it can't be any of those because you can't possibly have anything but exactly what you're doing right now, Barry, that leads yeah. to the next deal. There's never anything left for doubt in a book that barely gives us information, if that makes sense. And it's driving me nuts. So people just are like, oh, well, we're in this town because Iris found a book that fell over on Badnesia? the floor. Yeah, Badnesia. It's a town named after Brandon. Badnesia. Boom. But yeah, it, it's just nonsense. It, 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 and there we go. I just said it's nonsense. I do need it's a thesaurus. Garbage. Come it's on, Jim. Get on the trolley. It's not Get quite on that broken down trolley and have it's the flash just, fix it for you. What happens with this is just constantly getting from one point to the other in the most forced way without really explaining the overall story. Well, and even it's with driving that whole thing, we have the idea the Flash is in Badnesia with Iris to try to go on this force quest because, like we said before, she has a book. That she found when Trickster broke down, you know, busted up the library. And she just yeah. happened to find this book that talked about, like, you know, A guy's powers. theory. Yeah, yeah. Like, the idea that powers have been around longer than, you know, like the New 52 start and stuff yeah. like that. This, you know, for no, hundreds this, of years. They're talking ancient times. Exactly. They're, hundreds they're of talking, thousands of yeah. years, wherever it is. And we go to Badnesia because they talk about something there that talks about, you know, the idea of strength. Maybe, you know, maybe like the strength force. And that's where we go to an old church that holds – I guess the totem statue that Gemini just happens to want as well. These duo pair that have energy gauntlets that can take energy from one thing and distribute yep. it somewhat somehow else. And that was the weirdest part because I really thought that she – like uh, the one – that's what I was talking about. I ended up reading ahead yeah. again and just looking because it doesn't seem like she might have the strength force. It's just an, a strength power that is not the yeah. same thing. So she goes, absorbs this strength force energy. I came said the strength energy out of this totem yeah. and punches Barry. Now she has super strength. But the whole idea is they're on to the idea that the Flash has power that they really want. This thing could keep them alive forever because it seems to de-age them as well because they've been doing this for 80-plus years and they look like pretty young people, maybe around 40 years old at tops. But for some reason, I want to know when Barry is talking like, wow, you got these energy gauntlets that can take yeah. and then redistribute energy. I'm like, why weren't they taking your energy right there? Yeah. Like, and, like you know, and you, you were holding I will back it up it. a little bit because legitimately – the guy never spelled out that this town had anything to do with strength. It just said, she just says, the things that he saw, they kind of point to the new forces. They don't right. even say strength. And I have particular. to say strength just because this whole thing is this church has this like totem. That this is, is just that one that thing. I'm saying that they never spell out that if they would have spelled out, hey, he said that this town was known for the strength or, and you know, then I could say, okay, that makes sense. She ends up even, and the weird deal is, it's like, this is the God of Kratos. And he has strength and power. It just seems more mystical. And now and that power whatever. belongs to me. And it just seems like it's a red herring, but it's not played out that way. 
because then Barry and Iris are like, you think these are some of these new strength? No, no, no I don't think it is. And then you just but now go they got and- themselves a taste of the speed force and they yeah. want more. Yeah. But at this point, we're already going to rotate. You know, it has smelled it a little most, bit. And most of this 21 pages, we're already at page 18. With nothing with what we were supposed to be getting. It's just, Look, it starts off. You don't want Gemini? Pretty, no, no, it, not <laughs> even that. We we take till page 10 where Barry's chasing a purse snatcher and really getting on with the idea and that this about town, this <laughs> town so is more people. It's hard to get around, huh? Yeah, that's, that's an <laughs> like You know, they don't see me. I'm just a blur, but I still want to apologize. That you you're still got to be polite, insane. Jim. They think they're going insane now. <laughs> Sorry, Thank my you. apologies. Excuse me. Pardon, sir. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm in the city of ghosts. And he ends up chasing this. But there, you. what do you get from the first 10 pages where he's chasing this guy? What you guy? get is a bunch of nonsense that we talked yeah. about. The idea of Iris finding a book in a rubble of library and, that and happens to Barry point to things that they might be doing. There were trolley cars. Yeah. That's all you get. Why is this happening? At the beginning, you continue with, you oh, know, I, I was the fastest man alive. This, all of this is just, I mean, this well, is know, nothing Jim, but Back when filler. he was at Infantino High School on the yeah, corners of I, Wade I'm and John's. You, people have to stop. You got to stop this madness. Please. I, I mean, really, what, when, where are you going to go to where you're going to just start mentioning yourself now? Oh, you know, I met him on Williamson <laughs> and Williamson Corner. Do. You know, Williamson. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah, they, every book has to throw these in. Now, the Batman books are infamous for it or oh infamous, God. but now Sam Williamson has to get infamous. involved. In they, they must be giggling when, when they do this. I'm going to say Infantino High. Oh, my goodness. I hope that somebody gets it. I think I Bendis it. has gotten away from that because he always just has that one front page, you know, yeah. the first page of Action Comics where he just has all those with little nods, the thing with the post-it notes. Post-it notes, yeah. That's his thing please, that drives me a little when, crazy When now. you say that you met your first love – on the corner of Wade and John's, I, I, you are pulling me out of the issue, and you're pulling me out because I, I, my blood pressure is going through the roof. And I just let's get on with it. Stop your little cute little hellos. You know, it's one of those weird things too, because it's it's an endeavor that I know will never happen. But because like, we've done it before, like in Gotham City, which has been around for a long time, yeah. where you try to point out the different ideas of what this fictional city would really look like. You have the different districts and boroughs and stuff like and that, and you would think that it and means I'd, something. Exactly, I'd like yeah. something to be something that's there that can stay the same, so you can actually have a map with actual streets planned out where the idea for all these creators and stuff like that have pinpointed something in Batman where you yeah, can actually something put something that they together did there, like that or, and it would yeah. remain. Oh, I, I and because anybody that. Just does stuff like that, you know, oh, here's the Kane building, here's your freaking yeah. you know, uh, Gardner Fox Avenue, and I'm like, I, uh, you just keep throwing things out there. Nothing no, that's going to make any sense. It's, it's Even getting when you brought too- in Burnside, I'm like, okay, Burnside's like a district of Gotham. Yeah. Then it was its own city at one point. I'm like, I, I don't know what you're doing anymore. These, though, in this, you might as well call into Power 99 FM and give a shout out to your man Snooky Duke because that's all you? it is. You're giving <laughs> shout outs. I, I don't need shout outs and start writing a story because this story ends up spinning its wheels until page 19. Uh, we're going through all of this and all you're doing is setting up two villains that I don't care about right now because right now I want to know about these forces. I want to know and I want to see Barry and Iris go on their force quest you think and you're find learn about out the some information. Force? I, I don't I, – I think I am infected with the negative speed force lately with these books. <laughs> it's giving people me. people on the slack before we got on. You know, you got the negative speed force. You got the strength force. You got the weak force. You got the wrong turn force. You got the negative wrong turn yeah. force. It's all out there, baby. You know, and, and then we're taking a, a – This does turn. rhyme. We're taking a turn at wrong turn avenue to get to wrong turn plaza. 
Yeah. So no you, matter you what, have you're these, taking a wrong th- turn now in these our city. These villains will come and seek out Flash later. That's fine. I know that it's fine to set up things going forward. But the problem is he keeps setting up things and we're never getting things. Please finish what you've already said. That's what I want. That's what I want. And uh, they go. And like I said, that was just thrown out. out How many issues ago? Now we're doing new stuff that's never going to get resolved. You even have a whole page with, hey, baby, you know, we went toe to toe with the Flash kind of turning me on. Me too. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Please. Because, yeah, there's Barry. And then Barry, the, the best thing of the whole issue Back is he fights sex, them. Barry. He fights them. You have him punch with this, you know, kind of infused uh, Kratos force power. The church that they're at is falling down. Barry has to save the kids in there, which that's a hero's choice. That right. is, you know, I expect oh, that. Oh, the villains have he to get away. It. And then they, you he, know. Yeah, they get away, which every villain does anymore. And then Barry's like, I didn't mind like, this oh, one as much no. because he, like, it really bothers me whenever oh, a villain yeah, gets away in something. the flash. Because he yeah. could just go, stop stop what he's doing or save the kids and then immediately outrun and anybody and get where the thing is. It's again, I do like this because they do go them. down into the sewer. And I'm like, okay, that is a yeah. getaway that the Flash might not know about, and they could get away that way. So I didn't mind it as much here. Plus, Barry stops, and it's like, oh, no. And I'm like, and that's God, at the end of a page. why couldn't church a, be a street There's car. a page turned oh, out. No. Yes, that's, there's a page turned. So you're expecting something big, and he's like, this has destroyed the church. If we were in Central City, I'd know how to put Why together those buildings. Why didn't I wish there were more churches in Central Boy, City? <laughs> I wish that they built buildings the same way in Central City. And like, no, you know, what's wrong? Well, you know, when a building gets destroyed in Central City, no biggie. But this here in, in Badnesia, this is history, baby. And I'm like, well, what's going on? <laughs> Why are we and I love it too because he's there. He kneels down and he has this little uh, gargoyle. He's like, I can't fix this building with my speed. And some books, like, I do everything else. This is destroyed history only for them to go – Eh, let's leave. You never get a resolution. <laughs> no. I guess he's just like, okay, Iris. I'm well, right you gotta now, break I'm gonna, some eggs to make an I'm omelet, gonna, Iris. I'm gonna count to three. We're gonna walk backwards. Gonna walk just away. Don't, just don't, don't make look. eye contact. Don't look. Just pretend that nothing has happened. Uh, it's because nothing happens. He ends up just like, man, this is destroyed history. And then they leave. They, they just leave, and that's where you get well, more recap. We're at the end. You get more recap for Flash to say, you know what? We'll we'll catch this Gemini, you know this this thing later. But you know but, we've been dealing with a lot of stuff like Hunter Solomon, Wally and I, Wallace, and the Iris. flashes of the fifty two worlds. Not Alden, to mention what yeah. happened with Trickster and Heatwave. And that's all Iris out of nowhere. Just you know, in case you didn't know, Barry, I know what these I did, are the baby. things that you've been doing for the past couple months. Hunter Solomon, he, why why are you give me a checklist? I I am a fast guy. I don't have Alzheimer's. I I, I can remember this stuff. And so Is he, he just maybe says, quick to forget. He might be. <laughs> oh, yes, he's got ADD. Uh, they end up there where uh, Barry just says, listen, I'm going to take a cue from Wally. Uh, you know, because the speed Wally, force takes this baby. Wally has the spiritual side of the speed force. I know. <laughs> Wally has the spiritual side. And you know what? I'm going to really pish posh that whole idea by just doing it right now out of nowhere without any practice. This seemed to be in my mind. It was not something that Wally did. It was something that was Wally. So when Wally would, would, you know, tap into the speed force, he would, because he's a different makeup, his brain's a little different, his whole deal. He was more of the spiritual thing. For it to be allowed for Barry, and this is very minor. This I don't know that I might be the only one that this kind of rubbed the wrong way, but Barry's just like, 
eh, I guess I'll give that a whirl. It, it well, didn't seem is, like Barry something because Barry's a it. different guy. Yeah, well, Barry couldn't do it before because Wally was doing it, all right? It's one of those things. Now that Wally died in Heroes in Crisis, maybe oh, you Barry think can that just do now it. There's so he passed on hole? his spirituality. No, it's like, I, you know, I just thought there can be only one. I, oh, Jesus. <laughs> what, did he bat him? <laughs> I just got at the idea of how Barry was made. Even it tied into him being a CSI. It tied in like that was how his brain kind yeah, of worked. Yeah, he's a scientific kind very, of guy. You know, very it's right, has to be there in front of him deal. from the Rolando Wally, to that. me, he's the surfer dude of the Speed Force. He's like, hey, whatever goes, bro. And that's he's how like he could do it. Yeah, yeah, he was Bodie. He's going to go and he's going to get that big wave. But yeah, with that, it seemed weird for Barry just to go, Eh, let's just give that a try. And they do, and it does kind of take Now the Speed Force is a dousing rod. Yeah, and it goes to Gorilla City, which is now, here's the thing, too. It's where, oh, man, there must be somebody else on the Speed Quest. and But you could be, like, maybe the Speed Force wanted us to try to stop. It, it's weird. It's weird, the whole deal, where they just assume immediately. And this is where I get a problem with Joshua Williamson in this book, is the fact that there are times that you're going to write a book, you're going to read a book, where you are going to have to force some things. You want to get to a certain area. You want to go. You want to do this. That's That's fine. That's fine when you do that to get the story flowing. What happens is he does this at the end, and I guarantee you the next half of next issue, we're just going to be fucking twiddling our thumbs. It never gets us quickly to another point when it just ends up being no info and then just, you know, like I said, twiddling our thumbs again. This book keeps moving forward. It's not, uh, you know, it's not MC Scat Cat. It's moving at a snail's pace. It, and it's not MC Scat Cat. He moves forward one step forward, one step back. We move one step forward, six steps back. In this book, it just seems to never get where you want it to go. And because of that, and I love the art. I think the art was great. This issue, yeah. I really enjoyed it. So, uh, but you got a the story just in a lot of these me. scenes, though. Damn right you do. It's like the sexy Barry, sexy that's all time. I need. I mean, you just said that, and my score went up a half. Uh, yeah, I at bet. one point, he's standing there. He's standing there, <laughs> Not and only something your score. else went up. Holy moly. Oh, I call it my score. Now, you, you didn't know that. That's my pet name. You want to check uh, the score, Eric? I'm, no, I told you. Yes. Uh, Dan hated it. He's like at a three, somewhere down there. I, I didn't hate well. it as much. Uh, I don't like it either, though. I'm a 5.5. That seems to be this week for me is a lot of 5.5. I know. That's where I am. What are you? <laughs> I'm at a five, uh, five solid, not a fuck you okay. five. It should be a just fuck a you five, but the art five. was really good. It's just uh, like Joshua Williamson is throwing a lot of stuff out there that doesn't make any sense for what we've been dealing with. And I know it's not going to get resolved and it's very disappointing, you know, just because you, you read a, a book every goddamn time it comes out and you want some forward momentum and you never get anything out of it. I'm like, okay, we're yeah. going to learn about this until we have to move on to the next thing and then forget all about this. And I can yeah, see that happening here. And the idea of a horse to- quest, it's just kind of bullshit in my mind. The idea of going to Gorilla City, that's fun. We haven't seen a lot of Gorilla City itself, but I yeah. know it's just going to be bullshit. This fucking a background setting that isn't going to mean anything in well, the end. And, and to me, a force quest. Now, yeah, they throw that whole idea. Oh, I found this book. Oh, my goodness. Oh. This book, it opened right to the page. Oh, writer's going to show I up. love it, too. She's like, I, I accidentally found this book when Trickster knocked it over while he was fighting with the strength force. That can't be a coincidence. And then I was no, no, emailing I think, the writer. He hasn't yeah, gotten back to me, though. He hasn't gotten back to me. And that just dies. At, like, there's nothing to that. 
It's just, that just That's the thing is, I imagine having the same conversation with Jess, like, oh, I've been reading this book and I've been emailing the writer, but he hasn't gotten back to me. He ain't getting back to you. Who the fuck yeah, are really? you? No, what, what I would say is Tanya would say like, oh man, I love this book. And I, I emailed the writer. I'm waiting for the payoff of the story. And she, oh, what happened? And he hasn't got Nothing. back to me. I'm like, why, why'd you even tell me this story? <laughs> you just wasted my time. Uh, to me, you, you start a force quest. And I would think that, number one, you would probably start with the most force-intensive places in the DCU, one of being Gorilla City. So yeah. I think that that makes sense. But this is such a roundabout way to well, get I, there. I just want to see the force quest. This is a forced quest, huh? Yeah, dude. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> nyah, nyah, nyah. I, I think that badnesium <laughs> kind of explains uh, two times where uh, Brandon blew out his knees during that uh, basketball game. Badnesium, Eric. I'm, uh, badnesium. What was that? I heard something ding in the back. Run. I think somebody it's a ghost. Is, somebody else is running some routines. Nyan, nyan. Next, we're going to go to the Titans. And uh, I didn't tell you to write a blurb, but I'm hoping but you I did. I always do. Eric. I'm hoping you did. Titans uh, number 29, written by Dan Abnett with art by Mink Yu Young, John Dell, Adriana Lucas, and Dave Sharp. The Titans are stranded on alien planet. It's up to them to somehow get back to Earth and give the rest of the heroes the vital information about the cosmic sea gods armada that has surrounded their planet. Too bad that the team is a mess and is more concerned with turning into monsters and fighting amongst themselves. Yeah, yeah, my whole idea of that they sent that, you know, signal out to get the plans to Batman, mm-hmm. and that that fucking faltered. That didn't happen. They have it there. <laughs> so basically it's weird. Like you have uh, Dan Abnett where he needs to have a reason why they want to get off this, you know, toxic planet. I, I got a reason. They have to live. You don't have yeah. to throw it in. It's a shame that they didn't get that, you know, the plans. But then in the roundabout deal – it ends up being the worst hokey forced way for Natasha to possibly save the day. And I will say this book is not nonsense, Eric. I'm not using the word. What this book is, is unnecessary, pretty boring. And I, you know, almost to the point where it gets, I'm getting angry about it. It's taken all the characters that you know, that they've put forced together for the series that you didn't want, because in my mind, you wanted those original Titans characters. I know I did. I can't speak for all Titans fans, Jim. I love Natasha. So I'm glad she's in a book. I'm saying you put these people together and there's not a lot of talk in Natasha. We just know that she's the uh, niece of, you know, steel back home and stuff like that. But you throw out, you don't know a lot about her if you're not reading all those books or informed on the whole subject of steel and who john henry irons is yeah. she's a sir not here she's a tech girl she's steel but the rest of them you know we take raven's soul self away you have beast boys well, powers all say, them. you were taking these characters and making freaking, you know donna troy a fucking goddamn drunk but you were just yeah. ruining each of these characters to yeah. throw them on a team where there's no chemistry at all i'm like there's no chemistry every time i think the chemistry is going to be there you take it away the next issue i'm like why do you keep yeah. doing this i thought we got yeah, beyond and this, this is point. where we argued last issue you said, oh, man, this is good. Garth came and said, listen, yeah, I got do into what it. Nightwing would do. Let's go. We're a team now. They get marooned. The maroon part to me seems very much forced that they can have them. They wanted to have the tie-in into Drowned Earth. Right. But then it's you like, kind of. It's like what we had with Teen Titans in the Forever Evil where, you know, Johnny Quick sent them to the far-flung yeah, future yeah, to have that quick to, tie-in and then get them this. out of there. Yeah. You end up having them in there, so now you have to get them out so they're marooned. But the big part of that is with this team, like you said, is even Miss Martian, she's injured. 
Yeah. So she's not all I'm, herself. That's the best part you too. You have I Beast love the Boy idea. who can't I, control himself. I want to think about how oh. Miss Martian's powers work because we're told offhand, man, you really took it when you know the boom room freaking you know slammed around. You got hurt pretty bad. We don't. We never really saw this. We just or know from the dialogue. Yeah. She got hurt, but she seems fine until she flies up to the like you know the stratosphere or atmosphere. I don't even know what the terms are, but she flies above the planet they're stranded on. Well, we don't even know because around. it's not Earth. It, they may exactly, not have but any she's of trying that. to find uh, some know, kind of no coordinates idea. from the stars to figure out how far Earth no. it might be away. And it's not until she stops using her powers and is above the planet, ah, oh, the pain, it's over, and then falls down. But what, why, why didn't all those other things that you did to get to this point hurt you? It's when you stopped doing anything. It just seemed she said she overtaxed it. So, But yeah, they, they end up where – and Beast Boy just – he can't control his powers. Raven doesn't have a soul self. So they're all – nobody and can do what they usually Raven, do. I mean, Beast Boy as well. He's fine. He's a little like you know off hinge from the get-go of this. But it's not till he doesn't grab a hold of a branch, ends up falling and hurting himself a little, that he hurting loses himself. all control. Yeah. I'm like, you scratched yeah, your knee and now weird. you're a fucking Hulk monster. Yeah, and – and uh, the problem is, is you have a tie-in where you could just say out of nowhere that since they are somewhere in space, that he's affected more from the screen. source wall energy. Or just uh, because that's general. what's doing this. And uh, actually, you could even make that a kind of a point to kind of get your bearings of where they are, because they have no idea where they are. Miss Martian does go up. She looks. She gets hurt. She overtaxes her injury. Falls, I just love it, too, then, because we have the idea, too, from the scans that Natasha's doing that all the flora and fauna and the water and stuff like that, it's all toxic here. Except for the air. They can breathe just fine. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Uh, but they're going to starve if they don't get out. Now, it's it's weird, too, because you have all of the, you know, you've handicapped all of your heroes. Yeah. Uh, that would make it so that Natasha could steal the show. Eric, but she, she doesn't because now we have bickering. Now we have bickering where Natasha is like, you know what? It's my fault. I'm sorry. Now, here's number one. If this ever comes up again, it's not Natasha's fault per se now. Right. If it comes up again and she has not set that boom room to a safe boom, this is number one when you do this. If you have anything, you know, you have the Millennium Falcon. And so if you are in you trouble, set the you, coordinates, hit, yeah. you hit that red button that's the set coordinates that go to a very safe place that you know will never change and go with that. She didn't do that, so she better learn her lesson. But she's like, oh, man, it's all my fault. They're like, no, it isn't. Don't say that until they say it is. It is your fault. And then they start yelling. Donna Troy just can't get along with anybody. And my biggest problem with this book is it is a, you know, it's duck, duck, goose with who's going to argue with who and who thinks is in charge. Because you had, yeah, at first it was Miss Martian and Nightwing. You had that. Then you had Miss Martian and Donna Troy. Now it's Donna Troy and Natasha. It just goes down the line. And you never know what's going on. And then you have Raven, who doesn't have her soul self, so useless. she doesn't have empathy. She is a She's serial a killer. Yeah. She is a serial killer who now goes with something that I used to think in my mind because I don't have much empathy. It's, it's something that I struggle oh, with I myself. With Even my, though you watch these videos and start crying, I don't yeah, understand. Well, that's because I need those. But yeah, my, I have I have certain mental illnesses, Eric, that, that will not allow me empathy. So when you have that, you do have to say to yourself like – Just okay, watch America's Got Talent. You'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, then I do. But yeah, and, but I have to sit there sometimes like, okay, I'm supposed to be sad here. Let me, let me act sad. And that's what she's doing. But it, it's, it's fine and dandy for me. Uh, I don't like seeing – like they always say some stuff like – I like to see somebody who has my problems in a comic. Well, I see Raven. Really? I don't like to see it. It upsets me. It even upsets and, me when I see a hero that, you know, they're being yeah, a hero well, and, they, yeah. and they can't afford to pay the rent. I'm like, man, I know what yeah, you're really. feeling. 
Like, oh my god, what? What's that? That heroes with a woman that he doesn't love? Oh my god! Oh Why, no. god? It's is me, this a Jimmy. Comic or a mirror? Yes. <laughs> it's it's one of those comics where you're reading it, and then afterwards I go, Eric, why are you looking at that? And you look, and you actually have a mirror in your head. <laughs> you weren't reading a comic, Eric. You were looking at a picture of you, that picture of you as a kid with that big ass head. But yeah, they, with this, I don't like I seeing why that. I have but neck problems. Be, be, yeah, really. Besides that, because you're always rubbernecking when I'm walking by. Ooh, look at me, Eric. I'm a sexy guy. Uh, but you have Raven there. And what happens with this, it's not interesting in no, the comic. That's the it's, biggest It's been problem. in the background for issues now, and it has not gone anywhere. It's just oh made this my. character useless. Look at Ray. I love to where at one point it's like, I hope you feel better, Miss Martian. I think it's Miss Martian. Like, yeah. I hope you feel better, Miss Martian. Pah. Without her empathy, that I know barely she's... sounded like she cared. I'm like, really? <laughs> You're throwing shade at her. She, she asked me at least. Uh, yes. But yeah, with this, the big to do is they didn't send those plans of the Armada, the warp drive of the Armada that is surrounding Earth. They were going to send it. They right. kind of stole it. It's almost like Rogue One. They grabbed the plans. They were going to send it to Batman. Unfortunately, they got warped out. So, you know, you have to have Natasha. And Batman's got problems all his own right now anyway. So, but they never sent the plans. So the ship is destroyed if they stay on this toxic planet, Eric. Toxic planet. They are going to die. So what happens is Donna Troy, they're still kind of fighting. Donna Troy comes in and is like, hey, what's going on? You know, the we got to do something. Boy, you got to do this. And she's like, well, I have these alien plants. They have nothing to do with our ship. But you know what? I think I can make a warp drive based on them. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? What the you fuck have a do you got ship. that you can look at a goddamn plans I, for an I alien warp drive? I thought this was drive. Natasha Irons, not MacGyver. Hey, do they have I the wishing machine on board? No, she's going to say, you get me a pineapple, a paper clip, and a rubber band. We are in. And they're, they're just going to do it. What are they going to use? What are they going to use? This is alien tech, let alone that your ship is destroyed. So what? I, I guarantee you it's like, you know what? Those aliens have a really good idea. Make that blue wire a green one. Boom, they're fixed. I, I don't know what they're going to do. That's but all it that, takes. That's what yeah. it is. And they end up, in the meantime, I'm going to set up a distress signal and send it out. Maybe somebody will get it. Now, in my mind also, you're also sending out a signal that probably might lead some bad guys to you. But, hey, that's just me. They kind of make up. A, they can't find Beast Boy. And all of a sudden, Beast Boy I, I becomes too, goddamn Beast Hulk. Boy, Beast Boy becomes Hulk. They're like, oh, man, where's Beast Boy at? He should, yeah, I hope he didn't get lost. Well, we'll worry about him later because it becomes nighttime before yeah. anybody starts thinking about it. The only time that anybody starts thinking about time, Beast Boy. Exactly. It's, it's when they turn oh, on this no. you know, makeshift signature to try to get yeah. a beacon out there that Beast Boy, the hum of it, the energy of it drives Beast Boy crazy and makes him drawn to it to the point that he has to destroy it. Oh, no, Beast Boy. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Beast you did Boy. have a team member left out there in the toxic yeah. jungle. Yeah. I, I love it, too. While they're sitting there and they don't know that Beast Boy's gone at this point and they're sitting there. They have Miss Martian. She's laying on a, a, a lawn chair. It, it looks like they're having a grand old time out there. It looks like a goddamn picnic. They're probably making s'mores because they they're horrible. They didn't bring food or water, but they got themselves a lawn chair. Yeah, they got the lawn chair there. I love it, too. And she's like, oh, Oh my, I'm sorry on the launch. They're probably sipping lemonades. <sighs> but then Beast Boy comes back. He sees that distress signal. It is driving him nuts. And Miss Martian well, wants to calm that, him he's down. He's being drawn to it now because now that he has become hulking Beast Boy, he is not of the right mind. Yeah. He's just become a hulking monster who can't control himself. And he has to destroy this thing, you know, for some reason. Yeah. 
for no reason. And you ended up, you even said it's now the Avengers because you have Beast Boy Hulk, you have Natasha Thor. Also, if you really hammer. You, you want to keep going because you got Miss Martian Black Widow. Go to sleep. She's going <laughs> to sing him a song. And it, just relax. And the, where I think that that really falls flat is you really don't have a connection with these characters together. No. So and you I have don't Ms. know why Miss Martian couldn't have just put him down completely with her mind yeah. powers. Yeah, just put him to sleep. I mean, don't don't start telling, you know. I'm telling you, all on, of a sudden she decides, down. I'm not going to use my Go mind powers anymore. Place. I'm just going to try to talk this one. I'm like, that's not what you're good at. Don't Maybe, do that. Maybe, though. And even if, uh, I don't know, the, the mind powers hurt because she, st- she does come over. Oh, can't move. Please. Yeah, no. Calm down, Logan. And he's like, girl. Girl, <laughs> then he just go, then he just, <laughs> then he just goes All nuts. All of a sudden, it's he, Merlin from Raven. I know it's Merlin. Girl. Yeah, he does that. He goes nuts. He's gonna destroy. He destroys the beacon, and then Miss Martian oh, no, now, can, Beast now Boy. cannot hold her form, and now she shows that she's a many armed white Martian monstrosity. Yeah, yeah. And, she's just yeah. a monstrosity. It seems that even though she was a lot really in pain before, now she could fly and maybe yeah. leap out of the oh, goddamn well, yeah, plane. Because no you know, all of her hurt was trying to maintain that form. Isn't that and now the we got to deal with the idea? Are everybody going to see her as a monster? They're going to be able to look beyond her white Martian they aspect no, of her body. No, they'll look way beyond. They'll look way beyond it, and that'll be another <sighs> point where you tell me that they are going to get along. This book seems to be based on them bickering. I just seems don't know like why it's based the characters just can't be themselves. The, and the and thing what, is, this is something that we've dealt with before with Miss Martian's backstory. When she was originally introduced in the DCU, like doing it again, though, I'm like. I, I don't want to do this, especially with a team that is such a, yeah. a powder keg like it is right now, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Again, I will tell you that Dan Abnett writing this, he has kind of gotten his hands tied a bit. This is a drowned earth tie and the last issue was as well. You had Nightwing getting shot, so he's not in the book. But still, at this point, at this point right now that me and you are talking, I'm talking right now at 7.53 on 11-16-2018, Eric. Right. There's no reason for this book to have come back. There no. is no reason that Titans needed to come back for what has happened. Again, some things kind some of probably got problems. thrown in Dan Abnett's lap and stuff like that. So it has been, but it's nonsense. There you go again. I need a thesaurus, Eric. It just needs... A book needs an identity. A book needs a purpose. This does not have one right now. Hopefully, what when are you this talking about? I was told done. that this book was all about searching for some kind of energy that was put out by the source wall being broken. Please, which no, I no, no. Let's let's put that aside because you also told me this was the most important book of Rebirth because Wally was on it and I you said got that burned to you two, two and a half years ago. How many times are you going to get burned, Eric, before you avoid the flame? How many? <laughs> It's so enticing. You're getting burned left and right. It's like me when we had that cherry red uh, piece of equipment. Don't touch it, Jim. And it's obvious that it's obvious the thing is smoking. It's so So hot. hot. I'm like, I have to, I have to touch it, Eric. You're like, you can't. It's cherry red. It's hot. I got to touch it. I touch it and burnt the shit out of my hand. Yeah, I didn't grab it. I just touched it a little on my fingertip and burned it. Actually, you didn't realize I was trying to burn off my fingertips for my devious crime spree. Because you're a sociopath, you know you have to protect yourself when you go on your killing spree. No, no, I just had to touch it. I mean, I'm telling you, there are two types of people in this world. There is the person that the two types. You go – well, you, yeah, or and it might go down to that, but you go in a room and you have something, and somebody bite into something. And go, this is the worst thing I ever taste in my life. There's going to be some of those people who have to taste it now, and some who will avoid it, like the plague. Why I need are to we? Taste it. Why are we I both one of the taste. two people? 
Because I'm not uh, touching yeah. it. And you were, you would, you'd run, and I'd be, I'd be first in line. Because you, you I get can try it. to I freaking get chase after me when they put it in your mouth. Yeah. And the other day, I'm walking around. I'm just gulping down brine from <laughs> from a, a bottle oh, of freaking pickles. You're just a wreck just of a human juice. being. And I'm looking over at you. I'm like, hey, Eric, <laughs> for you to look at it. And the thing is, I just imagine there's this like a, 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 boy, a hard-boiled egg that you put in this brine yourself and yeah. you're just gulping stuff down. Like, hey, what's going down. on? I'm going to get some work done. What's that, Eric? There's that. I still it's have the like egg up here. It's like your goddamn child. You were assigned to freaking home economics or something like that where you have to make sure the egg doesn't crack. You're just carrying oh, this yeah. jar around like a the goddamn metal there. case. Also, also, if if somebody's like, oh, man, you know, I farted. Oh, run. I, I got to take a smell. I got to see exactly <laughs> what we're dealing with. You know, I'm, I'm assessing the situation is what I'm doing. Situation, I'm a man of the situation. I, uh, yeah, yeah, that does stink. You're right, Eric. And also, you do this thing. You fart all the time. Now, I fart a lot now that I'm on this diet, but you fart a lot as well. We're, we're farty guys. Yeah, you end up, you'll never fart and go, whoa, don't get near here. You fart and have these goddamn fucking uh, emotions and a deal and where well, you're, you're doing all these my, like you're giving me, you know, sign language. We're an American and then, sign language, And then Jim. I walk over. I'm like, whoa, what happened? You're like, I was trying to warn you. I know. You can say I just farted. Look, That's what I tell you. The snow took the words right out of my mouth, Jim. I, right? I, I couldn't help you, it. I usually give you the, whoa, I just farted. <laughs> Don't go over there. And then it follows me. <laughs> my farts are it's very clingy. The whole area. They're very clingy. They don't like to be left alone. You know, they're like you as a kid. They don't want to be left on the stoop. They follow me oh. around. They're afraid I'm going for a pack of smokes. Well, what would, you, what would you give this? <laughs> what would you give this book? I'm actually the usually I have an idea of a score in my mind before we ever get started and stuff like that. This was one that I was kind of hanging around with. With a, I think I was around a five point five, but I don't think it's all that much better than the Flash itself because we're just dealing with oh. the same stuff that we've always dealt with, and I don't ever think it's going to be truly resolved. The price we're just gonna, is right losing horn. <laughs> we're just going to see that one. something happens where we're able to get back, mm. and then they're going to continue the nonsense that we have been doing. While I do enjoy the art, like in the Flash. I think this is a straight five, not a fuck you five, because I do like the art. It's just the characters are doing yeah, nothing uh, for me, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. I'm going five five. Uh, yeah, I'm the same deal. I, I feel the same way as this book with the Flash. So That's I the thing. Flash I don't, five I'm, five I'm, I'm trying to give this a five, five point five. five. I keep feeling mm. like I'm giving things the benefit of the doubt with that point five, and That's I'm like, it. I want to go down to that five. I want to be right there at that middle. <sighs> Eric Shea is on the front lines. <laughs> He's showing him how it is. I'm a hero. You, you better watch out, writers at DC. He's putting you on blast with that extra five. I got you five. my sights. Oh, my. Well, we're going to the next one. I have a feeling what I'm going to give this one as well, but it's not All a 5-5, right. five, five, Eric. It's not a 5-5-5-4. Five, 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 no, what are we talking about? Red Hood Outlaw, number 28, written by Scott Liddell with art by Pete Woods, Rex Locus, who I think might have the coolest name in the world, and Troy Petiri. No, Jason Todd. No, actually, huh? uh, I will stop you there. That, uh, by Cortez. A- that Alien 3 book that's coming out, that William oh. Gibson book, yeah. that is actually from the script, written and drawn by Johnny Christmas, Eric. That is, a- <laughs> that is not the coolest <laughs> name ever. That is a ever. seasonal Rex name. Locus. No, Snakebite Cortez still wins. Yeah, that Rex, is a cool Rex name. Locus is pretty But I want good. Rex Locus to be part of his Freedom Fighter team when Snakebite finally puts that together. Can Johnny Christmas be on it, please? I, Maybe I, he that, can. that is a cool name. It's a cool that name because cool. I, I've never heard Johnny Christmas. I, I love it. But yeah, go on. 
Go on. Jason Todd is on the hunt for Underlife, and his quest has taken him to a quaint little town that isn't exactly as it seems. That's right. Somehow they turn into hulking zombies, and what we get out of this issue is just Red Hood fighting for his life, and then doing it again, Jim, until finally meeting up with Batwoman. Yeah. And it starts in America. Eric. And it's funny because I really was thrown off because the first page is the sheriff. He's beat up. He's in traction. uh, And you end up having somebody saying, hey, I want you to write down what you said to Red Hood. And the penmanship counts. And then it goes. And it is Wingman. And it's Which is actually the most interesting part of this book in my mind. But it's such a weird throw in here because then Scott Liddell has to really make it clear with, you know, narration boxes and lines and, you know, arrows. We call this a subplot. Yeah. And basically, which means we'll be dealing with this guy in a few issues. So you just have that there. And he has to point out, I think that's an editorial thing that they said, listen, I understand you're People setting don't understand up somebody, things no more. but not even just understand, but he's not in the rest of the issue. He's not no. going to be in from what they're saying for probably two or three issues. Yeah, I so think we're going to have to wait. Three. It's a weird way because the, the odd thing about this is this is something that would have been more served normally as a cliffhanger Agreed. after all this happened. But- they already have a cliffhanger with the Batwoman and Jason Todd. I, 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 I want to think that Scott Liddell realized, man, I don't got nothing going on for the next three issues. Got to keep people on the hook somehow. That, it seems it weird. Wingman. But yeah, you would think that this would be the, you know, you'd have a whole issue and then out of nowhere, you'd have Merica and you'd have the, the sheriff. This would happen. It would be the cliffhanger to the issue before wingman shows up so we see it instead it's the beginning of an issue and it's it's really an odd beginning and it's odd where you really have to break the fourth wall and come out and say hey everybody this is what comic books are all about and this is what we call this and it's just an odd deal it's an odd deal uh, but it but is a cool idea, though, just having Wingman. Like Wing because the last time we saw Wingman, he was actually Jason Todd in Batman Incorporated, yeah. where he took on the persona. Because originally, Wingman was the Batman of Sweden and a part of Batman Incorporated. But then he just kind of got jealous of Bruce Wayne and it was eventually killed off. So I'm actually really yeah. curious to see who this new who Wingman is. Is it the is. old Wingman? Like, did he not die somehow? Is he or back somebody to the new persona? The or is must be Wingman Reborn? I yeah, don't know. it might be. Or it could be somebody who, you know, wants to go and do some things. I like the idea that it's and- Jason T- Like, Wingman has finally gotten the idea that Jason Todd used his persona once before. Like, no, no, my watch. He has finally come to America and caught up to He's him. He's come to it to, to catch him. But this yeah, time it's will, personal. We'll see what's going on. In the meantime, you do have Jason in this town, Appleton. And, uh... He, you know, we already know that things yeah. are up. You know, there, there's no surprise. So you're, we there's saw no, him come here in the end of last issue on yeah, the search for underlife. The tension isn't is this town on the up and up. We know it's not. The tension is the when Apple are they going to reveal Jim. it? When are they going to reveal it? And when they are giving Jason shoving pie in his mouth, giving him a you start to get the idea that uh, you know oh that's going to be poison oh my god that's going to make them you know like, fall why are you over eating and drinking yeah, this stuff yeah. jason because well, you one, already know there's something not right about this quaint the little pie town got shoved in his mouth the, the girl shoved in his mouth he's like he's like that is delicious well it's already there but i thought that this was going to be where Fuck you, it was going to be one of those things that he started hallucinating or something and then this stuff happened and he wasn't sure if it was but it's pretty cut and dry he ends up getting attacked by the the mother or the uh the old lady and guy who are running the room to yes. them. They, they, so they just start and they just pull out automatically. So I just weapons. love this whole thing. It's like this whole Apple festival that's going on in Appleton. That's legit. Everything here is good food, but they've yeah. got to take out this Jason Todd because everybody's a part of Underlife in Appleton. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they're all going to attack them. They all, I mean, all of a Even sudden- Even guy's got to have a festival every well, now and I'm again. I'm telling you, out of nowhere, they go from having, you know, you're throwing balls into things to win fish to everybody in town having a chain, a club, and a knife. They are all <laughs> lining up. Just like iron. real carnies. I like it too. Do you see that point where everybody's there and they're armed? And they're all there. The one, there's one old guy with a sweater vest. That he ain't got nothing. He's a bare knuckle brawler. He, the, guy, the lady right next to him has a hat. He's got, he's got thunder and lightning. I'm telling he you, doesn't need it, anything else. He does. I wish that he turned them around so he was real old school, showing the, the whole deal. But yeah, Jason <laughs> just says, listen, everybody get out of here or, or we're going to fight. They want to fight. And that's what happens. And it just goes on and on. And, I, and the thing I have is, to it's say, not bad at first. It's because it is Jason Todd taking on an entire town, yeah. which the novelty of that alone is fun to read, but it doesn't last all no. that long for like, no. you know, it's an entire town taking them out. Yeah. And, and I'll tell hit you. Hit him in the goddamn face with a sledgehammer. I have to admit, when you have full out brawls, and this, this kind of goes back to even Batman versus KG Beast, when you have panel after panel after panel of brawls, I kind of just look at it as a whole and like, yeah. okay, they're, they're beating each other up. I, I'm not really like, then he grabs the spade and then he hits that and then he gets stabbed. I'm, I'm not really going with the play by play. I no, just in general, oh, there you have it. That's why I was thrown off by that Batman and that Batman took me two seconds to read because I'm not going each one like, okay, flip him over that way and then he does that i'm not like that i'm just like okay they fight they go and yeah all of a sudden he gets knocked out by a sledgehammer uh <laughs> and then wakes up and is it odd that he's in full it's garb so then? goddamn odd who undressed yeah. him and then redressed him and redressed him in his red hood outfit and he's and there crucified him yeah he's there crucified and <laughs> gets attacked then gets attacked by a solomon grundy looking zombie type deal Wow. And it seems that it might even be a I'm robot. Trying, I spent most of this when, fight trying to determine whether or not this is just Salmon Grundy and overalls. Yeah, I thought I was waiting for at least a Monday or a Tuesday. It never happened. It's just uh, some yeah, giant I actually thought, zombie. Yeah. I just thought that they grabbed Solomon Grundy and just he they put him to work and he's just been there. He likes apples. Uh, but uh, I'm telling you, apples. this is something that we were talking about. And until I think that they don't want Jason to necessarily kill anybody over the top like this, because he ends up pretty much destroying this this guy, the, this big behemoth. But then he goes and looks and he kind of pulls his spine out and looks and it looks like it's a robot. Possibly it looks wiring like those as well are wires. I, I don't know. It's yeah, like. Looks like I actually really enjoy there. the art in this. Besides for Jason Todd's face himself, it's a little. It, it should this, be a little I, more. Because we talked about it, I don't know whether or not this is just some weird kind of goo that's supposedly running through maybe his intestines, or if, this is in fact even, wires but, even running through his system. If you look. It looks like the spine broken open has wires in it because behind there, there is like a little like a almost like a bar that has wires going into it. That's but it's not really well detailed. Like usually when you want to show that something is a robot, if you yeah, really if you wanted something to be a robot, you have it sparking. It might yeah. repeat. Yeah. Error. Error. Warning. Warning. Well, this guy's like, not like you know, this is a robot that I like that doesn't <laughs> talk. Robots I was born on a it's gone like that something like that it, it gets it all messed up or it repeats up but yeah uh he just looks and he's like huh it and is I a just badass scene though with jason todd being crucified at the beginning of this and then uses that post that he's strung up on yeah. to use as an impalement implicate you know, to impale yeah. this solomon grundy light and then rip from his stomach up through <laughs> his side of his shoulder blade yes. through his collarbone i'm like 
you just totally messed that robot up. And I know yeah. I just dealt with a fight before and, we took on a town. Now you're dealing with a hulking zombie that you just yeah. tore in half. And, like, and that, that's pretty that zombie, Red Hood. That, that zombie just shit his pants too. Uh, a bunch of nuts well, and bolts. Happens. Bunch of nuts and bolts came out. But yeah, all of a sudden then Batwoman shows up. Why would up. they give a robot zombie such a big package? Because I'm looking at these tight ass overalls he's in. I'm like, he, he, he's, 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 he's equipped. Here's the thing. He wasn't just made to fight Red Hood. I mean, he's oh, got God. other things. Is he a pleasure bot? Are you a pleasure bot? Who's into this? Is this some necromancy role play? Oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, you don't know. This town is weird. Uh, they like yes. apples. Yeah, they like apples. So All right. fucking weird. They, yeah, they like apples. He's got a fucking apple tree in those pants. You, you end up there where then you have Batwoman show up. And I said she had a trident. But yeah, she has a pitchfork. A pitchfork. She shows up. I mean, why does she have to grab a pitchfork off the ground? You know, but she's there. And it's like, all right, let's fight. Let's get it. And I'm telling you, once you see that and you look down, you do see that they seem to be wires in that thing a little more there. But it's a little confusing, too. Jason throws it at her. I like the Jason is using these gross intestines yeah, spinal cord whatever it is stuff. as a weapon yeah and i just i just wonder why did they have him in the uniform there just so that when they start fighting now that they're both in outfits because there was no reason for anybody no. to dress up jason todd Somebody as red and appleton just really wanted to undress him and redress him i guess and they they start weird, fighting quaint little town Red Hood and Batwoman start fighting, and, and Jason pretty much says, "Listen, Batman, oh, no, you the just Grundy missed Brigade him. Shows up. Yeah, you just missed, you know, Batman. If that's who you're looking for, and he was going to take me back to Gotham, you're not going to." And they're like, you know, you get this idea that you don't even know why Batwoman is there, really, and it seems like she's going to have to help because, yeah. like you said, the Grundy Brigade is in. And they're about to ta- attack. So, and this know, is why I don't like get. eating apples because I know this is what happens for eating apples. An apple a day will keep you into a zombie. That's what happens. An apple a day keeps life away. Is what they tell you. Where's it? Death. Oh, that is true. They are. Be- they're in between. They're in between life and death. They're robots. Sometimes death is better. They're robots, Eric. I'm telling yeah, you, I they're still can't go with the them. idea that they're fully robots because they're so gross and like gooey. I'm telling you, I see some wiring there. There's wiring there. They're, they're like a uh, you know a Cronenberg type thing. It, it's got the goo and the stuff and the wires. It's just we'll gross. Is what you're telling me. We'll see. I, I guarantee you, one of these guys next issue is getting a head knocked off, and there's going to be better. wiring and stuff. You'll see. But I yeah, really just uh, hope the next issue is. Isn't more just two more big fights because I'm telling you, I want to like the new status quo for Red Hood, the whole Red yeah. Hood outlaw. I know I don't like the way he's drawn and I don't like the new outfit, but I want to like this because it's a book that I've enjoyed since the new 52 began and I want to keep enjoying it. Yeah. It's just what we're getting I, now. Looking. It's kind of getting a little bit old and a little bit boring, even though this new status quo has just begun. I'm like, we get a bunch of fights. Jason wants to put on a badass persona, which I'm cool with, but. I need a little bit more at this point. Well, I don't know I, if I think that woman's going to be the thing to really keep well, me on, the, like you know, the, the level of what I was. The problem before. I think it is is that we're used to Jason being able to interact with somebody, and which I love. You don't have it. You, the Dark Trinity's done, and you don't have Jason, so it's all narration of him to himself. And then you know he's fighting, fighting, talking to himself again, fighting, and then you have Batwoman. But I think that this might be the signal of this book where you may end up with a bunch of guest stars so that you can have him talking to some people because Scott Liddell maybe likes that. He's always had, yeah, he's drawn it that, you know, he's done it that way for years now. It. Yeah. It's always been that. So now Jason by himself 
it's let's get kind that Trinity of, back. And then you have the the problem would be is Jason by himself here, Nightwing by himself over there, where Scott Liddell is is involved with that as well. And they're starting God, to I wish kind of have a very similar tone. Jason Todd on the hunt for Roy's killer. I know it doesn't make sense yeah. completely because we're dealing with that in Heroes in Crisis, but I want that to be this so bad. Why can't this be the Robin's book? And we have Nightwing, Jason, cool. Nightwing's and a little Damien, right now. and just not, going not, not for him, baby. Yeah, but that's how he gets it. I like we're going on a bat quest, and then Ooh. they end up in Gorilla City somehow because they found the book. But yeah, they're and they going get after the spiritual. bat force. Yeah, that's what they'll get. That's no one. But yeah, uh, it is kind of just boring. It, there's a lot. I mean, it's weird to say boring because there's a Two lot of action, fights. but yeah. the action did nothing. You really it just didn't takes go up a anywhere. lot of page space. Yeah, it takes you know up it's a over. lot. And where we go from step A to step B, you're doing nothing but All just right, let's adding get Wingman back. You're just adding Batwoman to this book to go yeah. off to fight more Grundy robots or whatever. So yeah, five five. Faux I Grundies. like the art enough. Like you said, I don't necessarily love Jason Todd out of costume yet. That yeah. new costume I still have to get used to as Me well. Too. Um, but the art's okay. It's good enough. It's a little yeah, confusing overall, if that's I like a robot. Pete but five, I just don't five care for Jason just, Todd's face. It's just not enough going on. There's not enough going on here for me to really get that excited, but that's it. What would you give it? You're just giving it enough, are it, you going to give it another five? No, no. I gave this issue a 6.3 out of 10, and that was mostly okay. for the uh, the idea of that. I'm telling you, I think I went a little bit high on this because I probably could go down to a 6 or a 5.5 five for what we get in the issue. I just really like the art, and I like the idea of Wingman. I think the Wingman's the thing to put me over the top. Yeah, that'd be great. The but idea the problem of what's is, coming. It's not here yet, but it's coming, and it got me excited. That's the thing, though. If it was a cliffhanger – then I can say, you know, I can go to Reviewers 101 and, oh, my, that cliffhanger has me excited for next issue already. But it already says <laughs> a few issues. From oh, this. I know. I, I can't use that 101. I, but I, I do like Jason off. Todd. I do like Red Hood. It's been one of my favorite books in Rebirth. I think that might be why I'm a little bit overly optimistic with what we got here, giving it a 6.3 out of 10, because mm. there's not a lot going on here. Like I said, I'm two just- big fights, a wingman reveal, and then Batwoman at the end. It's not a lot going on here. And I'm I just going to give more. everything a 5-5 five, five from now on. Everything 5-5 <laughs> five, five for me. Jimmy 5-5, five, five, they call me. That's a pretty cool name. Is that like Johnny Christmas, Jimmy 5-5? Five, no. five? Jimmy 5-5, five, five. Five, they say. What are you, half uh, and half? <laughs> damn right I am. Damn right I am. But that is the end of the second You want to be called Jimmy 5-5. Five, five. Everyone's just going to call you half and half. What's you up, Will Creamy? Call me half and half. That doesn't mean I'm small. That means that I'm, yeah. half, I'm half tough, half sexy, half and half. You know what? You're talking to the tough guy now, not the sexy guy. That's what I say. I announced to them. Listen, what's that? You want to fight? Sorry, buddy. I'm sexy. Sorry, right girlfriend. Now. <laughs> Sorry, girls. I'm sexy right now, and you ain't gonna be able to stop me. There you go. Then that's my new character, Jimmy Five Five. <laughs> Quiet down, another, half and half. Another one on the scrap heap. What's that? <laughs> you think that you're tough? <laughs> it's a good thing I'm sexy right now. See, it works. It really works. No, and, and, it that, and then, hey, hey, you want to go on a date there? Half and half. <laughs> tough luck, baby. I'm the tough guy now. So stick it. There you go. Tough guys don't go. need love. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. There's no time for love for the tough guy. That's uh, I'm the I'm the tough guy with one tear. So you're telling me that you know. The, the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That wasn't sexy Indiana Jones. That was tough Indiana Jones because there was no time for love. Yeah. No, there was no time for love. That was tough Indiana Jones. Later on, he got a little sexy. He got a little, a little sexy bit. time. He's half and half. 
That's what he is. I'll even go. I, I'll, you, you made fun of me half and half. I'm owning it. I'm owning it now. <laughs> Call me half and half because I'm done sweet and, done. and I'm milky. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's going downhill now. Let's end. Sorry. It's sexy Jimmy here. You love sexy Jimmy, right? When I come into work, I strut in. I, no, I don't think I've ever seen him I'm before. Like, I'm in, I'm coming in. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going to give him the sexy stare. I'm going to give him the smolder. And I went in, I'm that motherfucker didn't come to work. I'm wasting the smolder. I ain't got <laughs> nowhere to smolder it. Smolder, smolder just turn. smoldered out. Oh, no. Yeah, me and Wrong Turn hung out a lot today. Yeah, didn't really amount to much. He's mad at people. You know, you want to hear why Imagine he's mad? He, listen to this one. He was walking up to the front office. He's walking up to the front office and the one guy who works with us, the guy who uh, is a newer employee, says, hey, man, what are you following me? That's it. That That's all that was said. Fuck Wrong turn. Where does he out. get off? He, he threatened his life. Then he told everyone that he was going to kill him. Everyone was told this. The then fuck? he was going to quit. Then he was going to make him get fired. Th- th- now, this the best. This was yesterday. So I'm wrong okay turn, with all these options. You know that, right? Wrong, I know. Wrong turn comes in today, and they they he's showing me these texts. Oh, this was yesterday. You tell. Oh me. yeah, yeah. When the fuck so did he this comes happen? in today. He's showing me these texts where those two ended up fighting all night via text as well. Oh, God, the and then in the, the weirdest turn of events, the the fight ended with one phrase. You know what that phrase was? Not from wrong turn. No, the other guy. Never know. No, you'll never know. This is how you end every fight, I guess. It ends with, hey, do you want to have a secret Santa? I'm like, oh, what God. the fuck is going on here? I'd see this and he's like, I couldn't be mad then. I don't know. I have no idea because hey, Jimmy, it was weird. You want and a secret I, Santa? Yeah, I, I, I said Come to him, well. sit on my lap I, but and don't talk to then. anybody about there it. Was, it's a secret. There was, no, there was no response or anything. And I said, well, are, are you going to have a secret Santa? And wrong turns like, I don't know what that is. And then just stopped and walked away. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. But yeah, no. It's just that no. the word Santa made him so happy. He couldn't yeah. be angry anymore. He's a, but he doesn't know what a secret oh, Santa no, is. Oh, he's watching. I better be a he good end, boy. We ended up, I think, today of, you know, there was probably I like Imagine 10. the scenarios running through his head when he read the word secret Santa. I'm telling you. No. I have no idea. He we knows had what ten, I'm We had 10 people asleep. at work today. We had, there were about 10, 15 people that showed up today at work because we had a, snow, a bunch of snow here uh, last night. And uh, for some reason, because of that, they decided to buy three dozen donuts. And, and the worst was I'm there and, and our, our boss comes up to me and he's like, I know you can't eat them, but they're they're getting a bunch of donuts. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I can eat those. So they're, they're there. They're, and so I had at least three people come out. Hey, Jim. Why aren't you getting donuts? We we all yeah, I think fatty. they bought a dozen for me. And they're like, you always grab like six, right? I'm like, no, and I can't eat them. What? This is what everybody mad. thinks about you behind yeah, your back. They're all mad. I'm like, well, how dare you? Don't I worry, fatty this Jim is, will this, eat them. I said, listen, this is half and half. I'm sexy right now. I'm sexy. Start yelling. And then this I, is I, the half I got where so I cry angry. For a little while. I'm telling you, no, I got so angry that I went in and I had eight donuts, Eric. No, I went in. At one point I felt bad. I went in. I actually got as far as opening up That's the deal. That's called peer pressure, Jim. What are you I doing? I looked at them, slammed it shut. I said, no, you're not going to get me. I'm They had bullshit half. flavors left, didn't they? No, no. They, they actually had that Dutch crumb that you okay. know is my favorite. I'm telling favorite. you, I, I like the whole idea that you're going to get all indignant on this whole idea when the truth behind everything is you yeah. opened up that box. It's all those bear, weird bear jelly that I that. hate. 
It's all that that <laughs> That's tasty all it is. jelly that it's I know. It's not you rising above no, I saw to the peer it. pressure. I, it's I just actually, some bullshit flavors. I put my. I actually sniffed the donuts. I, uh, I really took gross. a, a Stop big sniff. Stop putting your nose near fucking yeah. food. Yeah. I said, boy, those smell good. But then I went out and I, I didn't eat any. I didn't. I was going to. And you weren't there to see me, so I was going to sneak one. <laughs> you going to fucking know. sleeve freaking yeah, you know, oh, donut? I was. Myself. I'm going to give myself a sleeve donut. I gave you some sleeve uh, p- uh, pumpkin pie the other day. You didn't it want was it. Just, it was just the grossest. It had a little <laughs> green fucking, like, you know, uh, did from my wool sweater. in there from yeah. your sweater. And then yeah, you just sweater. got pumpkin pie all over you. And they're trying to play oh, yeah. a game about how you wipe your ass <laughs> with your hand and there's shit all over it. That's a fun little game you got there. The, the best is to, if I explain it, I thought to myself, you know what? That a lot of people play that he, thing where they have like a peanut butter and like, oh no, I shit my pants. Who plays this game? <laughs> you know, people. Six year olds, so that's who. I thought to myself, I'm looking at this pumpkin pie. I'm like, you know what? That is about the most facsimile of a diarrhea type poop. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this joke on Eric and wrong term. When they come out, I'm going to have the pumpkin pie in my hand. Now, this is the thing, Eric. I don't half-ass anything. I'm telling no. you right now. So I did put my hand down my pants. There was and no I had reason. It. I got pumpkin pie all on my ass crack. It's all in there at that point. And then I go oh, to pull it. There, there's pumpkin pie all in my pants. I come out. It's on my sleeves. It's all over the place. And then Trying to clean up and somehow and you're getting more on didn't you. come back. He was with no. you and turned around. I'm like, God damn it. He I had said, the right idea. I said, I said, Aaron, and I was going to play this joke. Look, it looks like I got like diarrhea on me. You're like, you got <laughs> get pie. away from me. I love me. I'm like, uh, I just, I just played a joke on myself. The life is the joke. And then I had <laughs> pumpkin pie and I smelled like goddamn pumpkin pie the rest of the day. And it was nonsense. That's sexy Jim right there. No, no, sexy Jim. Sexy Jim went home like then. pumpkin spice. Sexy Jim didn't even take a shower because sexy Jim forgot that he had pumpkin pie on his ass cheeks. And realized this morning when I took a shower. Like, I actually came home from work and slept with pumpkin pie all on my ass cheeks. All over my ass oh my cheeks. I'm like, you are oh, just yes. the worst. That's for just you, Daddy. Worst. I just started yelling. I don't know. Hey, God. Oh, fuck. What's going on here? Please. If I only had a brain is what I was saying. But yeah. Some when fire I got scarecrow. Home, when I got home, I was tired. I said, but I'm tired. I, said, but I'm tired. I didn't have time to. I'm working to, all day. I didn't I didn't put pumpkin pie to, in my crack. I'm telling you, I didn't have time that. to get pumpkin pie out of my crack. Hey, that's what happens. That's what that's, that's what happens. And then next, we're going off to some mail, Eric. We're done with this section. That's how we go. Pumpkin pie ass, they call me half and half. But yes, we're going to go off now to do uh, some mail. We're done with respect, too. <laughs> when did we ever have that? There we go. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim and I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode first I'll hear mail with Jim now mail with Jim Give me that mail, Jim. 
It's Give me time hit. to go with some mail here. It's mail section number two, and we're going to start with Manship again. Oh, the Manship. Man Scotty Tuhati is back. He got off his butt and wrote in a couple mails in this sense. Even after all those technical problems he labeled oh, out that I don't ever understand? all those technical problems. Hey, bros. I had the bestest. I think that What's that up, first bro? mail wasn't supposed to be for the podcast. But hey, bros. I've okay. been so fracking busy. I wasn't able to get in a proper congrats for reaching milestone episode number 200. If it weren't for comics, weird signs, and the Get Fresh crew, I wouldn't be able to make it through each work week. Now, it'd be so funny if Manship got in the Slack chat because I think he'd be greeted like a king, and yet he never gets in there. (laughs) Now, to the meat and cheese of my email. Yeah, really. I mean, that guy has Transformers at 480. I mean, 480, 490, whatever it takes. One circuit box? Now- to the meat and cheese of my email. Yes, it's mm. a rant about my current favorite book. What would be his current favorite book? Because he oh, is God the Earth it. Three Weird Science. What would it be? I would Mr. say Mr. Miracle. It's Mr. Miracle. Uh, I'm not even going to let you guess. That's his favorite book of all time. Short part of my enjoyment in this series has been hearing Jim's voice in my head as I read Screaming. Yeah, a lot of expletives he has there. Like most after reading issue 12, I too was completely confused. Fortunately, I had plenty of time while traveling to and from being stuck in Philadelphia hotel duo Winter Storm. Uh, Avery. Did you know that was Winter Storm Avery? I didn't know his name. I had no idea. So my interpretation. We got camels. We got Avery. We got yep. everything this week. Mr. Miracle killed himself in issue number one and was sent to hell where he has to defeat different representations of the devil. I.e. High Father, which he didn't kill. Orion, Dark Side, Metron, which he didn't kill. Kalabak, yeah. who seems to live, uh, you know, at the end. Over and over and over. He could have escaped and did, kind of, but chose not to so that he could stay from with Big Barda and his kid kids. Mr. Miracle will finally escape into the current continuity, which will begin the next series. There's just something about Mr. Miracle's struggle that I can relate to, which gives me the feels every time I read it. Now, they do hint at a sequel coming, but it's not a Mr. Miracle sequel. They say it's definitely not Mr. Miracle. Uh, We'll just see Mr. Miracle in other books, like we saw him already in Drowned Earth. We saw him and Barda in Drowned Earth. Uh, Yeah, and... Pretty much this book is set up to be anybody's interpretation. I could go with what he just said. It still leads me to say that Mr. Miracle wussed out and uh, chose the fictional, you know, what the easy way out in his mind. Let's let's stay in the fantasy world of his mind and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, the, the big problem that you'll hear us talking about later in my mind is you set up the book as this big mystery to figure out if it was real or not and never ended it in any sort of way. Because he chickened out. I think that not only did Mr. Miracle in the book chicken out, I think that Tom King chickened out and didn't want to upset people by showing that in reality it was in his mind and there was no Jacob. There was no thing like that. I, I want to know why he even tried to commit commit suicide at the beginning. We never even learned really what you, drove I him don't know. to that. I, I kind of got the idea from it that it was the anti-life equation. Well, but still, if that's the case, then what's going on? I mean, that doesn't solve any problems that I have. So, and and the thing is, you say the anti-life equation, and then you go against what everybody's saying is that this book is showing you how modern times are tough, and you know sometimes you can't take it. That's the anti-life is, equation the, the throws mo- it all out. Then the modern times are tough. He chose this world because it's easier than living. Because yeah, he's a millennial, Eric. That's what they do. <laughs> Let me offend everybody. He took the easy way out. 
He had a way out. He's an escape artist. And all the- And chose big, not to escape. And all the big things of, even at the beginning of this issue with the, there's Mr. Miracle. How can he get out of the trap that's been sprung? Get up and do it. And then at the end, nothing. Nothing. And we'll, we'll yell about it later. Yeah, the next about one Mr. is Miracle. Brandon. You told me we're not going to yell. Yeah, well, I guess that's out. Uh, Brandon's next. Oh, did I even finish? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, he uh, he says maybe. Did I finish that? He'll escape. Yeah, yeah. That was his whole mail. Him and his nonsense with Mister Miracle. Brandon's next. What's up, fellas? Just want to start up by answering Jelly Drew's probably rhetorical question about coffee preferences. Every day I get two large black coffees that get me through work. Then at times get one more for my ride home from work, just in case everybody decides to go full hard R during rush hour. I have something to calm my nerves. Never had <laughs> sugar, this? never is had this milk. Brandon or Jim? Yeah. Love the taste of most just plain coffee, except for the free stuff at work. Shit is trash. But yeah, that's kind of what I do as well yeah. sometimes. But I also get two to get me to lunch, get one at lunch, and then one of them. That's right. Sometimes while I'm writing these emails or reading comics, I just throw our local Fox channel on background for noise, mostly because they just show reruns of Seinfeld starting at 10 p.m. So I'll turn the TV on just prior to the show starting, and I've realized lately that I'm 90% certain Hell's Kitchen or a version of it has been on TV for what feels like every day since I was in college. It's like a goddamn lamb chops and has become the, the show that never ends. It just goes on and on for my friends anyway well, gordon ramsay has made millions being an <laughs> oh, asshole frankly kitchen, i'm rather jealous show. for some reason i'm yeah. like the, the part of new york what are we talking about no no, no. the show hell is kitchen i guess he you basically know. says gordon ramsay has made a uh, lifetime of just being a twitter troll before it was cool I know everyone in the GFC is concerned for Richard Richardson. I think it's safe to say we all know, for one, I am not. Give up the dream dancing, Mike. There's no king anymore. Besides, you can't trust anyone with that kind of voice anyway. Greg Capullo, (laughs) you can come back anytime, though. Please come back. Yeah, if if you really look hard, you'll be able to find Richard Richardson somewhere. Books, Mr. Miracle. Well, I'm glad I never bought one issue of this inside joke between Ger- Gerards and King. Then ended up being the nothing ended most everyone with a brain saw coming after issue six. This was Tom King doing a Sopranos ending where nobody has any idea what's happened, but claims to like it anyway. The smallest amount of fame has gone to, to on this guy's show. head and taken his hair, apparently. In a huge way, he says. He's throwing shade. Shade. Detective. Well, this was a bag of trash. I have no idea how anything I've read in previous issues connects other than being preached to that it does. James Robinson somehow made last issue's awesomely awful cliffhanger suck, and I don't (laughs) understand how. Yeah, no rootin' tootin'. Red Hood. (laughs) This was okay, better than the previous two books I mentioned anyway. Do you think that monster violated Jason before putting his costume on? Because that would be gross. Also, violating. He might have just played with his ding dong a little bit. Also, if they were just trying to put a shotgun bullet through the back of Jason's head while drinking cider, why didn't they kill him and then they knocked him out? Some strange logic at play here. We did not bring that up. That is a very good point. What the hell is going on? I don't understand what's going on. Well, we could shoot him or we could feed him to the faux Solomon Grundy over there. But why even? And put him on that that cross by well, week for the bills. They, they gotta scare the crows away, Man. Jim. Guess I'll catch up on some books and hockey. Uh, as has my full sports attention this week, since the Sabers don't suck much anymore. So I'll enjoy it while it lasts. And that is Brandy says, "I fellas, that is Brandy. Brandy, of course. Thank you, Brandy. And that is it for the mail for the night. Not a lot of mail this week, so we're gonna go off now to Reggie and his book, Red J. Now it is time for Reggie. All right, and we're here with Reggie. 
Hello, everybody. Lege. Hello, love. How you Lege. doing there with the sport of the in and outs? That's, how, that's what we say around here during the it times. You know, the good times, the bad times, the, you know, sure. the, the facts of life is what I say. Uh, we are here with two books, and I really, when I have my books, and I had uh, four books that I reviewed this week, so I mm-hmm. think I had the most reviews of all of right. us. That doesn't happen very often, but it did. And I didn't really like my books. I was down on most of them. So uh, when that happens, I always oh, sit there gym. and I think to myself, at least, at least I have Reggie and his right. books. He I is the shining that. light. Ever. He lifts yeah. me I, up. He I is do, the I wind. I review, I review all the greatest wings. books of the, you know, the uh, happiest, most important well, books. Well, back in the new Superman days, that could sometimes be well, true. And, but and here's the thing, too. It hasn't been true for a while, really. You have JLD. Yeah. Oh. You know, unfortunately, yeah. that didn't pop up this oh, week. Yeah. You have possibly Green Lantern. I hear everybody loves that one. Yeah, everybody but here's what I thought to myself. Well... Here we go. We have Plastic Man ending. Maybe it'll nail the ending. I mean, this weirder things have happened. Number two, Suicide Squad is starting the beginning of the end where you have, uh, you know, uh, the whole idea of it's going to be ending. Maybe they're saving the big story to the end. You know, they're going to end with a bang. (laughs) And then right. I read your books. I'm like, you know what, Reggie? You, you know, you, you didn't, didn't help think me. either of those things. You negative. Yes. You know, what I are you sat talking there. About? No, actually, I sat there. I'm like, huh? What did Reggie give this plastic man? Huh? And Uh-oh. I looked, and I I looked, and I'm like, well, you know what? At least it's not as low as Harley. Right, that's what I thought. Then, hey, what did he give the Suicide Squad? And I thought, well. At least it isn't as low as Harley. There you go. <laughs> so, so I'm like, well, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, That's you, the, new, the new bar has been reached. Our Lord has been lowered, and it is Harley. Harley. What was that? Harley. That was that was a bad one. Yeah, yeah that was a that was three. A- you gave Harley, so at least that might yeah. be my lowest. I think I gave a Constantine a two one time. Yeah, I, I think, think that's so. my lowest possible, my lowest ever score. Uh, my lowest is a one, and I've given that a couple times. But since Ando Senti is no longer DC, I, I put that away. The, the ones yeah. have been put back into the the stash. But, I think we should instate a new policy from now on when we review books. There's two scores: ten out of ten or one out of ten. That's it. I, I don't want, I'm not I don't giving wanna, ten out of ten. Yeah, I don't I'm with you. I hate. I hate these gray areas. Yeah. Hey, let's just put it right on the line. Roller coaster ride of emotion. Ever, or it's the worst fucking thing you ever picked up in your I'm life. With That's you. all for it. I'll go with it. But what is the first book we're talking about, Reggie? It is Suicide Squad number 48, written by Rob Williams, art by Diogenes Nevis, Nevis Scott Hanna, and Gabe Altaeb. Do you remember the Russian jail? Rescued Hackensock instead, still failed. Do you remember when Croc cut a fart? Do you remember when Harley got smart? Do you remember reading about Red Wave? Ready to kill yourself, one foot in the grave. Rick Flag showed up and no one cared. We need help and we need it fast. Because looking back on his title's past, our levels of boredom quite beyond compare. Air. That's my only song. Yes. Tonight, so I, I, everybody. I, uh, I'm having a lot of problems tonight. I think that <clears throat> I might have 17 cats in this room. Now, when I'm <laughs> going to record, my kids are so loud that I end up How having loud to, are they? Uh, how loud are they? Well, they're so loud. Uh, and, and Tanya doesn't allow doors. 
So th- there's two things that are working against me here. The lack of doors. Studio and three. So what I, I have is I have a curtain rod with a curtain that goes across the door. Then the door – see, she doesn't allow hinges. She allows doors, no hinges. The the door is laying against the curtain rod. Then I have two bedspread, you know, beds kind of against that being held together with one other bed, a box bed. A so wreck. it's great. Well, the problem just, is, just though, what I'm describing now is that the cats are somewhere in this goddamn room, and I can't get them out. <laughs> and it. suddenly <laughs> – I feel, like a like, movie. I feel sick as hell. Reggie, Reggie, I, Reggie singing with his, his angel-like voice. I had right. to mute my mic to sneeze 17 times, and now I can't stop sniffling. And it's out of nowhere. Me and Eric just ended up recording all this time. I didn't have any problems. Now, all of a sudden, these, these darn maybe, cats. Maybe I'm the one you're allergic to is me. Maybe. Maybe it's these books. But I, I'd say the books, but I haven't liked anything tonight. No, it's these cats. Yeah. They're killing me. But we have the other thing that's killing me is a Suicide Squad book that is ending, and, and it kills me. It, it, it my aching heart with, with this book ending. The problem is, is it, it does make my heart Don't ache. Don't you see though? It's ending just the way it began. Yeah, that's the problem. Is it's Isn't my that heart? No, no, my heart is aching because we are now at issue forty-eight. We're going to end at fifty. Uh, in January, they're going to get you with that extra size issue 50, and oh, yeah. you have 50 issues of nothing. Now, if, if Rob Williams came out and said, hey, guys, uh, this is only half the story, I'd say, okay, well, then I guess you need a half of issue to finish it because we haven't gotten shit since this whole thing started. This is one of the most disappointing books that we've had since Rebirth in my and, mind. And, and frankly, this just highlights that because it yes. brought me back to that beginning Arc that turned into three arcs. Repeat if you the remember. same jokes and deal with yeah. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the annihilation and all the brigade. same shit. The whole the same hey, thing. I mean, I if you didn't read like it seeing... first, it's new to you. <laughs> but we read so, it. So it's not new. Uh, I was I was really like, wow, you guys really should have moved past this whole storyline yeah. and pretend it never happened because what a piece of shit that all. If Hack comes back. Then that's going to be And they keep saying like that. I. It's weird because Rob Williams keeps bringing up Hack. In a way that I think they, he really wants you to be like, okay, we're, we're really going clip show here from the beginning, but we yeah. promise we won't bring Hack back. But really, why not? Well, why shouldn't they? Because this is nonsense. And now it's going to be what is going to result into the gong show kind of thing where you're going to have each villain go and get the opportunity to blow Amanda Waller's brain up. That's how it seems. On the it, team, would, you mean each, yeah, each yeah. member of the Suicide yeah, Squad. Each of the yeah. Suicide Squad will probably get their chance to, you know, it's like Monty Hall, what's behind, you know, you know, door number three. I know, it really felt to me that this was just a Rick Flag kind of situation. Like, we to finally get the comeuppance that we though. deserve. I know and we got it three seems issues. like it this like- one story. So we'll have oh, to see what it goes. It just felt like a Rick Flag thing, the way it was presented here. Like the whole idea that we're finally going to get back to the idea that Amanda Waller did ruin his life in order to recruit him onto the Suicide Squad. Right. Now we're finally getting back to that initial thing yeah, that we I, saw. I think, though, because we can only do callbacks now. Y- you say that, but we already have – I mean what are they going to do to set up, say, a Harley? Uh, we already know that she's pissed I, I and would it, kill her. I think it might her, end so. up being like the opening of Temple of Doom where they keep like making that uh, – thing ever. The, the jewel and the, you know, that flask of uh, serum of are flying around and you keep are, her. Are, I get new one. Wow, wow, wow! will grab it. It'll fall out of her hands. It'll be in the katana will bobble. As some long other as it thing. ends with Amanda Waller or Harley getting on the, the plane, yeah. So long, Lau. And then closing the door, and it says Lau. <laughs> it says Annihilation Brigade on yeah, the side. Yeah, it of the says plane. Annihilation Brigade. <laughs> you lose. 
and I don't know why they'd say that, but uh, with that, though, you get the exact same beginning. And yeah, that, that might seem cool to wrap around if it was good the first time. Now, we had some laughs. Me and Eric yeah. did enjoy the first arc. First well, right three issues. The jokes weren't overused at that point. We we're just getting yeah, we the jokes. It was be but fun. fifty issues of the, having the same jokes over and over again, and, with Boomerang shitting his pants, with Croc vomiting, yeah, just yeah. going to this whole metahuman Russian prison that has its own, its own kind of Suicide Squad in Russia. We've been there and done that. Yeah, just to have. have it again, where Amanda Waller is the thing that they have to save that they and even hate him. Like, as, as far as I'm concerned, they missed their opportunity with this yeah. whole thing. You know, there was a whole point we were very excited about the Annihil- Annihilation Brigade. Oh, we, we loved it. Now yeah. we, I can and even Cosmo, not, I don't want to see him ever again. No, and, I don't really care about him Yeah, anymore. and with that, we loved them at first. And the weird thing about this whole series is we uh, we ended up giving it a pass for a long, long time because you had Jim Lee at one point. He was going to do the art. He couldn't keep up. So they ended backups. up having backups and things like that. And it threw the book out. It, we're, we're 40 issues away from that. And then you have the Just League versus Suicide yeah, Squad. But, but we're yeah, now almost at issue it, yeah. 50. There's no excuse for this book. This book oh, has been... it's been a garbage series It has. It, it has not <laughs> been good. And so I thought, okay, well, you have three more issues. You, you basically, let's end this with a bang. Show me, Rob Williams, what you could have done. You, you don't have any sort of tie-ins here. You don't have, you know, Jim Lee holding you back on art. You can do whatever you want. And he throws us back to the beginning, only to, again, have a story where it's Amanda Waller that somebody's against her. And, and really, this whole series... Is it Rustam? Well, and, and at points, we got mad because the series ended up becoming more about, you know, uh, you know getting Amanda Waller, get her... Th- and yeah. it, it just never really panned out very well. I don't think it's Rustam either, I'm sure. No, it, no, it's I, just no, I don't nothing. think it is either. The whole idea that we are dealing... We dealt with the idea of the... the the community or whatever it is, the cult of the people. Yeah, now they're gone. They run, they run this prison before they're all gone now, but we dealt with that whole idea before because we had the annihilation brigade. We had that old guy that was in charge. And then we had that person who was infiltrated the government, who was a part of the people as well. That, you know, was like dead shot. Seemed like he was going to kill Amanda Waller first. She helped kill hack and stuff like that. I can't, uh, Harcourt was her name now that I remember, but we dealt with the people, the annihilation brigade, this whole thing for most of the series. Yeah. We had stuff thrown in here and there to try to break it up, but coming back to it, this was never the most satisfying part of the Suicide Squad. No. I'm like, why are we going to bring this back? You could actually have some fun and do something original and new. Seeing, you know, that Amanda Waller is a piece I of shit that they never, they never really developed it the way they should have. You know, I never really yeah. felt like the people were a real threat. No, you I never, never really, really knew never really much quite about like, understood, like, what, yeah. what, the, what the deal yeah, was Yeah, that's with my them. problem with them, too. You just um, never got a grip of what they were. Like, we, we, we heard about this idea of having different suicide squads around the world, and then they were deployed, like, the next issue, and then they were done and then the they were issue done. after that, you yeah. know, and I was just like, oh, okay, I guess And where, that where it really deal. throws me off this issue is we're, we're saying, as we're saying, the people, the people – uh, it yeah. didn't really impress us. So when you're going back to this prison, this maxi prison type deal, and they say as an aside, oh, you know, the people, they used to run this. They're done. So it's kind of these terrorist type things. I'm like, really? Now you're, you're lessening a lesser yeah. story. I mean, really, <laughs> we're getting the H squad now and not even the B squad. And it's just nothing. And, you know, it, it pretty much everything in this, as Eric said, either is – you know, you you could see it coming from a mile away, or it's actually repeated from what we got in the beginning. Well, even dealing with the beginning fact that Rick Flag is introduced in this issue by going to one of the people that you know was killed on his yeah. command that actually got him locked up initially. That Amanda Waller, you know, used all of this information to get him locked up. 
we haven't dealt with any of that since, but now we're seeing out of nowhere Rick Flagg is going to go out and try to help yeah, the wife and challenge one of the, the guys deal. that he got killed to try to remind everybody because it's not something that we've dealt no, with. It's been no. presented out there at the beginning and then thrown aside completely, and now we have to remind everybody. Well, like, again, that's that's, to me, that. that is just one of those that once you saw that, you kind of now it, it's, you know, oh, we're going to deal with something with this, and and then we get to the cliches, then we get to the callbacks, and it just doesn't hit. And I, I don't know. I thought Rick Flagg was looking to get a little sexy with that lady. She didn't want any parts of him, and actually seemed to you be know that very was in the background. Come seemed on. to be very rude though to get him out. Like, listen, I, I, so, like she tells Rick, him like seven you, times. You've done this every week. Listen, get the fuck out of here. Okay, you, we. I don't need your help. What? But I feel responsible. You're not my family. I, I, but hey, get the fuck out. And then he just walks out. But yeah, it's just set up so that. Like you I said, like it could get. There's actually a weird, sinister undertone to this whole thing where she's gotten a restraining order out on Rick Flagg. It Flag. seems like she wants him out. Kind of guy That's what I'm saying. That he shows I took up it that time. way. When she's like, listen, you are not family. And then, oh, but, but <laughs> I have a, a restraining order. I have papers. I like that he just walks <laughs> in and just picks up the pictures. Yeah, I don't want you touching that picture. She looks. Even the whole his idea face hey, is crossed right out. Outside. Can I come inside? He's like forcing the situation yeah, to did. come in, look at her pictures on the wall. You can like, turn. Hey, anybody? Uh, what can you're saying is, is this could be one of those where they turn a nice movie into a horror movie trailer. Exactly. That's how they like big becomes a horror movie suddenly. Uh, nice movies. Fine. Yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that woman I, has sex with a minor. It does. Yes, that's that's what happens then. Uh, but yeah, you you go through this. You have the Suicide Squad that don't have much to do, really. You have Rick Flagg re-meeting Harley. That kind of gets thrown aside very quickly mm. with and them even yelling. That, a situation that we have not dealt with in a long time. We have to reiterate the fact that they once had a relationship yeah, that's yeah. over now. I'm like, we don't need that at this point. Right now, like you said, this is a clip show of the greatest it hits is. of this run. I'm like, just tell your it's story. It's a weird deal where, uh, you know, we had Flash earlier in the podcast, and that has like, you know, Barry, you did this, 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 and this. They're in this, instead of just telling us, they're acting out everything that we've already seen. I mean, in fact, going back to the same set, it's the same set piece, and yeah. they just keep, hey, remember when we were here before? You still owe me pants. I threw up here. I'm going to oh, eat God. people. <laughs> yeah, and that's all it is. And, yeah, all right, what page am I on? It's got to be over soon. Come yeah, on. Yeah, really. And, and then that's what ends up happening is Croc gets caught that, on that, fire. That's the bulk of the book when you're talking <laughs> about it. I mean, really – it really, really, the, the, whole, the, the story to me is Amanda Waller is caught with a brain bomb stuck in her and the remote control nearby. Someone has arranged Suicide Squad to show up. Rick Flagg gets separated from them, and he ends up with the control to the brain bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and basically he's allowed story. to pick it. And where it gets me is not just the – it's the idea that we're saying, and some people may have loved this series. They may have loved this book, but – when you sit here and Rob Williams definitely – he has three issues left and he is going with what he thinks is the coolest thing that he's done. It has to be. You're going to end with what you think is really going to hit, what you really want to tie up, what you re- – and it's this. And this isn't good. This is actually bad. Yeah. So if this well, is the it's, best it's, you have, then – It's the- even funny though because the whole idea is that whoever has kidnapped Amanda Waller and brought her to this you know, Russian meta prison, the secret me- Russian meta prison – 
they're just like the whole call back to that first arc kind of thing. Whoever's out there, they want to get revenge. So in order for them to come and save Amanda Waller, they have made specific demands. You have to bring this original team that was here before, which yeah. they don't seem to be able to put together until they see the prison. Well, but the problem Enchantress is Enchantress isn't there. God exactly. Yeah. Enchantress isn't there, which was a big part of that, having her on the team. Like, But the whole idea of getting the core members, the, the, the team that the book started with, that seemed to be like, oh, man, it's going to be great. We got the original ones. But we really never saw anything beyond that core team. Like no. we had initially, like we had things that we saw characters come in, which were cool. It wasn't, it wasn't happening very often though. So no. the idea of getting this core team together, I'm like, I've been there, done that. Yeah. And even leaving, like Rick Flagg comes back and to come back fully pushes aside because even Harley's like, you were with that super soldier. And, you know, uh, here I am. And yeah, like you said, if, if this would have been something where you had, 20 different members throughout and some died even if you had like this would have been the perfect time to to reveal somebody who was dead and you know oh my god i thought you were dead but through this the whole thing it's it's boomerang saying you know what this is where i died and they had zod and zod killed me did i mention that i was dead and it just goes on and on yeah it's it's like the worst clip show ever because it's a clip show without the clips. It's a clip show where me, you, and Reggie, the three of us, sit there on a stage and go, "Hey, remember that time when, See, when we remember, about remember it, yeah. that time when we were surfing in Hawaii? <laughs> that was cool." That's it. There's the clip <laughs> show. You don't even get a picture. There's not even a slideshow. No. It's just us talking. That was cool. We'll just keep saying that. The times we had. Uh, I definitely yes. think. I definitely think if you were Rick Flag, you'd be like that. They'd be like. Like Jim, weren't you working with a super soldier on a super covert guy? And you'd be like, ah, well, you know, yeah. what's for lunch? Fuck that! <laughs> I'm hungry. Did I tell you about my diet? And we're on stage. Hey, <laughs> Reggie, remember when you found that tiki doll and that, uh-huh. that <laughs> and that oh, shield yeah. fell <laughs> off the wall and almost got Eric? And there was a spider. That, that was, was good cool. T- and not only that, but referencing the referencing the idea of what happened to these different characters, like we said, everybody has to have their little moment like that. It seems that when we get the killer croc who's up against a guy with fire powers, I like see the thing is with this fire, it can infect and it can kill. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't care about you because yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. But then there's the croc fire. fire. No, please, not fire again. again. Like, not reference red wave. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Remember uh, that time, Reggie, when Eric no. fell asleep and I shit in he, his mouth and we become, laughed? Is that he was cool. all like, you know, a terrible croc again? Yeah. I think we yeah, took us a little be bit terrible to get beyond that. Again. And then it seemed to happen like out of nowhere. Oh, I guess croc's better now. I'm, I'm really shocked that, that I'm really shocked what, he wasn't if, pining for enchantress. What if on the last page of the entire series, it's just Red Wave sitting in an easy chair, like welcoming the suicide Smoking side. a cigar. Just like, he's welcome got, home, Dash he's got, a, he's got a snow, for the snow globe. Answer. What happened uh, to King Faraday? Maybe it is That's King Faraday. Question, Maybe it's him. Somebody's with a snow globe. And Did he get killed out. when they killed I everyone? I don't, I don't no, I think he just kind of ran out. Yeah, he maybe it's the him. guys that were saved, yeah. Maybe the, he's the villain. There you go. What did you give this, Reggie? Uh, it's pretty much a total piece of junk. Not a whole lot of redeeming aspects to it, but, uh, you know, we got to see how this all ends up before we can totally uh, hate on it. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Yep, I'm going to give it a 5.5 as I've gone through this whole podcast. Giving. Remember when Reggie said that Suicide Squad was junk? 
That was cool. <laughs> Those were the days. How about you, Eric? What would you give? It? I, I like the art in this issue, even though the story's garbage. I'm going to give it a 4.5 because while we while we bitch about the idea that Flash has to have all of this recap, it's never the entire issue though, because this issue is so forced yeah. to give you recap on things. Like we said, the clip show idea, while telling us a story that's based on a story that happened at the beginning, I'm like. There's That's nothing the problem, really yeah. original about this whole thing except for the idea that Amanda Waller has a brain bomb and Rick Flagg might get his comeuppance for what happened to him before. But that's yeah. the interesting idea. The way we get there, though, is complete and utter garbage. I agree. Not nonsense. Garbage. So, so the, recap, the, recap, the recap is nonsense because it's not recapped as useful. Oh, we don't no. say nonsense. Yeah. Story. Yeah. I'm sorry. We didn't tell yeah. you. We say they <laughs> garbage now. Whatever, whatever it is, though, it, it's, it's – you know, it's the only thing that matters is their relationship to Amanda Waller. Clearly, so yeah. re- recapping the time that Killer Croc vomited, who the fuck no. cares? You it's know? supposed it's to be. A, it's, uh, you know, this is the. You remember know, when uh, Eric joke, said folks, that Rick Flag gets his comeuppance? That was cool. That was right. cool. Uh, that was, yeah, it's nonsense. It's and there you go. I said it, Reggie. Lake you, you threw it. It's like our bosh because yeah, you're recapping non recaps. You know, I don't need to remember because if you were there, we laugh then. If you weren't yeah. just saying this is where I threw up, that doesn't. It's, it's not, not useful to the story. It's, it's not right. a joke. It's not driving the no. narrative. You know what I mean? It's like there's something happening here, and this that isn't it's it. Driving so. me insane. Uh, I I want to give something. I need a book to at least be a 5.6. That's all I'm asking this week. I'm not asking much. I really need a book to be a 5.6. Maybe the next one. What is it, Reggie? Because it's not a 5.6. Plastic Man, number six, written by Gail Simone, art by Adriana Mello and Kelly Fitzpatrick. And uh, I just want to try out a new, I made a brand new song for this. Let me try it out. Pay those swackatoon swackatoon pay those swackatoon 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 pay those swackatoon 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 pay those swackatoon. I'm gonna cough now. I liked it. I would have liked to have banjo accompany that would you know. I'm slapping. You can hear me slap on my knees. There you go. I like that. Eric, you play the spoons. Can He's snapping. Uh, I, I don't believe in spoons. <laughs> when it uh, a tune. Thank God it's all movie one time. It's told me there is no spoon, and I took it to heart. Oh, oh, that's spoon why you man never would be eat, very never eat pissed soup at you. Anymore. Soup's the devil's <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> he eats soup with a fork. He, he is a crazy man. Yeah. yeah they, here we go. And this is a book that I was I, I bailed on at issue two. I said that it was not for me. I didn't think it was going anywhere. I I thought that it was, you know, just not good. And it's, it never got good. It it really hasn't. I, uh, I actually didn't get angry at this issue, uh, but possibly because it was over. Uh, Maybe it was just because it was ending and I just want to get it done. This was a very big miss for Gail Simone that you said earlier, Reggie. Uh, I like Gail Simone. I like a lot of books she's doing. I'm reading Domino now, and I know a lot of people throw shade at that book. look at me. I'm Jim. I'm reading Domino. Look at me. Oh, my. I'm (laughs) reading Domino. But no, I, I like it. I like her writing. Uh, I think she's a very nice woman on uh, Twitter. I don't want to uh, offend uh, her. I think that she's I, – I actually just think she's a good person. I think she's a good writer. This book is like garbage. It, it, there was no reason for it. It seems to me that a lot of problem that DC's having lately, and we've mentioned this before, but I will mention it 
at least 700 more times that DC is more about the concept of a book and not what the book is then going to be. It's, hey, you know what? We need a Plastic Man book. Get Gail Simone and get on it. And then she just has to write it. This couldn't have been the story that was presented. I don't know that a lot of times DC goes with the treatments. I'm doing air quotes. Of, uh, hey, impress me with what you want to do with the character. It's not enough to just have a Plastic Man book. People like Plastic Man enough. I think that people are a little bit too gaga about him. Uh, like <laughs> it, I, I really think that it's kind of like a false thing where they gaga. think I, uh, yeah, it's gaga, but then it ends up being caca. Well, I, well, I really think a lot of it is but, that the idea is that people saw, you know, and referenced a bunch of times in metal kind of thing. We yeah. hadn't had him in a long time, and they're told how cool he is without That's knowing anything I'm about saying. him. So when they are presented with him, like, man, this is the best thing ever. This plastic again, man is great. I'm like, you ain't seen shit for this no, plastic man. Again. Go back and read some older you, stuff. You know who else it happens with? Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Everybody yeah. hears how wacky he is and how crazy and great he is, and then he shows up in Batman doesn't even follow any rules that would be him and is pretty much a sociopath this is the best booster gold I've ever read it's because you haven't Sounds read like a any young others Jim Warner when he read and about Bizarro. well yeah yeah, but at least that was a good story. <laughs> and with this, though, there are cool characters. There are really cool. But wait and go read and and don't just accept it because it's that character. Don't just say, right. oh, because people want to keep telling me that this is a hilarious book, that this book is hitting on all cylinders of laughter and humor. It's not. It really isn't. It is a wreck. It doesn't know what it's doing. You have Man, 18 so different stories going all over the place. And at the end, you repeat that so wang nonsense that I was mad at in the first issue. Now, <laughs> Pado is the best character in the it book. Is. Pado and Plastic Man's interaction is the best yeah, part of this book. my favorite thing that has maintained throughout. And it like, yes. even that doesn't feel like it's completely tied up no. by the end. Like, you know, we had like pretty much we're at the same situation that we had with Pato ends, you know, Plastic Man at the end of issue number three, and then we just get back to the idea, like, you know what, getting rid of you is wrong, you know, back to what we've had before. And even that is that this whole idea that we have these six-issue minis, which are fun concepts. You could tell a contained story, yeah. but nobody wants to play by these rules anymore. Hey, I've got a story. I'm given six issues. I'm not going to do that because maybe if this takes off, I can do more. So I'm going to spend yeah, most of this. Um, it's never going to end. Setting up stuff for maybe a future story that may or may not never happen. Tell a goddamn story. Yeah. That this is this is the problem of a movie just being made to get the sequel. You have to have the movie hit first. I mean, that's number one. That's the most important thing. Yeah, at the end, if you want to have a twist at the last page, still infuriate you. But if it's good enough and the story goes, there is no reason why Plastic Man cannot, you know, it would continue. If this sold 80,000, you know, you have White Knight. That book ended. It's sure. done. It was a hit, so there will be a sequel. You don't need to base the whole concept to set up said sequel. It, just write a good story and you will get a sequel. And it is infuriating that a lot of these things, what we're told is big events, crossovers, you know, all these things end up with just a the end. It just a dun, when dun, is it going to stop? Man. I mean, so then basically you're telling everyone <laughs> – you know, don't bother buying it every month. Just hang tight because we're going to be well, here just throwing I, shit out all the time. We're using the sixth issue to finish up that whole secret cabal storyline that was presented to us because we we dealt with a lot with Lady Granite. That's going to be our big cliffhanger to move into the possible next story. But the secret cabal 
was given to us. We thought it was fake, found out it was real. But by the end, it's pretty much you do your thing, I do my thing. Thing, I'll leave you alone, and nothing is resolved with this whole idea. So it was like, the it's most even a non-ending fucking shit. I, the whole thing was nothing. I don't, I don't really yeah. even understand. Like when when they get done to it, Doctor Psycho's like, oh well, you know, I sent that Derlin out to to, yeah, to kill Derlin, just to fuck Ruin with him, like, name. like yeah. just to just to just to mess with him. And I guess that's why the three guys from Secret Six were out to assassinate him. And it's just yeah. like he's just been like the 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 first of all. He, he negated the need for the entire rest of the cabal as if that needed to be yeah. said, except for the action scene. It was all Dr. Psycho's doing primarily. And, uh, you know, he could have just, you know, yeah. did, so all the, all of the things in this book, including like the capturing of Pedo Saskatoon or Swakatoon, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All just to fuck with Plasman, just to mess with his mind. And I'm like, no, that is one of the biggest cop out literary fucking bullshit things yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, uh, even Obscura's connection to this and what Obscura is in the first yeah. place, not really dealt with. It's kind of tough no, to decide because everything's over now. Yeah, yeah, that's it's yeah, and that's I mean, there's not much to say about it. You end up with Pedo with Plastic Man, but uh, the big thing was the you know the mystery of how uh, somebody was impersonating Plastic Man it ends up being a Turlin. It might as well have been yeah, Clayface. Yeah, if, if Clayface isn't around, it's a Turlin. So there you go. And yeah, you have Doctor Psycho. And I mean, if you remember the, when this series started, there had been two murders ascribed yeah. to Plastic Man. I don't think there's been another one since. No, no. Right? I mean, well, remember when they wrote JLA on the wall yeah. in blood? That, that was the first one. Like that, that went out the window. Like, what yeah. was that all about? Nothing. Yeah. It was all. Nothing. It was all to fuck with Plastic Man's mind, bro. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was these guys who were, you know, in the same gang as Elo O'Brien, trying to ruin the good name of Plastic Man. But why did anybody know that Elo O'Brien was Plastic Man, or why you would make the connection, or even go after those gang members? Well, I don't know. But I think yeah. it turned out didn't turn out that JLA was a Derlin writing being mistaken for the letters JLA. Yeah, I I don't know. I, anyway, it, it, it was really bullshit. Uh, I was so disappointed. You know, yeah. my main what I what I think the problem with this book overall is that we essentially chased four long form stories, almost you know at, at an equal pace down six issues, and it was just too much shit, too much like yeah. external bullshit, and that whole Lady Granite thing. That's the biggest disappointment. Every issue we had a little bit, you know, a little bit more with her, a little bit more what that's going on, and that becomes the cliffhanger for the series. Yeah. Well, and but the thing is, Lady Granite seems like that's an old school of Plastic yes. Man. Yes. And Bill, yeah. so the idea of recreating her origin for a new continuity—that's cool. If especially if you want to go forward with some kind of Plastic Man, you re like reinvent the character, kind of like we had with the backups of Shazam in the early days of the Justice League in the New Fifty Two, where you dealt with the origin of Shazam there and Black Adam himself and everything like Mister Mind, Doctor Savannah going forward. Here you have the idea to—you can recreate this old villain to see her again later, where it makes sense instead of all these writers who want to just take stuff and say, "Oh, this has been here all along, even though you've never seen it," because it's all continuity. This yeah. is even better, but you spend all this time to do it and never see it. It's a cliffhanger for something that may There's never no happen. It's a secret that cabal much. that isn't anything either. I mean, if they—if they had made it one scene in issue five or in issue six, like you know what I mean, a little teaser that—that that, so that we know that in Plastiman world. Lady Granite exists, I might have been like, all right, that's cool. We spent so much time every issue dealing with her whole transformation and never got any real payoff that we wanted to see. I mean, to me, that was the unkindest thing of this whole series. That was an absolute bait-and-switch bullshit. That's all it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Draw you in thinking you're going to see something and you never fucking see it. 
And uh, that is why I call this entire series an absolute ripoff, and I had no other choice but to give it a fuck fuck you five. I am actually going to go against my 5.5s, and I'm going to go fuck you five as well. I could go Whoa. lower if I was just going to go lower, but I'll just go fuck yeah. you five. I'd probably I give said, it a four in reality. Yeah, I think reality, I'd give it a three five. I, I just, and I was done before, though, so I'm just along for the ride. That's just me. Hey, Drive man, aside, you, Jimmy. Bro. Plastic Man's my co-pilot. But what would you <laughs> give it, Eric? My favorite part about this series was the connection between Plastic Man and Pato, and I actually don't think there was a really great conclusion to it. It's just that, you know, I swear I won't give you away. I can mean it. Sure, do. You can be my psychic. That's the conclusion out of nowhere. Everything else was bullshit. I'm saying that conclusion doesn't seem good enough for what it was leading up to that. It just kind of feels forced to be forced because this is issue number six. Everything else is nonsense, and I hate everything a part of it, which really disappoints me because I really had high hopes for Plastic Man. Even the idea of Lady Grant, I'm like, this could be really cool. It never came to be that, so I'm very upset. So I've been getting a lot of just plain fives, not fuck you fives, up until this point. This is a fuck you five. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. But, Reggie, what are you going to talk to Chris about now? We're going to talk about The House of Whispers number three. The House of I hope I hope it's better than plastic. Is it whispering? Please. Get out. Get out. Get out. Yes. Whisper. Whisper indeed. But I hope that it's good because I need something. I need to listen to something that's positive. It's, but we're gonna... it's a little better. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go off to that now and then we'll be back with, I believe, some rant and rave. to the Sandman Universe segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one book for you this week. It is House of Whispers number three by Nalo Hopkinson, Dominique Domo-Stanton, and John Rauch. Rauch? Rauch. I'm not even sure I'm saying Dominique Domo-Stanton correct, so (laughs) uh, I apologize to everyone in the world. So it is summertime in the dreaming and the living is easy, Chris. Madam Azruli and uh, some pirate lady with a unicorn horn are sitting at a small outdoor table, drinking lemonade or some kind of soft drink, smoking cheroots. Uh, you know what cheroots are? Isn't that like an unwrap? Like it's an unwrapped cigar or something? It's something like that. Yeah, it's 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 like it's like just tobacco in a chunk. Just like up. stuffed yeah. in a in a Bible page or something. You know, it's like <laughs> down and dirty as you can get it. Uh, but actually, the pirate lady, it turns out she's actually eating the truth. Chewing on also, it, yeah. So I don't know what that's really all about. Uh, Kane is on bended knee, returning as Ruli's shattered mirror to her. Uh, he's fixed it for her. And in the background, Abel is rebuilding as Ruli's shattered houseboat. Uh, but she looks really pissed off this whole time, even while Kane supplicates himself to her, as Ruli's thinking the rudest thoughts about him, like very violent, rude thoughts, and we can read them yeah. in the captions, and they're, like, pretty crazy. She wants to really mess him up. Uh, Mervin, the pumpkinhead, strolls over to complain some more about everything, like he always does. He <laughs> refers to the neighborhood. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what he says, yeah. He refers to Ezruli and her entourage as you people, but only incenses Ezruli more, as you might imagine. Uh, holding her fixed mirror, her reflection becomes more and more monstrous as she speaks aloud the things she wants to do, her rage, and how she wants to basically rip people limb from limb, 
Uh, then her pirate friend suggests she takes a chill pill, and that makes Ezruli grab a shard from the mirror's face and stab her in the hand, and the pirate shoves Ezruli into some nearby bayou water. Yes, which uh, actually calms her down a little bit. And in the water, she grabs a little power from Alta Boy. <laughs> and that's uh, one of her devoted people that are still looking for her in the real world. Uh, this power is enough for Ezruli to turn into a mermaid. Then our friend King Monday, in the guise of a crocodile in a top hat, attacks her. Four other crocodile pals manipulate the water around King Monday to calm him down. Over on the shore, Shaq Panna, that's our steampunk pal there. Right. He's uh, giving his Ruli's pirate buddy various fatal and gross diseases until Aunt Ruli tells him to knock it off. Uh, she withdraws that shard of mirror that she shoved into the pirate's hand, and uh, together with King Monday, they have just enough power to heal it. Yeah, and King Monday actually, he tells, he directs some, I don't even know, looks like a, a zombie or something to, to get various items. It's not just magic wooshy wooshy. They have to like create a poultice and it's uh, more it's alchemy. Yeah, yeah it's more yeah. alchemical than that. Uh, also, Shaq Prada, don't forget, he's like the deity of culling the herd of like, you know, reducing the human population. So having that power makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, at this point, as really grabs Shaq Prada says she doesn't trust him. He needs to take a bath in those calming waters. Uh, but he says, I just had one last month. Actually, he doesn't, but he is recalcitrant to do it. Uh, then Gold, even Goldie, the cute baby gargoyle, is in a snit. You know, the one that uh, looks like it's from a Pogo cartoon. Yeah. Uh, what has really shows Goldie its reflection in the now somehow fixed mirror. I don't know why. This mirror seems to be fixed and broken whenever it feels like. Within, within Between panels, yeah. Between panels. I mean, she just ripped a shard out and stabbed her friend, but now it's fine. But uh, Goldie looks like a beastly, um, monstrous gargoyle. Uh, on the way to give Goldie, giving Goldie and Shaq Pan a healing dip in the water, uh, the gang bumps into some of those floating ghosts of Latoya and Maggie. And then they chat them up for a while and move on. Uh, all of a sudden, Ma- Madame Azruli transforms into her sister self, Azruli Dentor. Didn't know she had a sister self, but that's, uh, nope. that's cool. This uh, Azruli Dentor is a more slender, fashionable woman, uh, as opposed to Madame Azruli's kind of bohemian look, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, Dentor smokes a clay pipe and kind of wears a body wrap and like a head wrap. <clears throat> so I'm not sure what that implies, but that seems like a new thing. So everyone in attendance seems fine with this transformation. They start <laughs> praising her immediately. They're like, Dentor is really Dentor. And uh, she, the mother protectress, as she says she is, she's much more proactive about bathing Shaq Pana and Goldie. She just shoves them right into the water outright. Yes. We jump over to New Orleans, where our human friends LaToya and Maggie are in a shower together. And uh, they're getting busy uh, downstairs. Uh, <laughs> flap, flap, flap. A little, what is that sound effect? Let's not, let us not surmise what the, what was happening in there. <laughs> it took me out of the story because I'm trying to picture how this could even be a thi- flap. The mysteries of <laughs> lesbian sex are <laughs> multifold and many, so let's not, let's not concern ourselves with that. It's true. <laughs> now, as she's flapping away, LaToya says she doesn't feel anything. And uh, she's not just speaking sexually. She's talking about anything. She doesn't feel anything at all. She can't taste food. Uh, life just really doesn't have any meaning. meaning yeah. uh, because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're dead. They're so dead. That, that might just uh, stand to reason. That did kind of take the uh, fun out of life, was dying. Um, 
So Maggie convinces Latoya, let's head out to a cemetery, which uh, should really lighten the mood, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, There, as Ruli's three husbands show up in their ghostly form, remember, this is the guy in the Napoleon costume, the tribal guy, and the three-headed snake. Uh, the, the Napoleon can sniff out that they're involved in the appearance of uh, Ezruli somehow, but he wonders where their souls are. And then at the end, on Bourbon Street, Latoya runs around touching people, making them pass out and maybe die? Like like that same maybe. walking death yeah. that Maggie and Latoya have? It's unclear, because some of them seem to wake up and say, I just died, and some of them wake up and they're just like... Whoa, dude! You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it does, it's, it's, another I'm, plane. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that did, but I ho- hopefully we'll find out about that uh, soon or next issue would be hopefully preferable. Uh, what did <laughs> you think of this one here, Chris? Uh, I didn't hate it, uh, mm. but it, it it does feel kind of weak. Um, I really couldn't get excited about it. Uh, we were talking a little off the air that whenever we read one of these things, it's always the more mundane things that I, I really dig. Usually, yeah. Uh, which would have been Latoya and Maggie's scene, right. but it didn't do much for me here. Um, and and actually, even the unmundane scenes didn't do a whole lot for me either. Mm. Uh, I think uh, some of it was necessary just to get us from point A to B, but I don't know that we needed an entire issue where just so little happened. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little in terms of action for sure. It's a lot of like uh, information about characters, and like you yeah. know, for example, we learned that as Ruli has a sister has self, a soul and, sister, and yeah. So there's, there's a healing factor there, and there's other things kind of coming to light about uh, that character and and the world she inhabits, but nothing really to hang your hat on where you can say, yeah. oh, A, then B, then C, have. you know, when as when as Ruli sure. gets an itch, she turns into Mistress, uh, the other one, the Den- Denton. Den- yeah. Dentor. Uh, we don't know why that happened. We don't know what that means. We don't know how that, what does that, you know, <laughs> what does that mean? How does that change things? I'm, yeah. I'm unclear about that at this point, except that she seems a little more kind of together. Uh, for for me, I liked a lot of the things happening in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the idea of like these calming waters, and uh, you know, having to shove Shakpana in there. I like Shakpana giving diseases as like you know revenge for his aunt. Uh, I even like the sister self change. I just don't know what any of it means. And as as we've said in the beginning, I'm not. I'm making a point until issue six. I'm not doing any research. I'm letting the book. Tell me everything I need to know. As it should. As it should. And, uh, you know, not knowing everything immediately is not a problem, you know. But if they don't get to explaining a little (laughs) little more clearly what's happening, um, it's going to really fall apart for me. Like I said, you know, like the husbands thing was done well. Sure. You know, they explained that she had husbands, then we met them. And, like, yeah, we realized that they're freaky monster husbands but we we got a clue you know what i mean like what what sure. that means we know why they're yeah we yeah. know who they are who they are that they they they're attached to her and stuff like that so i hope we get more yeah. more info like that sure and it's good that they they showed up here i mean they're still trying to search for her which mm. is what what they you know should be doing i guess because that's that's kind of the point of them being around i guess although i wonder in her dentor form is she married to them I, we don't know you know what i mean that's true it's another uh, question but you know, like I say, like I, I, I like a lot of the the ooky, conceits, ooky, yeah. spooky, ethereal conceits. Just like you, though, I'm not really invested in the mortal story at all. Yeah, uh, it seems like there's nothing there. You know what I mean? Like, 
uh, I don't really dislike or really like the characters of Maggie and Latoya. No. They just sort of exist, and um, them being dead, but uh, I'm but not still walking. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, voodoo is is a strong tradition in in Creole countries, so maybe that's what we're looking at. But could be. I just don't know what the, what it means and what 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 the stakes are here. So uh, it's kind of have problems. Uh, on the side, I must have been feeling real good after I read this one. <laughs> Because I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I think I would probably, uh, in real reality, come down at least to a 7, probably a 6.5. It's not not feeling like this is garbage, but feeling like it, need, it needs to give us some uh, pointers, a direction, and then uh, you know, sure. see, we'll see what's happening. What about you? I'd go 6.5, yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah, I, I do see it as a, a little bit of a net negative. Not bad, but uh, it, it just feels like... We spent time reading this, and <laughs> we're yeah. not really anywhere else. Well, I mean, anywhere ahead of the game. Hopefully, next issue or in a very you know soon co- an issue that's coming soon, there'll be a huge payoff. And then I hope and so. We'll be uh, like, oh wow, that's the, this issue's an eight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this, this answered everything. This is great. Uh, I just hope that next issue, because issue four of any arc is usually the hey, let's recap what we've is, learned so I know, far. I know. So I hope that this bucks the trend and actually moves us forward a little bit. I hope so too. I mean, to be honest, we're not. We don't know for sure. This is really going to even move in six issue arcs. We just for assume because sure. it's comics. That's what <laughs> in they 2018, do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that was it, though. Really, that's that was a pretty short issue in terms of uh, just breaking down the things that happened in it. There were some cool exchanges between people, but uh, nothing we haven't really seen to this point before. Sure. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking in my mind of like Ezruli and Shakpana and their relationship, which is sort of like she's obviously you know breaking his balls and stuff, and uh, a little bit, a little bit about King Monday and you know his role as a deity. But anyway. Uh, yeah, we need more. We need more we of it. We need more information, and I hope that this uh, spikes up instead of trend keeps trending downward. What about uh, yeah. next week? We have a good we, one. We do. We have Lucifer number two, and uh, I believe we've actually got it in our hot little hands right we now. We do so, have uh, it. It is available right this second for us to look at, so you could uh, get, form your thoughts about it. Next week is mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving weekend here in the United States of America, so... Uh, probably will be reading that earlier than you planned. Oh yeah, yeah we're gonna have to <laughs> for sure. But uh, that one steps up a great deal than than th- it was last. Th- time. This could be this be- could be a great opportunity to do exactly what we're saying though. If that if that could yeah. clarify a lot of the open questions of the last issue, we could end up hit the ground running and really get on board with this. So uh, whatever, I haven't looked at it yet, so I couldn't tell you. But no. <laughs> um, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Anything else for? That'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it dreamily. Flap, flap, flap. Is it time? Is it that time again? Is it really that time? Yes! Yes, it is that time, ladies and gentlemen. It is that time again. It's time for... The Orlando Zone. Yes, 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 that's that's quite enough of that. All right, all right, calm down. Calm down, goodness me. 
Calm down. Anyway, here we are again with another another edition of the Orlando Zone. Uh, welcome. Uh, I am your host, Jeremy, and we're here to talk about Electric Warriors, issue one. As a child, you would wait and watch from far away. You always knew that you'd be the one to work while they all play. And you, you'd lay awake at night and scheme of all the things that you would change, but it was just a dream. Electric Warriors issue number one is written by Steve Orlando, with art by Travel Foreman. Colors are by Hi-Fi. Letters are by Travis Lanham. It's published by DC Comics. And the price is $3.99. Well, I've been wanting something like this for a while. For too long, the rebirth of DC has seemed to me to have a fairly narrow focus on a relatively small core of characters and the more obscure corners of the DC universe have remained unexplored. But no longer. Unlike the Electric Warrior title of the late 80s, Electric Warriors is in continuity, and might end up bridging the gap between the DC universe of the present and its curiously legion of superheroes' empty far future. Crikey! Buckle up, pilgrims, it's going to be a bumpy ride. And we know it's going to be a bumpy ride because it is written by, of course, Steve Orlando. Uh, This... This issue is not great. Let's say what happens in the issue first, uh, and then we'll talk about why uh, I have come to the conclusion that it is not great. Uh, Basically, you've got um, a setting in the 28th century. It is is set on Earth, primarily. Uh, This is an Earth that is uh, very different uh, from the Earth that we know, fairly obviously. for reasons that I'm still not 100% clear on, uh, Orlando, and I assume he has the authority of DC, although who knows, really? <laughs> who knows whether whether DC Comics know or even care about what Steve Orlando is doing in this book? I, I'm going to assume that they do, that they have actually uh, given him the permission to do this. Uh, he has set this, this book in a time after uh, The Great Disaster, which is uh, a key sort of fundamental part of the law of Commandi. Now, traditionally, and those of you who who know more about such things, please feel free to correct me because uh, I'm not an expert by by any means on this. But my understanding is is that initially, uh, Commandi was seen as an alternate future. Uh, my feeling has always been, and, I, and I've, I've not really read a lot of Commandy. I read read most of the Commandy Challenge. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into that right now. Um, and I've read a few of the the original uh, issues as well. My feeling has always been that um, Commandy has been set in the far future, and, and and what I mean by that is is sort of a, you know the Legion of Superheroes is set. Uh, a thousand years into the future 
I always thought that Commandy was set considerably further along even than that. Um, my understanding is 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 that is that in any case it's always been seen as an alternate future, not a not a, a sort of a canonical future, as it were. That clearly is changing, and and by bringing, I mean, by my reckoning, the great disaster uh, must happen round about sort of the twenty third, twenty fourth century. I, I mean, look, it, it, it's certainly possible. It, it, you know, I mean, it's sci-fi at the end of the day, and it's comic sci-fi at that. So, so it certainly is possible for for it to, you know, for 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 the various kind of. Uh, Disasters that and uh, that that have that have kind of befallen mankind that that mankind is kind of being is being kept on reservations and all that kind of stuff um, and, and you've got these kind of highly evolved um, sort of various tribes of of animal life sort of existing as well and and kind of essentially ruling the earth between them. <clears throat> uh, that's all fine. I kind of like that. I, I, I suppose it, I suppose it, it can take place that early in the continuity. Uh, the problem I've always had, the problem I have with that is, is, is that traditionally uh, the Legion of Superheroes has just kind of never really referenced that. But I, but I suppose obviously we're in sort of reboot territory here at this point anyway. So I guess that doesn't really matter. I guess what I'm trying to say is th- that's a big thing. It's a big thing for me, and it's a big thing for anybody who. Uh, like the original Commandy series, or anybody who likes the the Legion of Superheroes continuity, which is, uh, you know, which does have a significant following, and of course, one of the big things that we can say about about Rebirth is that we have not had a uh, a Legion of Superheroes title. Uh, it, it feels to me. I mean, I, I've read some of the New Fifty Two Legion, and which is which is is not great largely because of of the kinds of stories that paul levitz chose to tell and the way that he chose to tell them um but but there's there's a there's a kind of sense that the dc doesn't quite know what to do with the legion Uh, maybe this is part of of a lead up to to something more um more definite uh i don't know we'll we'll just have to see but it but it's kind of jarring uh so you've got this um this world in which humans uh, have recently been uh, released from their reservations and have been been allowed to essentially enjoy the same rights as uh, as the animal men uh, have have been. Um, so you got you got the different tribes and the human beings kind of coexisting and kind of trying to deal with with kind of living together. Um, that's what's happening on Earth. There's also uh, the issue of, of Earth rejoin, and that, that's an interesting because it, it says rejoining the United Planets, which is which is interesting because it suggests that they've already been past the United Planets. So, so there's what I'm trying to say is there's a heck of a lot of history has gone on in in the intervening time between 21st century Earth, which is where we are, and 28th century Earth, which is which is where this this is set on i'm not saying that that's impossible i'm just saying it's it's there's a lot to cram in there a, a lot of significant stuff to cram in uh, anyway uh, after the great disaster obviously earth presumably stopped because i mean i'm saying presumably because it's not spelled out which is <laughs> which is something you'll hear me say quite a lot uh, today um 
it's not spelled out in the comic book, but the um, presumably the the Earth after the Great Disaster was uh, was kicked out of the United Planets because it's a disaster, and uh, and now they're, they're they're seeking to be allowed back in. Uh, in order to do that, uh, they have to uh, kind of uh, acquiesce to this sort of. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like a, a gladiatorial uh, combat uh, that takes the place of diplomacy. So, so rather than having, and this is a fairly, uh, this is a fairly kind of standard idea in in, in futuristic sci-fi. That rather than than fighting wars, you you fight them in the arena. Uh, using chosen champions, and everybody kind of agrees with that. And it's the Gildishban who have. Um, who have set this up. Now, they are a uh, a bona fide Legion of Superheroes race. They're an aquatic race. Uh, memory serves me correctly, there was an ambassador from Gildishpan uh, for the United Planets in some of the stories in the Levitt's Giffen run that I read. And I think I'm right in saying that there may have been a Gildishpan Legionnaire, but I, I could be wrong about that. But in any case, they're, 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 a, they're a fairly kind of well-known and, and, and well-recognised uh, <laughs> to Legion fans, at any rate, uh, alien race. And they, they've set up this uh, these these combats. So basically, you've got, you've got a single champion is chosen from each uh, each planet, to receive this electric seed, and this electric seed basically uh, transforms uh, the individual warrior, uh, gives him or her powers uh, of one kind or another, uh, and uh, and obviously gives him or her the wherewithal to fight in the arena. So far, so good. On Earth, uh, the people of Earth has, have decided to split the seed in two. Uh, so they'll have two champions. The Gildishpan have, have allowed this. And they have uh, decided to give a seed to a human and a seed to uh, a non-human. So uh, the non-human is an octopus called Kana. She's an oct- uh, obviously a sort of super-evolved octopus. Uh, she's pretty cool, actually. I, I, I quite like her as a character. I think, I think Orlando does a, does a reasonably good job with... Uh, with with this, uh, the other one is uh, is a chap called Oscar Navarro, um, who uh, has kind of accepted his his fate. Uh, his hot headed brother, who looks very similar to him, is is not happy about that. And during the course of the story, he uh, basically uh, hires uh, a couple of thugs to accost his brother. So that he can take, uh, he can take his place, because he looks like him. There's a number of things to say about this, I suppose. The the obvious thing is that uh, if the Gildishpan's uh, security uh, relies purely on uh, on facial recognition, they're a bit crap. Um, why there can't be sort of um, more sort of specific, more thorough. Uh, tests to determine the identity of the uh, of the chosen warriors, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, it's glossed over. Um, I guess if I'm being if I'm being charitable, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, 
it's just the problem is it's just it it's this is this is a comic book where um that is one of a number of things that 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 kind of raise their head uh about this comic and make you make you question the setup and make you question what's going on uh so that is that is an issue uh but anyway that that's that's essentially what happens and then this 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 issue is primarily concerned with setting all that up and and playing out the uh ian pretending to be oscar uh plot um which is fine i, I mean i mean to be honest with you, that that is pretty much it that's what that's what happens in in the story now that, that yeah there's there are several scenes i mean i mean uh, what the, the, there's a number of things that are kind of interesting about this I, first of all travel foreman's art is is really is really very good and 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 i'm i'm enjoying it um Orlando has decided to to split up the issue into six, I think it's six, chapters and an epilogue. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, and, I, and I kind of like the sort of... It, 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 there's a part of me that, that, that quite likes the kind of... The, the formal nod to that structure. You know, so it's chapter one, chapter two. So every scene gets a, gets a different chapter. And, and I, I, I kind of like that, actually. Actually, I, I do. I do like that. Um... The problem is, <laughs> the problem is, is just the dialogue, and 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 the fact that, and and I, and, I, and I I'm almost inclined not to blame Orlando for this because because I think this is a uh, this is something to do with the way comics are told right now, and I and I think it's a real issue actually. I, I I've said this before on the site. And on my own side, uh, that I I'm a big fan of third person narration. Now I I, I totally get and totally recognise and totally understand that it's not everybody's cup of tea. And I think one of the one of the main problems with third person narration is it's a lot of the time it's heavy handed. A lot of the time it is um, it's melodramatic and it pulls you out of the story. I I, I get all of that. This is a comic book that could really do with with uh, an omniscient third person narrator just telling us stuff. You, you've you've got quite a complicated setup of uh, you know for for the for this book in terms of the history and and what have you of it. Instead of just kind of giving it to us. You know, or having—I mean, look, there are there are ways of doing this. You could have had you could have had uh, one of the characters attend a history class. You could have had uh, you could have had uh, one character teach another character something. You know, Ian, for example, who's sort of our protagonist, uh, who's kind of hot-headed and he's a he's a human rights guy. He's uh, He's he's not happy about about the animals kind of having this sort of prejudice against uh, against human beings and, and what have you. That uh, that is, you know he could you, you could have given him a younger character who who is kind of you know ha- has kind of been told the official history if you like, which which Ian then gets to challenge. That that could have been quite interesting. That that could have been quite good. But but in, instead, what you get is you get characters kind of kind of blurting blurting kind of snippets of of important stuff at one another, 
and even even the octopus girl does it. <laughs> you know, even the octopus girl does it, and I'm like, oh god, no. Um, and, and they just just kind of kind of shout or speak, uh, sort of plot background at one another, and it it's very wordy. It's not very uh, exciting, uh, and it and it just it pulls you out of the story all the time because what you end up with is you end up with a bunch of information being presented to you as the reader, and you don't get. Uh, or at least you don't get sufficient sense of the individual character who's who's speaking this because ultimately their voice their voice uh is is kind of submerged beneath this 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 welter of information that they have to get across and i think that's there's there's real issues there right let's get into some specifics the opening scene is of ian having been mistaken for his brother uh fighting uh an animal man he's he's walked past well he's uh, it's a bit more than that he's he's gone past a uh he's walked past a uh, an animal only bar so 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 you get this kind of feeling of right okay we we're, we're kind of in sort of civil rights kind of territory here which, which is okay and ian is this kind of angry angry human uh who seems to spend most of his time going around picking fights with large animal men uh which which i think is a really stupid thing to do so the 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 first thing the first kind of thing that you you encounter here is is the the person who's clearly meant to be the hero of the of the tale uh being stupid and and being belligerent and being a bit ridiculous then you have to get well one fi- one other thing I, w- I will say just very quickly is that at times it feels like you're in a Hanna-Barbera book and I'm telling you now that is not a good thing so if you're reading this and you're looking at sort of you know a human character interacting with kind of anthropomorphized animals uh and you're thinking oh this is a bit like uh this is a this is a bit like the Snagglepuss Chronicles uh, th- th- there's a part of your brain going no and kind of just recoiling in in horror from that because because nobody wants that no, nobody nobody wants that no nobody anybody who has been who has read rough and ready or uh the snagglepuss chronicles or even dastardly and mutley which i quite enjoyed but you you just don't want to go back there you know what i'm saying so so, so you're there and you're seeing you know a lion man grabbing uh, a human being by the jacket and it, it's like I, I just, I'm having, I'm having flashbacks here. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, this is what you get. Do you want some dialogue? Oh yes, Let, let's have some. Di- I mean, travel performance art's really good. It's so good. This, this, uh, this lion man looks incredibly annoyed. I personally, I personally would be, would be terrified if, if I saw that. It's, it really is quite frightening. Anyway, he's uh, he's screaming at uh, at Ian. Not that he thinks it's Ian. He thinks it's Oscar. What the hell are you doing here? And Ian's first lines are, "I'm fighting." Now, here's the thing. I know what I know. What Orlando's doing? Oh, <laughs> sorry. How how who am I? Right? Who am I 
to 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 seek to divine the mind of Steve Orlando. I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I've I've committed a tremendous faux pas there. I'm very sorry. I think I know what Orlando is doing here. The I'm fighting is clearly kind of it's the first words that the main character says, and it's clearly a statement of of kind of who the character is. He's a fighter. He's a warrior in that sense. I get it. It just doesn't make any sense in the in the context in which it appears. It particularly doesn't make any sense because he uses that. I, I I'm having real difficulty with with this. He's he's using, he uses that opening. I'm fighting to then to then launch in to a uh, to a diatribe. There's no other word for it. A diatribe, an extended kind of haranguing speech about how uh the first you know the first humans fought to get out of the uh get out of the reservations and all this kind of stuff and i'm like oh for crying out loud do you want to hear it let's let's do it i'm fighting like the first of us who fought for the human personhood accords (laughs) fought to tear down the wild human reserve and I'm just going to say this. I, I think Travel Foreman's taking the piss here. He has to be. Because um, th- there's, a, there's a picture of, uh, of human beings in cages. Uh, there's, a, there's a man, a naked man, uh, fighting a, a dog. It's a basset hound with a bloody deer stalker cap on like Sherlock Holmes. What, what the hell? What the hell is that about? Uh, I have no idea. Like, it, it, it's it's just absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And the Lion Man in, in the first panel, absolutely fantastic. But then, but then you've got sort of a human attacking kind of the 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 Basset Hound equivalent of of Sherlock Holmes. I, it's just ridiculous. And now we fight for Earth's electric seed to rejoin the United Planets alongside the beasts who enslaved us. I'm looking for a fight, but if you ask me, that's just being human. Oh dear, it's it's that that's you know just just purely objectively that's that dialogue's not good. Now the Lion Man's got him by the shirt here, and he's had him by the shirt for the last few seconds while he's listened to to Ian waffle on about the personhood accords. And the, the lion goes, Right, I know you. Earth should only have one electric warrior. We animals shouldn't be sharing that power with anyone, especially not the humans chosen you, Oscar, Nav- Oscar Navarro. So he's got his name wrong, because obviously he thinks he's Oscar. Why should we trust an animal with the seed? You abused your power over us for centuries. We signed a personhood accords years ago. You got what you wanted. You sprocking beasts want to talk about history? And he knees the he kicks, actually, sorry, the uh, the lion man in the groin. And there's a, uh, looks like some kind of, I don't know, like a fox lady at the bar uh, behind him, kind of looking alarmed at this. It's it's all just so silly. Um and, and so, so they have a fight. Of course they do. They basically have a bar fight. The bar fight's pretty well realised. And, and Foreman's good. You know, Foreman's really good. Uh, the kind of the fox girl is kind of looking even more alarmed and looking over while Ian picks up a bottle to break over this guy, over this lion man's head. There's another kind of lion man 
um, who gets involved and uh, the art's a little bit off here because uh, in the first uh, panel that you see him, this uh, other lion man is is drinking and sat down drinking at his table uh, and he's got long hair and then in the second panel uh, he's got, sorry, in the third panel he's got shorter hair and then he's back to long hair again but at this point I don't care and neither should you. Uh, they have a fight and that's it we get a then we get a uh we get uh a scene change and we go to the city of Krakonus on the abyssal plain what what i i don't know i don't know just go with it it's fine this is our second electric warrior she is kana and uh she's contemplating um Right, okay, this is another thing we've got here. She's contemplating what she calls the Age of Heroes, and she's looking at symbols of Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, uh, sort of arranged in a kind of uh, a trinity-type pattern around a glowing sun uh, image. And um, her mother is uh, is finding out what's wrong with her, and there's some interesting stuff about how the octop- octopuses... Uh, sort of communicate one another to to one another with light and what have you but because you know this is there's just a massive amount of dialogue here and most of it is is aimed at at filling in background so here we go you care so deeply for our culture it is no surprise you were chosen please speak i've always associated light with the surface with wonder but it could blind me. There is danger there, too. I revere humans, yes. The octopus tribe subjugated Atlanteans and freed them voluntarily, years before the Accords. Their age of heroes inspired us. Superman was not human, but lived among them as equals. I've heard the humans have one of his artifacts. Kal-El united Earth. If humans understood that, they'd never demand we split the electric seed. Our seal is nearly identical to the human seal, yet were we see liberty... They define freedom. We can't agree on a word. How can we stand together? There's some really interesting ideas here, particularly over uh, over sort of the semantics of language, but but they're not they're not they're not they're not treated very cleverly. Um, it's all just kind of laid out there, and um, I mean it, it, it. It's difficult to do this kind of stuff well. I, and, and I admit that I, I'm, I'm not um, uh, I'm not I'm not blind to the to the difficulties in 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 doing this kind of thing that that Orlando is doing. This is a project that uh, seeks to redefine uh, a section of history and and do so in the context of a of an action sci-fi comic. And and I I, I get that. the The problem is is just this is just not very interesting. Um, and you've got interesting ideas, but they're being presented in a, in a in a in a sort of somewhat awkward, uh, rather prosaic way, and and that's that's a problem. The other thing as well is 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 there although they are talking about these things as if they are important aspects of their culture, they don't feel like they are. Um, they don't feel like. Um, I I I I think a cleverer writer, somebody like. Um, 
like Warren Ellis uh, or Grant Morrison or, or even someone like Jeff Lemire would, would do this differently rather than just kind of laying it all out for you. And I think... Uh, it's just it's a shame because because as I said there are some there are some good ideas. The next thing we get is uh, a couple of chapters in which um, uh, in which Ian uh, Ian gets patched up because of course he has come out worse in his fight with the Lion Man, um, and then he goes on to see his uh, his mother and his brother. Uh, we find out that it's. Uh, it's actually his brother who's who's due to go off and be an electric warrior. Um, there's some stuff there about how his brother sees that it's a great honor. Uh, Ian doesn't. Um, there's there's some nice uh, there's some nice art actually depicting uh, some of the combat in the uh, you know between the electric warriors and it, and it is really brutal. There's there's a nice uh, image of a uh, of sort of like a, a winged warrior kind of using its wings to sort of bisect another warrior in two. And I, I quite liked that. Um, so th- there's, there's some interesting stuff going on there. But it, it, again, it's kind of, um, there's a lot of people saying saying stuff to one another that that, that they must surely already know that, that there's a... Uh, there's a sense of kind of people explaining things to people to other uh, people explaining things to other people that those other people should already know. And, and, and it's purely there for the, for the reader. And, and it, and it kind of takes you out of it really, which is a shame. Uh, the, the, the next bit, which, which is genuinely good. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's one of the best moments in the whole, the whole book uh, is when uh, Kana emerges from the sea. This is chapter five, and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful, and and, and I think one of the things uh, that I that I must say, and I think it's a presumably a combination between Travis Lanham and Hi Fi, is uh, is the speech bubbles for the for the octopus people are sort of you know coloured and and just lovely and and sort of different sort of gradations of color it's it's a really really nice uh look and and the color i i, I think the i think the coloring in this book makes it it, it, it to to the extent that it is um to, to the extent that it is successful which which isn't very to be fair but but it, it there are individual pages which look amazing and this is one of them uh where the 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 octopus uh woman kind of comes out of the out of the sea and onto the land and uh she just she just looks great it is just a great moment um you know just genuinely fantastic art so there you go. Uh, then we get the electrogenesis uh, moment, which is where the two heroes um, uh, get transformed, and that's very impressive as well. There's lots of kind of you know uh, electricity, as you might imagine, sort of flying everywhere, uh, which is good. Uh, and then they're kind of they're kind of reborn as electric warriors, and they have their own names: Deep Dweller and Warcry. Uh yeah, uh, that that's okay. Uh then uh they give they give Ian uh his war cry. They they gave they give him Superman's cape, which is kind of 
the symbolism of that is extraordinarily heavy-handed. I, 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 and I can kind of see, I can exactly see where we're going with this, which is that you've got uh, a person who sees difference, sees uh sees the past sees the the kind of injustices of the past can't get over them being given superman's cape and he's going to have to be worthy of it and that means kind of working probably working together with canna uh to represent earth and to save earth in some way and to get over his prejudices and just get on with accepting the fact that we're all one planet and we we need to work together and i, and I can kind of see where that's going that that's okay I, I don't actually have a problem with that provided that it's it's handled reasonably well my, my concern is is that already it's kind of obvious and the symbolism is very heavy-handed um it's steve orlando i i, I don't know what else to say <laughs> if you're looking for subtlety go somewhere else <laughs> Oh dear. Uh anyway, uh, more great artwork. It's nice. But but basically it's just two people uh talking to each other and essentially talking talking nonsense towards one another <laughs> in that typical kind of Steve Orlando way. Uh, it's it's great. Um so the last two pages the last two pages. I, I don't even know what to make of the last two pages. I, I said on Slack earlier... Oh, by the way, uh, thank you to those of you who, uh, who have expressed who expressed an interest or perhaps even a fondness in the, in the Orlando Zone. I think you're insane, but it's nice to have you on board. I particularly want to say thank you to Luke Hollywood, who actually bought a copy of this comic book. For new comic book day, God bless you, Luke Hollywood, and I raise my metaphorical glass to you, sir. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk later. Um, so, our last two pages are. Uh, do you know what? I'll just I'll just read them to you. Uh, there's there's a Gildishpan voice, Kundia, the Vrang fleet, Dominion, Earth, new champions approach, the war grounds are renewed, the challenges continue to accumulate, the season of diplomacy is near, Lord Preceptor. And then we get a non-Gildishpan voice, uh, and you know this because of the way the speech bubbles are done. Uh, and I said this in the review on the site. There is a nice callback, actually, to the way the Gildishpan voices uh, were rendered uh, in the old Legion of Superheroes comics. There's a similar thing going on here with the uh, with the speech bubbles, which is nice. Uh, this and this next speech bubble is normal, though. Uh, how disappointing that Earth took so long pulling itself from, from its great disaster, a wreck of their own stubborn making. Yet the ascent of a world so divided is novel. Earth has always been my project. In fact, much of my early life was spent trying to save it. There would have been no desolation to cry climb from, no novel ascent to make, if they'd just been smart enough to listen to me instead of ignoring. And then we turn over the page and... Uh, the unseen speaker reveals himself to be a bald firestorm and he finishes his dialogue with the phrase the fury of firestorm now, i just wanted want to point out to you right if they'd just been smart enough to listen to me instead of ignoring dot 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 
the fury of firestorm. Uh, what? 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 What are you talking about? The, the fury of firestorm. What, what are people meant to listen to there? You, you don't know, do you? you? It's just because that's what the comic book was called back in the day, and now you're using it again, and it doesn't really make sense with the bit of dialogue that you've just introduced it with. But hey, what the hell? Who cares? You know, the other thing that I don't like about this, it's got Firestorm at the end of it. Why? And here's the thing, right? I like Firestorm. Firestorm is one of my heroes. You know how when, when you... Uh, when you first get into comics, there are certain books that just resonate with you. And uh, Fury of Firestorm was one of them. Uh, th- th- there's a few, actually. Le- the Legion of Superheroes was one. Uh, Jerry Conway's run on Justice League of America was one. And Fury of Firestorm was one. And uh, Conway and initially Pat Broderick and then Rafael Rodriguez uh, did some fantastic stuff. The whole point about Firestorm is that he's a young hero. Um, he is hes like Spider-Man. He has a, a complicated life. Uh, he's in high school. Uh, he shares his, uh, his superhero persona uh, with a disembodied uh, middle-aged physicist. Uh, and that's that's one of the great that's one of the genius things about that that character. You've you've got that tension between those two characters within within the same personality or the same persona, I should say. And that's all cool. Seeing him old like this does nothing for me at all. Uh, Firestorm is one of those characters who should be young and should always be young. And and having him here it, uh, to me it doesn't even make sense. What's he doing there? This is out in deep space somewhere. Uh, he's working with the Gildish Pan. I have no idea. I don't even know why he's still alive. Clearly, he sees himself as either he is the original Firestorm or he, he believes he is. What's what's going on here? Is one of the most annoying reveals. And and you're meant to, you're clearly meant to. You're clearly meant to go, ooh, it's Firestorm. Ooh, how cool is that? Go away. <laughs> Just just go away. This is a character who right now should have his own book. Okay? Please don't, please don't, don't pretend that him appearing here at the end of this issue is somehow great. It isn't. It's a freaking travesty. He should have his own book. He should be a young man. He should, he should, he should be, he should actually be, right? He should be, I don't know, DC's answer to miles morales or, or or something along those lines he he there is actually a gap in in the in in dc comic books right now for precisely this kind of character and 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 you and you're saying right okay oh here he is in in the 28th century oh go away go away anyway there you go issue number one uh, it, it, it was <sighs> There were good bits. Okay, good bits. The art's great. Uh, the dividing it up uh, explicitly into chapters, I really liked. Uh, the background's really interesting. Really, really interesting. Um, bad points. Uh, Firestorm shows up at the end. Not happy about that. Uh, Orlando's dialogue is about as subtle as several thousand bricks being smashed through your window all at the same time it's it's not remotely subtle at all it, it's it's prosaic 
No, do you know what? That's that's not actually strictly true. The, 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 there is some poetry in here. The, 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 there is some kind of imagery and, and what have you. Orlando does have a, a kind of ear for that stuff. What he doesn't have yet is a way of making characters seem real, making the settings seem real, uh, making the characters in the setting seem real together, um, and refraining from um, from using sort of characters to be but basically he's using characters to do something that a narrator should do or that some other way of getting uh information across to the reader that that there should be a different way than just having characters shouted at one another particularly in the middle of fights it's just ridiculous and i know know there's trash talking i know that happens this 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 is beyond that it's beyond trash talking this is uh this is trash expositing that's what this is this this is this is trash exposition okay and it's ludicrous please stop stop it now it's crazy anyway tom king likes this bloody hell uh if i was steve orlando i i'd be somewhat concerned about that it it, it's it's very difficult to know with with tom king uh what he's really thinking so when he says that something like uh electric warriors is uh is insane which is what he said and uh, or steve orlando is on fire which is what he also said on twitter i'm not sure how i would take that but you know uh anyway if steve orlando is on fire um no no he's not he he really isn't uh he might he might be smoldering a bit here and there but but on fire no no not so much um he might be insane (laughs) and if you read this you also might be insane so there you go 5.1 5.1 is what I gave it on the site. I think that's... I, you know, I, I, I don't want to be this negative. I really don't. I, I, I want to be uh, more positive. Uh, and I think Travel Foreman's efforts particularly r- probably deserve more than that. But I just can't do this because because it's just... You know, Orlando has, has not done enough to involve me in the story and to make it something worth worth reading and and as a result of that i can't no i i I can't i can't give it any higher sorry there you go anyway thank you for for tuning in to the orlando zone this time around uh it has been as always uh my pleasure uh to talk to you uh about uh the the living nonsense that is steve orlando and his latest efforts so I'm, i'm glad uh, that you've tuned in for that. Uh, not sure what's going to happen next week. I might just have a lie down. <laughs> I might do, actually. Just lie down for a bit. I will hand you back to the guys in the studio who are doubtless performing a wonderful job uh, this week. Uh, thank you for, uh, for for listening, for putting up with my nonsense. Uh, and uh, I hope your comic books remain fab uh, for the rest of the week. You take care, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of The Orlando Zone. Yes, it's The Orlando Zone once again. It's very exciting. I am excited to be uh, back with you 
uh, this episode. Uh, it's been a little while since we've had uh, our fill of Orlando nonsense, and uh, and here we are again with uh, with another episode. This time it's the unexpected uh, issue six. And it's a little bit sad, isn't it? Because the unexpected will be uh, will be stopping after issue number eight. Issue number eight will be the last one. I don't know about you. I I feel kind of I feel a little bit upset about that. It's weird, actually. I I I, I actually enjoyed uh, reading and reviewing the unexpected this uh, this week. This is not to say that it is a great issue. Uh, but there's a lot of fun to be had because it's silly and we like silly things, or at least I do. And of course, next week, we've got yet more Orlando nonsense with the Electric Warriors issue number one, which I have received an advanced review copy for, but have yet uh, failed to summon the courage to actually read it. I've I've looked at the first page and I just thought, whoop, not, not going anywhere near that just yet. <laughs> Let's get this out of the way first. The Unexpected Issue number 6 is, of course, written by the inimitable, the one and only, Steve Orlando. Uh, art is by Ronan Clique. Colours are by Jeremy Cox. The letters are by Carlos M. Manuel. It is published uh, by, <laughs> by DC Comics. If by published you mean uh, spat out of the dark recesses of whatever passes for DC Comics editorial, uh, that's what it's done. And the cover price is $2.99. And without any further ado, here is the opening paragraph for my review on the website, which incidentally is, of course, www.weirdsciencedccomics.com. And it's a place that is well worth checking out. Uh, for a variety of great reviews and the occasional one by me as well. Here we go. Here is that first paragraph. I can actually remember how the last issue of The Unexpected ended. Firebrand died, her soul absorbed by the monstrous cartoon supervillain Onomar Sin. Our plucky conflict engine-hearted pugilist's fate appears to be sealed. But there are still two issues of the series to come out, Door, I hear you cry. Yes, well... You've got me there, haven't you? Mind you, this series did kill off three major characters in its first issue. You never know. Anyway, for a series given to bouts of manic hyperbole, the cover is startlingly prosaic in reminding us of what's at stake. Sin must die so Firebrand can live. Right you are. Let's find out whether this issue Sin does indeed kick the proverbial bucket and starts pushing up whatever passes for daisies in his section of the galaxy then, shall we? Hmm. We start with a well. We start with a with a pretty much exactly where we left off last issue. Neon has followed Firebrand into Onomar Sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way this is represented is because oh, that's right. Sin has has sort of like mouths on his on his palm. So he sort of devours people's soul with his right hand, which has this mouth, kind of stylized mouth, sort of tattooed on it. And and so Neon has kind of followed somehow. And it's interesting because even he doesn't know how. Um, he's followed Firebrand's soul into Onomarsin's body. It's kind of rendered as a as a sort of dark tunnel. Uh, with sort of embedded with bones uh, of presumably his many, many victims. 
And it says, uh, within the bones of Onomar's sin. And I, I quite like that. I, I will say this about Orlando. Orlando has a fantastic sense of uh, of drama, of melodrama, of uh, of making something absurd sound sound kind of faintly cool until you have to think about it, and then it's just absurd again. Anyway, uh, outside his body, um, there is uh, a battle raging between Onomar Sin and Hawkman and Onomar Sin's undead dragon dinosaur. And, uh, you know, Clique does a pretty good job of, of showing this. It, it's all pretty good. This is taking place outside of Frankenstein's castle, I think. Uh, so they're, they're fighting. Then we're back inside. This is our first bit of real nonsense. Uh, so we're on page, what is it, page four. We get our first bit of uh, proper Orlando-esque nonsense. Uh, Firebrand, what, what, what is this place? I, I, I can't stop myself. And uh, Neon says, Sin took your soul somehow. We're inside his body. Yep. Something's pulling me towards that node. Uh, I don't know. This seems to me like the word node is a little bit anticlimactic for something that is meant to be so dramatic, but I guess... Mm, Okay, Um, the node that she is being pulled towards would appear to be made out of nth metal. Uh, this, of course, is uh, is what Onomar's sin subsists on. He survives by eating uh, nth metal by absorbing it, and she she's beginning to be pulled into this this jewel that's kind of embedded in the wall that is meant to represent presumably the inside of Onomar's sin's body. And for some reason, um, Neon knows what it is and how it works. And what's going on, which is, is handy, really, because uh, I don't think anybody else would be able to, to shed light on this. And he says, almost there, Firebrand, fight it. You have to fight it. It's nth metal, a prison meant for your soul. OK. Uh, and he grabs hold of Firebrand's wrist as she's being absorbed into this node of uh, nth metal. I can't just say, I, I'm, I'm not a big Hawkman fan, so I have no idea whether Nth Metal can do this or not. I'm going to assume that it can. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also going to keep my... Uh, I'm also going to be open to the idea, the possibly very real idea, that, that Steve Orlando is making this up as he goes along and doesn't have a clue how Nth Metal works uh, and is just making all of this up. That's entirely possible too. But it, uh, I honestly can't, I can't tell you one way or the other. I haven't read enough... Hawkman to say. Anyway, um, he does this thing where, um, you know, he gets, she gets pulled in and uh, he grabs hold of her wrist just about uh, as the rest of her is about to be pulled in. So only her sort of hand is kind of out of this node and he manages to pull her out. I'm not sure how. Uh, I, I, I genuinely don't know how. Uh, he just kind of decides to pull her out and does. It's dramatic. It looks great. She comes out. She's like, hey, I've been pulled out of a of an nth metal node. That's good, isn't it? Um, anyway, um, Hawkman and Sin are still fighting. And that's my printer 
deciding that it's had enough, and who can blame it? Uh, I will have my nth metal isotope. Earth's billions of souls await my hunger. Hmm, all right. Um, Hawkman, not while I'm standing, uh, which is kind of ignoring the fact that he's actually flying at that particular moment, but not to worry. I know what he means. Uh, then we get more nonsense dialogue, uh, which is, uh, it's it's so good. Um, I felt sin tear a piece of me from my body. This piece, the core of who I am, it was worse than losing my heart, worse than dying. There's a couple of things I want to say here. Um, uh, all of the main characters in this in this comic, in this particular issue, have died at one time or another, which is kind of interesting. There's, there's kind of... Um, I, I, I get... I'm going <laughs> to say this. I feel like, like Orlando's kind of... And, and probably quite wisely, actually, is, is, is sidestepping uh, an, an immense metaphysical issue of the DC universe which is which is which is what does the soul represent and what is the soul and and what have you and uh we'll go with what firebrand says you know i felt sin tear a piece of me from my body this piece okay um okay i i, I guess and then she says neon thank you I, I i don't know what to say and he says say you'll fight your way back out with me I acted on instinct, following you, Janet, through the void in Sin's hand into this realm, but there's too much nth metal here. I can't transform anything, can't shape us a way out. Um, is that... Is, is, that, is that... Right, is, is, is that... I, I know that he's not able to, to do anything with the nth metal isotope, uh, because obviously if he was able to transform the nth metal isotope, then... Uh, that would be the end of the book, really. Uh, so he can't do that. And I get that. But Nth Metal as a whole, it's sort of retarding his powers. I can't remember whether we've had that before or not, to be honest with you. Anyway, apparently there's just like tons of the stuff inside Onomar's sin. And and they they have this kind of conversation. You see, here, here's the thing, right? It, it is... Is Firebrand's soul incorporeal, or does it have a physical uh, substance to it? And the reason I ask that is because there's an image here of her punching the walls of Onomar Sin's body, and she appears to be making, having an impact on it. In fact, she says, the walls are so strong. So, hold on a moment. Is she... Does she have kind of physical substance or not? And I know this is a this is a this is arguably a uh, an esoteric point, shall we say, uh, about this this particular issue. But it's not an insignificant one because we we've, we're expected to believe that this is this is her soul. Uh, we've we've seen her body. Her body is lying on the ground outside. So how is she able to to physically impact on Amarsin's body? Why is Neon uh, represented presumably many sizes smaller than he would ordinarily be inside on Amarsin's body? How big are they? That we, we we've got and and here's the thing. Okay. Comics do, does this kind of stuff all the time, and I I, I get that. And uh, but but it, it does. 
We've not addressed any of this. We, we, he's just followed her in. He's followed her soul, uh, her soul, which apparently can punch the inside of somebody's body, which looks like awfully a, a lot like a large tunnel made out of bone, right? Um, Neon's with her, but he's not dead. It, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, I'm I'm probably thinking about this too much. I I, I say this <laughs> I say this a lot. <laughs> when I when I'm reading uh reading Steve Orlando, I, I think too much. I gotta stop doing that. Um what is quite cool here actually is that Fade is imprisoned within within Onomar Sin's body. Uh and she's imprisoned in one of these nodes and she is speaking she speaks to them from out of one of these nodes. And it says, his most holy church, the bones of my Lord are a prison. The fibres are fortified with nth metal to hold and draw power from the souls trapped within the source of sin's power. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have a problem here. Okay. Um, first of all, I, I kind of like the dialogue, except the fact... I, I, I like the his most holy church thing. I think that, that works pretty well. I, there's, this, there's this kind of godlike stroke demonic kind of uh aspect to sin and i and i and i like that and i like the fact that here that that's being referenced here in some way i think that's a nice idea the problem i have if i just click on uh the dc wiki or something like it uh onomar sin is an extraterrestrial demon that feasts on souls for nourishment those he kills this way are normally resurrected as zombie like soldiers okay Later on, I might as well get to this now, actually, but basically uh, Neon and Firebrand uh, escape Onimas, the inside of Onomarsin's body by releasing the souls that are being kept in these nodes so that they uh, they kind of vengefully attack Sin uh from the inside out and they they kind of they kind of rip him apart from the inside out which is a cool idea except for the fact that it seems to go against established continuity for this character which is that i mean we've already heard him say that he is going to feast on souls you see see you see my my understanding of the eating process right is that you you absorb energy from what you eat you do not um you do not keep what you eat preserved inside you now i i i can understand that there's possibly a um you know that that it, that it's an analogy for 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 what um for what sin is doing and i understand that up to a point the, the problem is is that we've already had uh and i think it was in issue two um one of the characters captured by sin i can't remember which one it was now um say that he didn't want to be turned into a zombie and and so the, the implication is is that when he when he feasts on your soul what is left over is 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 
is his to do with as he wills uh, so he can reanimate it and and turn it to his purposes and his will um the the because your soul that the, the soul that's been taken from that body um no longer exists in any meaningful sense so to to then suddenly have you know thousands of of beings that have been eaten by sin over the uh, over the years suddenly turn up and kind of cause him sort of chronic indigestion as it were uh, seems seems to run against the kind of established continuity of the character uh, so I wish I could say I was surprised by that but I can't I mean I don't know maybe I'm being I, I mean Eric would probably be able to tell uh, would be probably be able to tell you about this, whether whether that's an accurate reading of it or not. But it seems to me to be a mistake. Uh, that's the way I look at it, at any rate. Um, okay, so then we're back outside again, and it's Hawkman and uh, Sin battling as Sin's dragon um, sort of bites down on. Uh, Hawkman and appears to be digesting him and Hawkman breaks out of the uh, of the creature's head and it, it's pretty gross but it's also pretty cool um, Sin is reaching for the uh, for the nth metal isotope which is just kind of sat there uh on the ground and and the problem with this is is that now the nth metal isotope looks slightly larger and it's also it also looks like a kind of uh a diamond shaped like it's a cut sort of uh rock whereas throughout the whole series so far it's been represented as like a pea-sized um sort of pebble sort of thing so there's a bit of an issue there and and that's never really kind of addressed properly so um hawkman kind of erupts from from the the dragon dinosaur hybrid and uh again it's pretty cool he's he's kind of looking exceptionally annoyed covered in blood and uh battle is joined once more while inside sin uh they release the uh the souls uh and who they you know they they break out of of sin's body and it's pretty gross it it, it, it it's kind of you know he explodes in a kind of surge of sort of blood and um and spirit matter if that's not a contradiction in terms which it is uh, and they kind of erupt out of him and uh while he's fighting Hawkman and so he's kind of uh he's kind of out of the fight where well, it's difficult to say whether Sin's dead. I'm not sure that Sin ever dies actually, but um anyway, he's he's out of the fight. Uh in in a fantastic piece of um of uh, of sound effect work uh from I'm assuming uh Carlos Emmanuel uh Neon and Firebrand exit uh, Sin's body with the word blot. I'm not actually sure whether... I'm, I don't know whether... That is, in fact, the word that accurately represents the sound of two people uh, leaving somebody's body violently, but there we go. Um, so, so Firebrand uh, manages to get back into her body and um, Neon kind of helps her do that. 
Um, and then we end up with the isotope explodes. And to be honest with you, I, can I just say, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> I'm kind of glad the isotopes exploded because, quite frankly, I've had enough of it. It's It's been a ridiculous thing throughout the whole series. And because of all the souls that have been re- released from uh, Onomar Sin's body, uh, it finally... Uh, and they're all angry, of course. So, so the, the whole point about the nth metal isotope is it's psychoreactive. So it, it sort of reacts to the emotions of people around it. It doesn't like fighting, which obviously is a bit of an issue in this series. Um, and all these souls being released from Sin's body have triggered the nth metal isotope and it explodes. Um, neon, uh, they've got time. This is, this is the thing. Uh, it explodes. It's a very slow explosion. And the reason I know it's a very slow explosion is because I've got a lot of time to talk about it. So um, I- I'll give you the entire page. All right. This is Hawkman. Sin Souls had the isotope fired up. I can't hold back the power much longer. And he's doing that with his mace, which, if you remember uh, last issue, uh, when he came into contact with, when his mace, sorry, came into contact with the nth metal isotope it turned hawkman into a raging kind of aggressive idiot uh, and it's not doing that this time around um because because it can't can it because because otherwise the story would end right there <laughs> and we can't have that can we no we can't so uh there is a nice kind of line where um firebrand says carter's on fire neon and she means literally, not just like he's really good at this. <laughs> Carter's on fire, Neon. Yeah, he's really good. No, he's literally on fire. That's what they should have said. As a as a missed opportunity there. Uh, Steve Orlando, bless him. Um, Neon, I'm weak from pulling you out of Sin's body. Oh, it's so good. It's just so good. There are say there is not a comic like this on the market. There really, really isn't. It's great. Uh, I I could transform the fire, but I still can't change the isotope. Everything, every virtually every issue, Neon says something to the effect of, when it comes to dealing with the isotope, I'm crap. I can't do it. And then Firebrand, you don't have to. You never had to. Oh, dear. How does she know that? How does she know any of this? How do I know any of this? I don't know. I've been reading this comic for for months. I have no idea what's going on. Use the energy, like in Gotham. Oh, yes, okay, yeah. Change it. Send it somewhere else and us with it. And he says, you say that like it's simple. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's simple. Get behind me. Do you know what? She does say it like it's oh, you're still gonna do it though, aren't you? That's what's gonna happen. Because because you can't die, because it's it's only issue six, and you've got two more issues to go. And we haven't dealt with Mandrak yet or any of that stuff. We haven't met the bad Samaritan again yet. So so you are gonna do this. Even though she said you say, you know, even though you've said you say that like it's simple and uh you're making out that it's gonna be dead hard, but but you are gonna do it. Get behind me. This is no Gotham. It's the detonation we feared from the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
I'm transmuting what energy I can, keeping the damage contained, but the isotope's going critical. It's, 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 you know what I would love right now is if it just exploded right then and he's mid-sentence because, because that's, in a, in a normal universe, that's what would happen. Uh, isotopes kind of explode whenever they want to, really. They don't, they don't sit around waiting for, for important characters to finish off their, their portentous dialogue. It's 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 rupturing reality. Oh, that sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Rupturing reality. Whatever's out there, it's not the dark multiverse. How? How does he know that? Can I say, in all seriousness, how does he know that? Because, because. Oh no, hold on. No, to be fair, that's Hawkman saying that. Hawkman does know the dark multiverse. I'll go. My apologies, Steve. I was going to have a go at you there, but no, you're right. I know it's something different that energy f- keeps... I'll <laughs> try that again. I know it's something different that energy feels familiar. That's it. Everyone hold tight. Hold tight. That's a hole in space. Wait, Neon. That's just complete nonsense. That's proper nonsense, that is. You, you can't get nonsense that nonsensical anywhere else. I defy you. This is uh, this is this is the very the very peak quality of of nonsense. This isn't just any nonsense. This is Marx and Spencer nonsense. That's just for my 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 British compatriots who will get that joke and no one else will. Where the hell are you sending us? Ah, where the hell indeed? And then. <laughs> And then Hawkman Hawkman gives one of those lines which is solely there to let you know that the that the that the writer knows the character. Okay, is I've died and had it hurt less than that. Oh, have you? Have you really? Have you died? Oh, have you? You have, haven't you? That would be in that Death of Hawkman series, wouldn't it? That's good. Do, do you know what? They, they don't do editor's notes in this book. They really don't. And and I understand why I really do, because it would be a waste of time. Um, because very few people, nobody is going to go back and read the death of Hawkman after reading this issue. They're they're just not. Sin's the dead one. If a devil like him can even truly die, ah, you see. And again, here's what here's what's going on here. Again, it's like it's like. Orlando's kind of winking at the at the reader going, he's not really dead, is he? No, he's not. He's not dead. Neon recognized something in the whole in reality, transmitted us and the isotope to uh, wherever it is they're going. And then we, we get one of the more unintentionally funny lines of the uh, of the story. Uh, Neon is kind of, the, the journey has kind of done horrible things to Neon and he's got uh, he's got weird kind of magical light sort of around his head and there's like bits of his leg missing and his uh his right hand is missing uh and 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 firebrand goes over to him and says look at you your arms uh to which neon really should say i i am blind you know i can't i can't see my arms (laughs) uh but he doesn't say that he just says they'll reform what matters is we're here yeah, but you don't know where here is, do you? Um, 
More nonsense. At Castle Frankenstein, you knew the isotope's radiation came from outside the multiverse, Hawkman. You were right. When it detonated, I felt the same energy coming from between universes. I changed us, used the isotope's energy as a beacon, and sent us slipping through the veins of creation to the place where it was most concentrated. My friends, we're not in the multiverse anymore. Uh, well, okay... This is this is kind of yeah I, I can kind of see that this is a kind of typical sort of Orlando uh, kind of mixture of uh, uh, explanation and and a kind of poetic kind of way of describing things, which means that actually things are not explained properly at all. So so you so you've got sort of. Um, You've got Neon kind of saying, "This is what I've done. I've I've saved you. I've 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 tra- by transforming you and helping us travel through the you know between universes, and now we're somewhere else." And it's like, right, okay, it's all just and it, it's all unreal. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's just it just kind of exists on on the, you know it's there to form a function in the plot, but we don't. <sighs> You know, d- despite what we've seen of Neon and Neon's kind of, you know, sort of kind of partially sort of disintegrated and kind of evaporated into weird colours and what have you, which we've seen him do before. But we're, we're kind of, I don't know, it, it, it just it just it, it doesn't feel substantial enough. It all happens so quickly and that, that there's no there's a kind of there's a kind of histrionic level of threat which by its very uh sort of melodramatic nature doesn't feel real it feels just it's too bizarre too strange to to really get a hold of seriously uh there's a big um there's a big kind of headstone with the words to be continued on it which is kind of clever because it it, it kind of suggests that the it kind of suggests that it's over, that the the issue is over, but of course it isn't. I, I kind of like that. That's quite good. And it would seem that they have landed on the world of the monitors, which which makes a certain amount of sense. Uh, we go back to the Canadian Northwest Territories, and uh, somebody's picking up Bad Samaritan's hat, and um, the contact allows uh, the Bad Samaritan to kind of uh, absorb the life energy of this person and basically re- reconstitute himself. All of which is cool, or it would be cool, were it not for the fact that the bad Samaritan didn't die in the Northwest uh, Territories of Canada, but he died in Mammoth City, which is in New Jersey. And why his hat is there, I honestly don't know. Okay, so don't know. Don't know what's going on there. Uh, I, m- I may have missed something. I, I do do that from time to time, and if anybody can point out to me what I've missed, then please let me know. That would be great. But that was, to me, I think that's a big mistake. Okay, so there you go. Uh, anyway, and we get a a, a a glimpse of Mandrak kind of climbing up out of somewhere, um, uh, and the and then we go back to the world of the monitors uh, the nth metal isotope is no longer volatile um because apparently its energy is perfectly matched to uh where it's come from 
Uh, Hawkman says, more nonsense. Uh, do you want to hear it? Okay. The isotopes energy perfectly matched Dr. Frankenstein's elixir of life, cold from the membrane between universes. Yep, thanks for that. Um, and then basically a Tempest Fug- Fuginaut turns up. Uh, this is uh, the kind of the guy that turns up at the end of the Sideways preview or Sideways issue number one, maybe. Um, so he kind of turns up uh, to tell them off, basically, for for having transgressed on this, this world. Um, and sort of they begin to plead their case basically and say well it wasn't our fault you know it was uh Alden Quench used us to create the isotope we didn't ask for this and uh and the Fuginauts going oh okay well yes the bad Samaritan yeah he's, he's not a great guy is he uh and then he dies horribly uh because Mandrak has just appeared uh and uh Orlando fluffs his closing line of the whole issue of course he does um, because you've got you've got the full page of of Mandrak having kind of uh, with blood so dripping from him, it, it is pretty unpleasant looking, and the Tempest Fuginaut is kind of dead in his arms, and he says Mandrak is risen, creation wept, um, and the reason I say he fluffs the line there is because uh, Mandrak is risen is a is in the present tense, and creation wept probably should be in the present tense as well. It should really be creation weeps, um, and I actually I would even go for, I, if I okay, Mister Editor here. If I was the editor, I'd say right, Steve. This is what we're going to do. We're going to say Mandrak is risen. All creation weeps, and we'll leave it at that because I think that actually is better than Mandrak is risen. Creation wept, uh, and you might be thinking to yourself, Jeremy, you, you're being very finicky over this, and I am, but but this is a grand moment, and it's and it needs a sort of certain gravitas. And I don't think what we've got here quite pulls it off. So there you go. Um, okay. What did I give this? Uh, 5.3, something like that. Uh, that might feel a bit harsh, uh, except it isn't. Um, the, the, the thing about this book is, is just simply that it, it is, um, it is a book that, that on the one hand, it wants to keep the pace going on the other hand, uh, as it's keeping the pace going, it needs to explain to you some extraordinarily difficult and tricky things. Uh, it doesn't do what a lot of people would probably do in those circumstances and give you some kind of flashback or some kind of, uh, I don't know, multiversal kind of historical perspective or whatever. It doesn't bother to tell you who Mandrak is and what his relationship to the DC universe is. It doesn't bother to um, to kind of go into detail or sufficient detail about the dark multiverse its relationship to the normal multiverse what the membrane between universes is it doesn't go into any of that because it doesn't care and it just assumes that yeah i am getting angry actually yes i am it doesn't care because and it just assumes that you know all this stuff and it just seems it just assumes that you're gonna you're gonna take all this stuff on trust and and it's very annoying because 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 how can you take any of this stuff on trust? It's just it's just nonsense thrown at you, and it, and the thing is, it isn't nonsense. Not really. A, a lot of it is um, a lot of it is is kind of canonical stuff, right? 
Um, and that's fine. But if you are going to start messing in Grant Morrison's toolbox, for God's sake, give us a clue. Give us a clue as as to what's going on. Give us give us some kind of guide as as to as to how we we conceptually navigate this universe that you're telling this story in. Because at the moment, it, it it's just one meaningless largely meaningless info dump after another it, it, it's almost like you know you're reading a superhero book or whatever uh, and you want to know what's going on and then suddenly there's like this 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 big info do you have these characters talking to one another in this big info dump that might as well be written in sanskrit okay because because you have no frame of reference for it and, e- and even a reasonably intelligent writer and i wouldn't say i'm, I'm uh, sorry even an in re- a reasonably intelligent reader and i wouldn't say i'm amazingly intelligent but a reasonably intelligent reader struggles to follow along with this particularly if that reasonably reasonably intelligent reader has not read the books that you happen to be referencing okay and 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 this is this is the problem and nobody cares the editors clearly don't care there's 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 all sorts of different um uh, different kind of editorial notes that they could have put in here um that the, they, they could have insisted to orlando right you actually need to kind of explain some of this stuff and they didn't and then they just don't care they don't care because they know this book sucks okay and they know that this book isn't isn't being read and they know that this book is going to finish in in two issues and they just don't care and 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 it's entirely symptomatic of dc's approach to comic book making at the moment Right is is that there's just that 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 level of care that level of that level of of just professionalism of of helping your reader out in the story just isn't there. It's 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 really quite shocking. And and the thing is, I mean, I, I'm not even going to blame Steve Orlando for all of this. I, it's very easy to rag on Orlando, uh, but you know what? I I kind of like him, I, and and I know I know I I, I make fun. <laughs> I do make fun of him. I do, but at the same time, I kind of recognise the fact that he is a fan, and and he's he's trying to do his best with with the things that he's interested in, and I just don't see that he's being helped at all by uh by constant art changes on this book um th- this doesn't seem to be a great deal of editorial guidance he's trying his best to kind of tie in um tie in the this stuff to the wider um wider issues going on after after metal and with the uh with the with with at least sideways which which obviously has featured the tempest fugonauts before um and there's, there's no you would never know actually you would never know that, that the tempest fugonauts had, had turned up in in sideways if you hadn't already seen that image of you know um from issue one and and i'm i'm like well you know <laughs> do you not care you know you've 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 got this whole um you know this whole new imprint of of new characters that you're introducing to the DC universe, and it's almost like you know you're just, you're just kind of flinging it out there, and you're making no effort whatsoever to to either integrate these books with one another or integrate them into the wider DC universe, except for the odd guest star. We've got Hawkman here; he's in his own book. Is is he going to reference this in his in his own book? I, I can't see that. Can you? I mean, I mean, I, I know that uh, in Hawkman he's going to talk, he's going to end up with Atom, and and he's going to reference Orlando's work in that sense. Is he going to reference this? I don't know. 
I don't know. The whole thing is, you know, for, for something that clearly, I mean, I'll give this to Orlando. He's an ambitious guy. Okay, and he and he's he wants to tell a big story here, and you know, props to him for that. But it feels small, it feels insignificant, it feels closed off in its own little world, and and it's just it's just very unsatisfactory as a result. And the art's okay. I Ronan Clique's art's okay. It's not great. It's not. It's not amazing. It, it, it's not. I don't know. It's not sort of Dexter Soil or Stepan Sayek or uh, or you know people on on that level. It's not Brad Walker or um, or Fernando Passerin or, or whatever, but it's okay, and it, and it's um, it, it's pretty dynamic at times. But I, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I feel, I, if I'm being honest, and and you know, I feel kind of sorry for Orlando. Really, I, I, I think, you know, with a little bit of help, that this this series could be a heck of a lot better and a heck of a lot more readable. But we we lurch from sort of one location to another, um, and it and it's you know with with sort of connecting you know there's a connecting tissue of uh, of of kind of techno babble and obscure continuity uh, that that kind of holds those moments together, and it and it's there's no there's no characterization you know I'm, I'm there and i'm looking at neon neon could be a really good character neon is a character who sacrificed his friends he he was a, he was basically a piece of shit he uh self-obsessed kind of concept artist who sacrificed his groupies and hangers-on for a glimpse at, at, at of, of sort of some higher power he ends up seeing glimpsing the dark multiverse loses his sight as a result of it has a moment of repentance and and devotes the rest of his life to defeating evil i i can work with that that's pretty cool um and you know he there there are, there are glimmers of kind of nobility and what have you in 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 the last few issues but but everything is just kind of it's like the slather of of kind of nonsense layered over it all and 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 the 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 opportunity for kind of you know individual characters to kind of have their moments and 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 come out of their shells and be people that readers can really identify with is is just lost in a torrent of of ridiculousness it it's it's sad it's sad dc should be better than this it really should it really, really should. I, I'm on a bit of a, you know, I, I'm very, I'm, I feel very kind of, um, I feel very conflicted at the moment about DC because on the one hand that there are books coming out that that are, are just that I'm kind of interested in, and and uh, you know I'm interested in Batman and the Outsiders. I'm interested very. I really enjoyed the Green Lantern issue number one. I can see what Morrison's wanting to do with it. Lean Sharp's art is amazing. I think I think it's got the the uh, the potential to be a real kind of uh, top tier top tier kind of book in in the in the DC universe. But but this this is this is just this is the other side of DC, which is which is the kind of yeah put any old crap out there and see whether people will like it. Oh no, they don't. Oh well, never mind. And then there's no sense of kind of trying to correct things, trying to put things back on course. It's just like yeah, whatever. Well, that didn't work. I just think that's a real shame. Anyway, five point three out of ten for me. Um, 
Electric Warriors next week. <laughs> Electric Warriors. There'll be more Orlando then. Oh, yes, there will. It'll be great. I will see you then uh, next week for Electric Warriors issue number one. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. I hope it's great. I'm sure it will be. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic week. I've had a really rough week, if I'm being absolutely honest with you, but... Uh, this has cheered me up, not because <laughs> not because of not because of the unexpected, but because I I get to kind of I'm talking to you guys, and and that's that's always good. And um, anyway, I hope you're well. I hope you stay well, and uh, have a great week. And I will see you next week. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>
you know, site podcast, but you didn't mention Stanley's passing no. at once on episode 53. So I just have to say, dick move, bro. And then I listened to episode uh, 201 of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast yes. on um, Friday. Friday. So I'm a little bit behind is what I'm trying to say here. Not yes, because of being sick, because I actually went to work. I missed a couple of days last week. And I won't go into any details about that, but let's just say when you have a house that is over 50 years old, sometimes things go wrong. Yes. And if they're really bad, they can make you miss a couple of days. Of- uh, my my house is uh, 100 years old. And yes, I understand. I have a feeling Mike has not told me. I have a feeling maybe it's something wrong with his roof, possibly. We have to get a new roof put in next year. It's going to suck. Work and cost several thousand, well, a few thousand dollars. Not good at all. But anyway, I'm not here to talk about that drama. Um, so, also, I noticed on the Weird Science Comics, uh, the, the Weird Science uh, about, yeah, uh, Comics News Podcast, <laughs> which is yes. a great Great podcast, by the oh way. If you my. go to uh, patreon.com slash weird science, of course, it's patreon.com slash weird science. We will get that show and a lot of other excellent, excellent shows with uh, mostly starring, sometimes starring Eric Shea, sometimes, sometimes starring the Solar Roller, sometimes starring the Guy Kid, the guy sometimes kid. starring the Phantom Reviewer, but a lot of times, and most of the time, starring everyone's favorite podcaster, Jim Warner. Oh. But anyway, that being said, I was going to say, you know, all this stuff. I I recorded last night with Eric. Listen to me. I sound like Peter Brady. Yeah. Hey, time to change. I, I ended up recording all night with Eric. And not once did he say, you know what? How about I do the news and the rant race for you tomorrow? Uh, the big guy, because or little guy, because you can't talk. Not once. It didn't come up once. He's sleeping right now, and I know that for a fact because of what time it is. He's definitely asleep, and I'm Peter Brady. It's time to change. I should do that for some karaoke this week. Na 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 na. I wonder if anybody but Dancing Mike understands that reference. Also notice that um, during episode 53 of the Weird Science uh, Comics News podcast that there are a myriad of comics out there. There are a myriad of comics, all kinds of comics. I mean, just uh, different kinds. You've got indie, you've got DC, you've got the different... Indiana Jones. And then the different indie companies and, and, you know, different genres. There's superheroes, there's horror, there's, you know, uh, kids It's almost as if there's something for everyone. You know, even fantasy, just all kinds of, just like I said, a virtual myriad of uh, comics out there. And there are also a myriad of words that Jim cannot pronounce correctly. Yep. But anyway, so if, uh, yeah. So I don't I haven't actually Thanks, read Mike. my comics this week because, like I said, I had uh, some stuff that really went crazy last week. So I'm not going to talk about my comics. I'm going to actually address something that um, Jim brought up um, with his uh, best songs ever episode of Dancing Mike during episode 200 yeah. and something. Yeah, if anybody doesn't know, I did a best songs ever uh, episode with Dancing Mike songs. Uh, unfortunately, Dancing Mike died in a uh, Dollywood buffet accident or uh, something uh, caused by a guy who uh, resembled somebody very familiar to me, uh, caused a uh, riot at a buffet that killed Dancing Mike, the singing sensation of all time. Uh, and yeah, uh, that was what he's talking about. He did uh, uh, the week before in episode 199 that uh, Jeremy Dahl 
had actually mentioned, and uh, kind of take you a little bit, a little bit of a history of Dancing Mike from 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 the inside perspective, shall we say, for maybe people who weren't here uh, when that all started. So. The first song I ever recorded was, um, actually, to send to the podcast, was, let's see, now it's time for Jim and the News. So, that was very, um, how how would we say, Jerry, Jerry rigged is a nice way to put that. So, uh, the last thing I, the last time I'd ever recorded anything before that was probably in the early 90s, and that was um, all analog equipment. So, to record Jim and the News, it was me in the car with the car stereo cranked up playing the background music through uh, my Kindle Fire and uh, uh, singing and playing the background music all at once into my phone. So that was the ghetto setup for that one. So then for my next song I sent in, which was uh, It's Mail with Jim, it was two computer speakers hooked up on either side of the sink with the phone laying in the sink and screaming that one out. So that was a little bit, that was my second ghetto setup. Then finally I decided, okay, I need to do something a bit more, um, a bit more in in the 21st century here, or at least the 20th, and uh, so I uh, ordered a, a little adapter thing from Amazon and uh, installed Audacity, and that was the main uh, reviews theme, which is, uh, let's hear Jim's reviews. I can't wait to hear Jim's reviews. Yes. So that was when I actually jumped into the digital age, and uh, since, yeah, since then I've made some advances, being able to add background vocals, etc. And also, one of the songs that uh, that Jeremy mentioned was the one that um, Jim's Reviews Matters with the uh, mentioned segregation Reggie. And that was actually not written by me, as I like to point out to people. It was actually written by Jeff Wildman, who um, sent that to me, wanted me to record it, and I did come up with the idea of actually adding the the sound effect of segregation Reggie. I did throw that in there, but that, that was, was your something bet. written written by Jeff Waldman and yep. he wanted me to record it. And so that, Way that back was when. my uh, first commission piece, uh, except it wasn't really commissioned if you don't get paid yes. for it. Well, so anyway, that's about, how, um, that's about how I came up with, you know, recording songs. So there was also another commission piece, which was very precious to Jim. It was precious because it came to him on his birthday. And uh, that was written by Brett Marzok. And Jim can tell you about Brett Marzok and emails being read by... Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get eventually on the Patreon doing that best of show. Eventually, we'll get to old Brett. We'll, we'll get to that highlight. Um, by, a, by a robot. So that's um, another whole other story. But that was my other commission piece that I actually broke my role. I, I used the GD word, which I generally don't use that word while no. I... Uh, in, in my regular life, I don't use that word. But it was in the song, so I justified it because it was someone else's words. But... Anyway, so um, let's see. Anything else about that? I know one of my favorite things ever was that you had all those songs, Mike, and then I got a hold of you and asked you to do the reverse of the songs for episode 100 or Eric's birthday. I can't remember which it was. I think it was 100, but uh, where we have the reverse deal of, you know, It's Mail with Eric and all those that we still play. No, oh, yeah, and the reason I started, some people think must think that I really, really hate Eric Shea because of the songs, but when Jim first started talking about maybe needing theme songs, it was also during a part where Jim was going through 
people were praising Eric, and Jim was not yes. happy about that because he wanted all the praise. So I figured if I wanted to get my songs played, what I needed to, to praise do me. is make sure to praise Jim to the hilt. It's when I was trying to get hashtag Team Jim going. I wanted Team Jim to be big. I was like Team Edward. Everybody's on Team Edward, right? So everybody should be on Team Jim. Make it all about Jim and take shots at Eric. And Eric, being a good sport, was okay with that because he's not a thin-skinned, arrogant little bitch that can't take it when someone makes him a lighthearted judge at him. But I, don't, I won't mention I don't who else I'm talking about there. But anyway, yeah, so that's uh, that's the history of uh, of making songs uh, that, that praise Jim and take shots at Eric, except for episode 100, which had all the Eric. Eric so which I threw together in a in a frenzy a of activity. In it was because I got I got a hold of Mike last minute and asked him if he could do it. Basically, one day. So yep, that's about it. And I do have some other songs in the work, but right now my singing voice is I'm with shot you. to hell, much so like my mine. speaking voice right now. So um, I think I will go and watch my Tennessee Volunteers see if they can actually maybe maybe make a bowl game this oh year. I'm going the to drink some all beer because I picked up some while shopping at Kroger and uh, had a beer flight while shopping, which is lovely. It's the craziest thing ever. I mean, just growing up in Pennsylvania, which is an anomaly for the rest of the country, but we cannot buy beer or liquor anywhere but a designated beer distributor or state store for the most part. And uh, yeah, to, to, to have pictures of Dancing Mike on Twitter while he's shopping, drinking beer, just seems like... I I think that what happened is they want to open that up to uh, Pennsylvania. They want to do that, but we're in the Philadelphia area, and people around here have enough problems getting through shopping and doing normal life without starting fights, without getting into big brawls. You start having drinking at, say, the Giant. There is all bets are off. They, they're all of, and the next thing you know, people are going to be pulling each other's shirts over their heads. It's going to be the, the Broad Street bullies in the middle of Quakertown. And I'll, I'll be all for it. It, it, will be, it. it will be the purge here in the Philadelphia area. But the rest of the Pennsylvania might be fine. And maybe what they should do, allow this in the rest of Pennsylvania, have this just circle around the Philadelphia area into maybe, you know, a little towards Harrisburg, say, but not so much as long. And really what you have to do is you go in to the giant. They they say to you, who's your favorite football team? If you say the Eagles, you're out. You're not allowed to drink. That it, That's the test. If you say I'm an Eagles fan, out. And uh, yeah, because I could just imagine I almost get in fights every time I go to, say, Walmart, Giant. I, I just get so angry at people bumping into my cart and, and, and you know, saying hello. Uh, like uh, this one lady the other day, I'm in the aisle and she says, excuse me, can I get to something there? I'm like, I'm going to punch you lady right in the face if you keep talking to me like that. How dare you? That's what happens. Uh, I went to pick up my son, Ethan, at Walmart. He works at Walmart last night, in fact. And uh, he ended up saying that in the middle of the day, people were almost in fist fights. These people, these two ladies were shoving each other. And somehow it had to do with Black Friday a week early. I don't know what was going on. He has no idea. The police had to come. They took him away. Two, you know, middle-aged ladies getting taken away by the police for arguing about a day that is a week away. 
It's it's crazy around here. It is it, it is the purge. Uh, what they should do is wall off our entire area, and then it's you know escape from New York. It's escape from the Philadelphia area. That's what it is. And then filled up a growler while shopping, which is also lovely. Apparently, you can't do that in PA, but we know how to shop here in Tennessee. Yeah. So go go the do purge. some shopping, uh, get some get some beer, and there you go. But anyway, um, anything else I need to mention? Um, no, I think that's about it. And like I said, I do have some songs in the works, but they will have to wait for a bit. And so until next week, I guess, let's see. I will try to read my comics before I listen to the podcast. Uh, looks like there's a new news podcast out there. Yes, and there is. Maybe, maybe it, Stan Lee gets mentioned. Maybe He does get mentioned a lot. Like at the beginning of this podcast, though, I said I don't have a huge connection with Stan Lee that I feel comfortable going on and on about. So, you know, I report the news. I don't make the news. I was going to have a tagline on the news. It's nobody makes the news, so nobody should read the news. And that's my new tag. Boom. So, um, It's funny, though, but people do make the news, I guess, with things they do. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. I guess until next week, let's see. I th- and, Mike, maybe I mispronounced more words this week for just for you. I think those guys from the Pop Culture Podcast are going to pop up and culture my ass we will. this coming Monday. Be sure to go to patreon.com slash weird science patreon.com slash weird science where you will get a lot of shows a plethora of shows Say more it. shows than you can shake your stick at that's true and that is uh, guy kid almost had another show this week uh, guy kid did a boys toys uh show and uh, there's something in the works that there's a possibility that guy kid is going to do a horror movie night podcast as well with his top five movies that scare the pants off him i'll try to do that or i won't try guy kid will try to do that this week and uh, it'll be fun it'll be a fun time for all um, it's like i said they're, they're, you know, some of them are starring, some of them are starring other people, uh, and uh, you know, even T Funk, who seems to have dropped off the radar, and, and yeah, anyone else wants to put he, a show. On. He didn't think people appreciated his show enough. He actually thought that it was kind of just laying out there under the radar, and I think that he would be very mistaken to find out that a lot of people really like that show, and even the Funkalicious collectibles. Uh, people keep asking me about it. I don't want to bother him. He's been very busy though the past couple of weeks uh, with work and stuff as well. well there can get it maybe though we can convince them to come back but you'll get all kinds of shows mostly like i said eric shea is on there some but mostly yeah. starring uh the hardest working man in show business one mr jim warner and we appreciate everything everything you do sir There's so no please limitation. go to uh, patreon.com no slash weird science so he can and we we do have a and this is the thing this obviously this coming up week is thanksgiving which means we're gonna have a couple of days off i think i'm gonna take off wednesday like a fancy man i'm gonna have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off. It's like a vacation, a staycation here. Uh, Usually, though, when I take days off like that, that means I feel like I'm being lazy and I have to record 17 shows. So as long as my voice is back, I actually have plans for a couple shows. One, a comeback show, a comeback show of the Jim's Other Review Show. Uh, Simon actually put it in Slack that, man, you should, you're not liking the DC stuff much. You should bring back the Jim's Other Comic Book Review Show. And I had already been planning on doing that. And I thought, you son of a gun, why would you, you, you just, uh, you ruined my surprise. 
But yeah, that's going to come back in a different format, though. A different format that hopefully what I'm planning on is a show that will feature probably 10 to 12 books each show. But we'll see. That's just a little preview there. Can have a few uh, dollars that his wife and kids will steal from him. They do. Because I have a feeling that second uh, blue Golden Age shirt I sent to you. I have a feeling you never got to wear that because I'm sure Tanya stole it as soon as it. Guess what, Mike? I wore it to work one day. I had it, got it, wore it to work, and then she stole it. So I had it one day, though, but I did wear it proudly. Showed up at your house. Uh, tell me I'm wrong, and I still won't believe you. <laughs> I told you and a little. Course, I wore it once. I mentioned Eric Shea. People think that, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm taking shots at Eric, and I, but I hope I made up for it a bit by sending a Snake Mountain. A, uh, he still talks about a couple that. of He-Man pop figures. He has that Snake Mountain. I want him to set it up so that he could talk through it on the podcast, and he hasn't done it. Well, He-Man Masters Universe pop figures to him because I love Eric Shea also. Don't and we all? So, like Don't I said, we all? It's a little over 10 minutes now, so I'll try to wrap this up. So be sure to go to patreon.com slash weirdscience. Support these guys. Uh, love everything you guys do. Great podcast. Oh, a shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, whoop, beep. Whoop. A shout out yes. to Pete from NYC. Keep speaking the truth. We all agree with you, except for the one person There's who no can't see it. And um, keep it weird, and I will see you all in seven. See you in the sevens. And while Mike was doing that, I paused my mic and actually did cough. And uh, it seems to have cleared up a lot of stuff. Maybe I can do some me, me, me. Oh, my. I sound great, right? The next rant, Raven. Thank you so much, Mike. And I'm. I hope that Mike likes that uh, best songs ever because I did that and actually put his name in the title of that part two of the episode 200 so that he would know to listen, put it right after the rant and raves so that I knew he would be listening to that because, Mike, there's some things that he doesn't listen to on the podcast. So I really wanted to put that at a spot where I knew he would listen to it. And then I didn't hear anything from him. And I thought that he was mad at me, that somehow I offended him. I hope I didn't. Uh, That was a tribute. And it took me a while. And it was for, uh, it was all worth it because it was for you and all the stuff that you have done for the podcast. I thought that you deserved a special highlight, but in a way that would give you a little chuckle. So I hope that he enjoyed that. Uh, I got some word that a lot of other people enjoyed it. So there. But I hope that Mike did enjoy that. But we're going to go now. Now to the last rant and rave, the second and last rant and rave, and it is the Hollywood Kid. What's up, weird science? Coming at you live. Hello. Back at it again. Uh, it's your boy, the Hollywood Kid. How is she cutting? Um, it's been a while. I always say it's been a while. Nah, no, sure mean. It's been a while. Did that uh, tag team affair back, uh, back in episode yes. 200. Uh, which was Patreon Tag exclusive. team back again. Milestone bitches on the Patreon. Uh, pretty low, Jim. But, yep, um, pretty low. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty back Pretty low again. indeed. What up? Uh, it is hashtag NCBD. Uh, best day of the week. Not this week, though. The best day of the week this week is um, my birthday. Oh, which my. Is tomorrow. Happy uh, birthday, as, At time of recording uh, on Thursday. So, um, you know, uh, everybody... Long Island yep. Ice Tea's on me. Am I right? Long Island Ice Tea straight from Leak uh, Well, by the time you hear this, anyway, it'll be Sunday. So, uh, oh. Yes, it will be. Sure, anyway, uh, that's well past <laughs> my birthday, but sure, look. Um, 
Tell you what, I just read, uh, what's it called? I don't know. Electric Warriors! Electric, um, Electric Warriors! Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that, look, looking at this title, because it's all like, zap, you know, right in your face. Uh, it's- I'm telling you, I really did work something out. Now, ah! <laughs> listen to that. It could be like, Electric Warriors! You know, like, like real like, no, no, no. Uh, if you're going to do that, you're obviously going to do it to a uh, karaoke of Dawkins' Dream Warriors. So stop it, Luke. Stop being nonsensical here and get with the program. Dream Warriors, Electric Warriors. It makes sense, and that's the only way you're going to do it. Um, see if Jeremy does that on the Orlando Zone, shall we? Um, uh, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> if he doesn't do it to Dawkins' uh, Dream Jeremy Warriors, played, I'll, I'll kill him. Uh, the- unexpected number five this week on the podcast yeah i i will mention that to everyone uh yeah jeremy ended up uh playing uh, sending me electric warrior or not electric warriors unexpected number five instead of number six so obviously on this podcast we're gonna have the real number six and also electric warriors so the orlando zone just got bigger this podcast week. instead of number six that was unexpected. It um, was unexpected. He was, he was wink, really wink. beating himself up about on the on the Slack chat. But sure, look, I was like, this is two Orlando zones for the price of one. I ain't complaining. That's uh, right. And it's a good uh, good ad for electric electric warriors. Jesus, uh, start get doing it to um, it's a, it's I'll a, it's slice a good you. ad for electric warriors. Um, uh, and you know what? What he made, I actually understood like at least sixty percent of what was going on, which is a lot more than what That's you pretty good. understand is going on uh, in Steve Orlando books. It was kind of like the Hunger Games um, meets Steve Orlando, and just oh, what the, <laughs> the Hunger the one Games meets animals. Steve Orlando. I don't know. I don't read any of that stuff. Oh, what's it called? Commandy. You remember the Commandy Challenge? <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember oh, the Commandy Challenge. Yeah, but I'm. I'm ringing in to the Weird Science Studios today um, to tell a wee story. Story time with story the Story time with Luke. Because, uh, you know, I hear last on the Patreon uh, spotlight last week, uh, it was uh, it was a uh, Weird Science Civil War going on because um, Jim doesn't like the Green Lantern. Nope. Uh, and everybody else on the Slack chat yeah, does. Am I right? Do. Shout That's out fine. to... Everybody, uh, Ruben, uh, and all the everybody else uh, who, who, well, shout out to everybody on Slack and Joe. Hey, that's what happens. I, I'm not going to fake it. I, I did not like that as a first issue, and I got shit on pretty much all week about it. Uh, there's some there's some on the gym team, hashtag team gym. But yeah, I'm not going to pretend. And if you are not on the Patreon when me, Reggie, and Eric were talking about it, I just bailed. I stopped talking and actually was eating an old baked potato that was laying on my desk while they were talking because I got sick of me just saying I didn't like it and they had stuff to say. So there you go. You got what they had to say. Eric was uh, giving you some knowledge. He was an entertainer and a performer, he said, and uh, maybe an educator as well. He said to me in the middle of it, don't hate, educate is what he told me so i let him go with the flow general what up uh but um everybody likes green lantern because jim doesn't like it no um but that's pretty low jim but it um, is pretty low uh, okay uh if you want what does jim like Uh, that is the question that i'm pondering in my life right now it is an age-old question you know i do like a couple things lebron james lebron james yes i do uh also like 
chickens. Love that. That that's such a cute little girl who thinks those are chickens, and it makes me smile. The the worst possible thing in my life because this is where I think that Twitter uh, would come in because you'd have this little girl, and if Twitter. <laughs> She says that if Twitter was a real person, Twitter would be there and say, those aren't chickens, little girl. Now get the hell. Scram, girl. Stop being so happy. Another thing that I like. Who else in the love car say yeah? Yeah. 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 Who could not hate that? I mean, I love that. Also, one last thing. Right here on Weird Science. Oh, my. That gives me a smile as well. A real Green Lantern story. Read. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, right? But, I, think um, he, I think he's had too many is, long uh, Island So ice last teams. Wednesday, uh, hashtag NCBD of the past. Good, good. Um, there he's going through his bag. I'll just pull out my books to have a look yeah. while, I, while I talk. Uh, a bit of, ooh. Uh, yeah, but um, uh, last Wednesday, uh, it was... Um, the guy is drunk! <laughs> And uh, the the Green Lantern came out. Oh yeah, and and there was a, a signing on in Forbidden Planet in Dublin. Oh, uh, I'm sure Andrew in Belfast, uh, if he's ever been to Dublin, um, I know it's like over the over the over the border um, and all that stuff. But um, <laughs> what is he uh, talking about? It's a it's a nice place. It's no Dublin City Comics, you know what I'm saying? But oh, uh, no. it's nice. How they, could it they, be? they treat you right. But um, uh, the they they. They had a signing with old Grant Morrison himself. Oh, my. Uh, Jesus, that's a big get for that's Forbidden huge. Planet Dublin, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, so I was like, oh, Grant Morrison. I, I've read Batman R.I.P. Yeah. And, um, Batman and Robin. Uh, oh, I love. he did some GLA with Kyle Rayner. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, so I was like, oh, I might pop down. The signing was at like four to six on Wednesday. That which is a bit late because usually I begin the bus. But I was like, oh, I might pop down. So, um, so, so I got my books uh, and I had like about like a fiver left in me in me wallet. Um, yeah. You know, hard times for a Hollywood kid. Uh, you see, you see them hall pictures. I'm not made of in them. Ireland. That means he has five pebbles in his pocket. Uh, five uh, shiny pebbles. Funny. Oh man. Uh, but. Um, so so, I'm walking down, and it's like half three. No, no, it's like it's like ten past three. Let's okay. be real. Past, it's like ten Trudy, past three. I'm telling you, he's gonna tell us that there is a line of three thousand people. It's raining. Well, it's like drizzling. But isn't it always? Isn't it always over there? Like it's the it's a degree of drizzling where you will get wet if you stand outside. And I was like, this ain't this ain't it, chief. And then uh, and then um. So, so I'm walking across. I'm 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 at the Liffey, and I'm walking down the Liffey. Uh, with my, <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. In me in me, in me pocket. Yep. Uh, and, uh, I look over, and what do I see? But like, I'm not joking you. The queue of Forbidden Planet was going <laughs> outside fine. Forbidden Planet up the street. It was almost up to Grafton Street. I That's how long it was. Holy and this Grafton. is like a full. Like nearly an hour before the yeah. signing even uh, started. It's Grant Morris. So I was like, "Jeez, Screw Louise!" Screw this, he said. I ain't standing. No. <laughs> I ain't standing I'm in the rain uh, for an hour, and then it'll be even more once the line starts moving. Holy moly! And uh, now, if I had been like, if I had been with me, you you could tell me that one of my favorite all-time guys, Ulf Samuelson, 
is signing autographs, and I wouldn't stand in the rain more than three people. I'm a lazy guy, and I don't like getting wet, and I'm not just going to stand there just to get a signature from Off Samuelson. Buddies, I didn't recognize anybody in the line either. If I hadn't, uh, I could have been like, oh, I, I know this guy. You were going to bond. Tricky, but, um, How no, dare I you? I can do not but, um, No. Uh, yeah, I didn't know anybody. Ah, oh, jeez. And then, and then I, I was like, uh, I even had my Green Lantern T-shirt on, uh, but I was like, you know what? I haven't read the issue yet, so I don't know if it's any good. So <laughs> that's like, all it that matters to if the issue was good, but you ended up liking it. What if I'm like, oh, Grant Morrison? I'm a big, big, big fan of your work. Brig. You know? Brig. Uh, I, I, the guy I, is drunk. Uh, I love your stuff. I love Kyle Rayner. Uh, but guess what? Uh, I actually read this issue and I thought it was pants. You know, I didn't want to be doing that. So, uh, turns out I did really enjoy the issue. Uh, was it trousers? Unlike Jim. But, um, uh, yeah, so I just, <laughs> I had enough money. I was either buy, go to the signing or get a subway. And I was really hungry. Subway so it I was is. Like, you know what? It'd be so funny if the roundabout deal, the, the, the twist of the story is he went to go subway. He, he got a sandwich and Grant Morrison happened to be there next to him eating. Uh, I don't know what he'd eat. A turkey, a turkey sub. And then he ended up getting his autograph on his meatball parm is what he got it on. Meatball marinara. So there you go. Pretty- See? There you go. I didn't even know. I knew that Luke was a meatball man. Good right about now. And so I got I got the meatball marinara, and go. I walked right past the cider. That was probably the best synergy ever that has ever happened on this podcast. The meatball. Uh, well, I hadn't started yet. And then I got the... You don't understand how proud I am that I said a meatball. That's what he got. That, that made my entire probably month. Bus. Um, Doesn't take much. So I'm sure there's people listening to this who are probably like, oh, I'd I'd sell my left arm and my Testicle. nose for for a Green Lantern Grant Morrison signing because he's a he's a legend. I I my he buddy is. got me uh, All Star Superman uh, for Christmas last year. I still haven't read it. <laughs> I love that. That's one of the <laughs> other things of his I love. Electric one. And the thing is, everybody everybody wants to go on about, you know, oh, Grant Morrison, this Green Lantern. Oh, it's crazy. You just don't understand the craziness or whatever. That All-Star Superman is so crazy. And I love I love almost every bit of it. I think that it's so great and just the fun of it and how crazy it is. This Green Lantern just didn't do it for me as a start of a, of a series. It just didn't. Oh, yes. Uh, no time to be reading... No time to be reading good books, am I, I right? Oh, That's my geez. problem. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure maybe I'll be, I don't know. Sure, look, at the end of the day, I, I have a funny thing with meeting your heroes, you know? Because um, it's a, Are you talking about me, Luke? You could come over and meet me, and it'll be a real disappointment, and then you, you'll, you'll have a really big problem. Uh, well, from, all, from all I've heard, it sounds like Grant's a nice dude, but uh, oh, I don't know. I just, I'd be afraid I'd do something dumb, you know? <laughs> Eric, uh, you know, and it becomes a controversial figure now, but back in the day, Eric did meet Ethan Van Skyver and ended up shaking his hand and and actually saw Ethan Van Skyver physically have to wipe the sweat off his hand because Eric had these sweaty hands. It's the best. He went in there and Ethan like kind of grimaced and then wiped the sweat off of his hand. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> That's not like me at all, is it, lads? Jeez. Uh, but, uh, sweaty Eric. Yeah. There, there you go. Just a uh, Hollywood kid story time. Marla, the story is: if you've got a fiver in your pocket and you want to go to a signing, go to Subway instead. Yeah, bad thing. Uh, shout out it. to everybody 
doing all the good stuff. Uh, you know who I'm talking to. Yeah, that's you. That's who I'm talking to. You're huh. doing the good stuff. And the then good um, stuff. Uh, go subscribe to the Patreons. Jeez, uh, like every I, I every time I open up the Patreon app, it's like holy moly, there's a new episode or something. Ah, jeez. Well, uh, I said we just had episode 200 of our podcast. Now with that, with the spotlights and some of the other nonsense that we did in the past, I think that we are on like episodes like 370 uh, from since we started, just the numbered episodes, we got to 200. On Patreon, we do have, I think at this moment, and legitimately about 411 episodes that we've done in a year. Now, obviously, they're not 12 hours each, but we do like to put up a lot of stuff uh, and try to make it at least somewhat. We're, we're more of a quantity than quality type of deal, but hey, uh, you, you find some gems in the rough eventually. Right, you start digging in the sand. Eventually, you find a brand new car. Is what my dad told me as a kid. You think I made a listening ears? My goodness, don't have time. And I got to read no. all these comic books as well. L- l- listen yes. to this. That's all comic books. Oh Holy my. moly! Um, <laughs> and I got to record a podcast in a bit. Oh, yep. I haven't even Hero been prepared notes. for that. But uh, never mind that. No plugging. Yeah, uh, on the Hero weird sites. That, that's them. the My Academia Hero Notes podcast that y'all should uh, be subscribing to already and listening to. Uh, I have mentioned on a couple of other things that I have watched My Hero Academia and read the uh, manga manga. And also I've listened to every episode of Hero Notes, so there. I am fully on board. I, I actually really do like My Hero Academia and tried to get uh, Eric involved. He doesn't want to be involved at all. He's staying away from it. Uh, but it is something where if you, you, know, you hear this podcast, and I am not very happy with a lot of the books that we're getting from DC uh, right now. But yeah, My Hero Academia is something that I can turn on or read, and it just puts a smile on my face. So yeah, there you go. The rules. Uh, so that's what Mark says uh, so I better go now and get ready uh, and uh, have a good one and uh, Long Island iced teas on me boom XO 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 and that is it for the Rant and Raves and I will uh, give a little shout out or a little uh, not request but uh, maybe a suggestion uh, if you do have a podcast and you listen to our podcast and we have a lot of people especially in the Get Fresh crew that went off and started their own podcast and one of the things that I said to Eric at one point uh, I we've had a bunch of people who say to us oh after listening to your podcast I decided to make my own podcast and I figure it's because they heard us do it and realized if these two schmucks can have a podcast I can as well. And they went off to do it. If you do have a podcast and you do want to, say, record a little bumper about your podcast, like, say, Luke and, and Mark would have a thing. Hey, this is uh, Luke and Mark, uh, the Hero Notes podcast. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, just do that and send it to me and I'll put it in some of the breaks and things like that because I'm not above. I know a lot of other podcasts hate to mention other sites or podcasts, but that's just nonsense. That's, that's complete nonsense. 
be be confident in your own skin, I tells them. So if you do have this, and I'm talking about anybody, just send in and I'll mix those into the show. You get a little plug and people can go. And that's part of the Get Fresh crew in general that everybody loves everyone and we're very accepting. That's why at one point, one of the biggest insults that I've ever gotten in my life besides when I was uh, in high school and everybody called me pizza face. That I didn't like. Uh, But when uh, somebody put something for the Get Fresh crew up on Twitter and then somebody said, oh, what is this? One of those comic skate things? I'm like, no. No, it's it's pretty much a bunch of friends who are now a family. And so let's go with that. And yeah, send in some bumpers. Just send it to weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and just say, hey, here's my bumper for the show. Just put something in the, you know, the subject line about that and you are in. Just don't don't get too crazy with it. I, you know, I don't want this to turn into the rant and rave line. You don't have to, you know, do uh, routines and things. Just, you know, tell people about your podcast and things like that. But I would uh, definitely put those on. I think that would be pretty cool. So do it. Do it now. But we're going to go now and end uh, the podcast. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea. That's me. Uh, uh, Eric Shea is going to tell us all about DC. Aren't I'm going to try. Aren't you, Eric Shea? Well, we have two more books left in the podcast, and we're going to start off with Supergirl number 24, written by Mark and Draco, or by Evan Doc Shaner. Carl Kessel, Nathan Fairburn, and Tom Napolitano. Mark Andreco is really going with a Star Wars Guardians of the Galaxy feel with this book, complete with a green Star-Lord. I'm enjoying it. of scum and villain. And and the art by Doc Shaner this month was really good. Yeah, I want the overall story to be more than just going from point A to point B gathering crystals, but I will take it. I will take it over a bunch of books that I'm reading, and especially this week. So I, I know that it isn't the most gripping of stories, but I like the characters. I like Kara. I like the idea of her having this guy who's not exactly seems to be on the Zinder up. Cole? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just call him Star-Lord. Green Star-Lord. <laughs> but yeah, I, there's not much to talk about here. Basically, it is Kara. She's going around trying to find some, you know, word and and being led from Mogo off, and she ends up in pretty much the cantina of Star Wars. It's such Wars. a weird idea because this is actually where we started out in uh, Man of Steel. I know, yeah, it was Man of Steel, wasn't it? Where you know Rogozar was hanging out. He saw the House yeah. of L symbol behind the bar on something. He's like, yeah. where is that from? A little mud ball called Earth, which brought him into our current continuity. You know, to realize, oh my God, I didn't destroy all the Kryptonians. Yeah, yeah. So now we're back there and the whole idea i'm like 
how the fuck does a sentient planet know about that something out of hey, that was a part crystal? of that map they mapped up and there you it's go so but you're weird. there you you have ambush bug doing a little uh stand up and that's fine it's not gonna win me over with it's that not, no no, no. He he's a little, doing some ventriloquism where he has a little ambush bug mind. little doll that's there and stuff like that but yeah he's doing that in the meantime <laughs> you have Kara asking about rogozar and, you know, some, you know, you almost have where uh, you better be careful. You know, you'll be dead. You, you basically <laughs> almost get to that. And uh, Pretty much. you end up with, you know, you end up with Kara then kind of using her heat vision. And there is a brawl. Big guy comes and says, hey, you know what, Kryptonian? I don't like the way that you've been going around. And you, when- you stupid Kryptonians have really screwed things up and all this. And we mentioned it earlier when we were talking I just about know Superman. When the, when the whole the thing is, though, when Rogozar is the good guy in the rest of the universe where everybody just fucking hates Kryptonians yeah. out of nowhere. Well, like, I just wonder why, why does Kara have to have the symbol? On her, there's no reason to have that if you're going you around represent. trying to figure out things. Now she uses it to kind of be. It's it almost comes down to being a Green Lantern ring as well. It really that does. It was it did collect yellow sun energy, and then it's going to be depleted, which it does at this one point. And Kara was really close to being killed. But you don't have to, you know, really show it to everybody, especially what we're learning here. You can tell me that Kara went out into space, not realizing that the rest of the universe hates Krypton. Well, I didn't know. Well, they, they seem to, right? So I think that from now on, Kara should probably put that on the down low. I, I really won't. hope, though, because by the end of this issue, we get back to our classic, you know, Supergirl outfit. When the thing is, I'm really liking this Solar Collector outfit. I love it. looks it. pretty fucking badass. Yeah, I, I, I wish it would really stay cool. on all the time. Yeah, I'd like, like it, too. Back to the normal miniskirt look. I like this. Also, though, she also has a ship that just has the symbol right in the front. Like, basically, <laughs> like, hey, everybody, uh, the, you, you hate me? Well, here I am. <laughs> and that's where you get this little almost exactly like in New Hope with the guy, you know, giving the signal that they've seen the droids. Yeah, long snoop there where he's like, hey. I, I found her. Should I engage? And like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. And then it, it even really says, let's new hope. Yeah. And then really said, <laughs> he says like, Hey, don't engage. And then says on the side, Hey, if he screws up, we got, these are not the involved. Kryptonians you're looking for. No, Calm no, down, it everybody. is pretty crazy. Uh, but you have this big guy who's going to fight Kara then because she, you know, the Kryptonians, everybody yeah. just wants to fight Kryptonians. I like that. She energizes her deal. That activates the yellow sun. Now, with that, though. I like to think of this big guy, you know, who's like, at the one point, though, he's kind of leaning on this thing when he's talking to her, and everybody's kind of laughing at the idea that yeah. this, like, this little Kryptonian is going to do anything against him. Like, I want to think that this big yeah. guy has polio, like space polio, and then uh, Karis is going to beat the shit out of him, kind of like you yeah. when you're on the planet. Yeah. Hockey. He's going to get him. Now, the the thing that gets me is I know, that, I know that she's hitting the symbol to kind of energize. Uh, but she's also using her powers throughout this. Does that kind of diminish the the amount I, as I well? Don't know how she, it works. You know what I'm saying? She's listening to heart rate. She's her doing this. Power she uses, is fading, Jim. Yeah, she even uses Solar you know her fading. heat vision. So when you hit it, it's like the Green Lantern deal, and it's a big ballroom brawl. She does call but, crypto. But the weird part is, crypto seems to be fine with not having the solar energy that yeah, he should need man. as well. He's crashing he's through freaking buildings, and he's like a dog. I know he's he a dog, but it. where is the I little know. like you know? Kryptonian dog sweater that collects solar energy. Yeah, that's what they do. That's his fur. But yeah, as his solar reserves are going down, and all of a sudden, Star Green Star Lord shows up with exactly Star Lord's jacket. I mean, there's no doubt about that Star Lord's jacket. Yeah, and so they're fighting, and 
Kara's about to be killed, it seems, and then rips out Rogozar's axe that kind of morphs, which we've seen it morph before, yeah. stops this guy's big staff, oh and then basically God, they're thrown Rogozar off. Like, oh, how did you get that? And when hail the axe queen, starts yelling like, <laughs> hey, you know, pieces of shit wood. Uh, you do have crypto still pissed off. Well, that's off. one of those things. You know, you, Rogozar was the biggest band in the universe. She has his axe. That means he went down and she did it. We're yeah. all hailing yeah. this bra because no, there you we go. cannot beat her now. Yeah, and then in the meantime, you did have that, you know, the uh, bartender who then whips out a gun and is about to shoot Kara, and that guy, Cinder, ends up pressing a button that electrocutes her, so I don't know what's really going on with him, uh, but he just kind of is like, hey, you know, we could go together, but when this, this bartender He's a clue disintegrates... Yeah. He's looking for a new clue and colony. Well, she finds destroyed. the crystal in this disintegrated deal, and so you go from there. She's got her crystal. It's They're going to go all weird off. idea too, because you know, so, you know, Kara is obviously not Superman and stuff like that. I believe the lines even in this, but the whole idea where the I'm going to pair up with this guy that just murdered this alien. You know, even though I'm in the house, I don't of think L, I she wear, knew it. I don't think just, that she knew what he did because he she kind is of like, sifting through alien and he, remains. Oh, I know. I think that she thinks that she. I mean, all she sees is this, and I think she. thinks something malfunctioned or whatever i don't think that she knows that that guy did it he kind of pressed it on the side on and the he just goes back to like, having a drink yeah he's just drinking like and seems to be further away from her than you would look as the point of view deal that you got in that thing i think that she just goes over there and doesn't know what happened <laughs> it was so strange this this alien bartender lady just spontaneously combusted you, oh my I don't god know that she uh, has gem. any idea she goes off she's like eh, i'm not gonna go deal with him she goes off and then this guy does say and really, the problem is, it seems like without him, they couldn't have gotten off the planet anyway. Their ship's, you know, kind of wrecked out of nowhere, and he has to repair it. So she kind of is forced to let him uh, get involved, and they go. Are you saying the something's next- forced here? Well, yeah. Well, the next uh, the next deal is they go to Krypton and done. That's it. That's the end of the the issue. There's I, I not like much the going too, on. Just because you know. Space travel. Space travel is a boring thing overall. Like everything's like, man, I can't wait to go to space. But if you were had to travel, plan it to plan, do all this thing, it is boring. So I actually do like how simple this one thing is when they start no, going. They're just, they're just sitting, sitting there. They're sitting bored. there. They got nothing to do. Yeah. You don't even want to pass the time. Pretty much just picking up a hitchhiker. You don't want to start a yeah. conversation. Because yeah, the next and, thing, and, he's going to show yeah. you his face collection. Yeah, really. And in the meantime, he says, you know, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to find out. The, you know, I'm trying to find the guy who murdered Krypton and kind of this mystery that's going on around that. And uh, he just has his own little deal that he's doing. And then they end up where Kara starts bleeding. So that's again. And this happened before, way back in the truth, where Kara started bleeding because she had lost her power. So right. she's doing that obviously because of the yellow sun energies depleted but they well, not only that but we're, in, we're, at, we're at krypton's remains which is just full of kryptonite at this point yeah, just floating yeah. around so though. she's got issues and uh there they are they're there and we'll go from there but i love the art uh the story isn't going that yeah, i actually like the art more this issue than i think i have every other issue no, it's that a new art this new story. Okay. well that so makes sense then because then Evan I, I really enjoyed what we got here it's just nah. the story where we're gonna go place to place i'm like i read hawkman this week i don't yeah, need to see I like did Hawkman too. again. The, the issue is, though, Hawkman is a lot further on in the story as this, yeah. so I, I'm still going to give it a little bit of a benefit. The other thing is that, like I said earlier, Superman's driving me nuts because we are kind of, you know, treading water or something, but I'm talking about 20 issues with Rogozar over there. 
uh, here, I don't mind. I don't mind because this isn't a main book. This isn't a, you know, one of the bigger books. This is a side book. I don't mind when things like this, like a Red Hood that we gave kind of the benefit when it was the Dark Trinity where they kind of went and, you know, you had Artemis fighting in a bar and stuff. But yeah, it did. But I'll give the side books more benefit to just kind of develop the character and do that than a major book. So I'll give this more of a pass than, say, a Superman or an Action Comics that I think Brian Michael Bendis is doing the same treading of water. I'm worried that this is just going to be each issue getting a crystal. And then it'll be worse because it'll become every two issues getting one crystal. So we'll see how that goes from there. But I'm still going to give it a 6.5 because I really like the art a lot. And I I like Supergirl and I like Crypto and I had a little bit of fun here. But there's not much to it. I I did like the idea too because we have this new Kaluan character. It does kind of like harken back to when, you know, Supergirl was in the 31st century and kind of had a relationship with Brainiac 5. So you have this other clue in here i'm like this is kind of a cool thing we're not going to do the other this is cool to have as a substitute he's kind of a cool you know you know like you said a star lord type you know scoundrel out there a han solo type i like the idea i just hope we can have more fun with it where we're just not going to collect things and then move on like you said i love the art in this issue and i love this new costume supergirl i want to see more of that because it's way cooler than normal supergirl costume i would give this issue a six out of ten for what we got here All right, now we have the last book of the night, which is Mr. Miracle number 12, written by Tom King, art by Mitch Garrods and Clayton Cowles. See, I don't know if you're doing a robot voice or if that's just your voice right now. I'm just trying to get any voice because I'm losing it. Mr. Miracle is finally over and it ends with a non-ending that seemed to either delight or infuriate you, depending on where you stood going in. I was waiting for something to show me that this series wasn't the just the instant classic others called it, but that it was just worth the 12 issues that made it up. Epic. I'm not going to lose my mind and scream and yell because I'm glad it's over. And after tonight, I'll never, ever have to talk about it again. That's right. This is one of those that it seems as if you were in the whole time, then you're in. And now this is one of the biggest things, though, pet peeve that I have. Because a story has been non-answers and a mystery doesn't mean that if the ending has non-answers that it's a perfect ending. (laughs) And that's where people seem to be saying like, well, it's a perfect ending because we didn't get anything all up until now anyway. When did that become something? Is the so-called greatest hits of everything we've got before leading up to the end or the non-end of the series, which really just points Scott free in a terrible light in my mind. Yeah. And with that, I just get angry because I thought that he would tie something up He doesn't. He leaves it all out there. And that's fine. An ambiguous ending to something that is mind bending and things. I understand what people are getting from that. The problem is he set up things that were never resolved. You can't have this sort of ending when you set up the idea that Barda's eyes change color. Oh, no, the machine. you know, all these other things that were set up through that. And you just end. And this issue was delayed. This and the last issue were delayed. And they were delayed after that wedding issue. Batman 50 people came out. People lost their mind. People and Tom lost King their minds. Secu- and immediately, yeah, immediately this, immediately the, these issues were delayed. And I do think, and it was right after the wedding. And I do yeah. think that this was going to be a different story because I said they had, I had people who I was reading on Reddit that said that they'd talked to Mitch Garrard's recently at cons and things and saying, oh man, I love Mr. Miracle. And Mitch saying, I don't know. You better watch because we're going to break your hearts with number 12. Well, where are you breaking anybody's hearts here? 
There I was can understand. nothing I, to I break might have my anybody's heart. Broken heart. If I had no. a child that I not, wasn't expecting and then had to have another child, and not I would, that I might you, lose not my that mind. you were saying that you love this issue. No. There's no, I'm not even going to joke about it. There's oh, no God. nothing in this is joke worthy because it's a non-ending that basically either you can believe like like manship that Mr. Miracle died committing suicide and then he was working through his problems. But the issue I have mainly is last issue ended with Metron saying, hey, you know, this world's not real. You're going to go to the real world now. And that's never really referenced until the end. But also everything that happens kind of goes against it. Then it goes with it. And it just doesn't end in any sort of ending. It starts with Scott Bobby there Ewing. coming out of the shower, Bobby Ewing style, which can joke. Yeah, then he's, a thing. Yeah. Then he's, uh, you know, looking in the mirror of goodness. And the thing is with the mirror of goodness before we saw them look in and they were falling apart, bloody and stuff. Now he sees his own reflection. Does that mean something? Does that mean now he's okay? Because by the end, it seems as if he could have escaped whatever he's in, heaven, hell, limbo, He was told over and over again by all these different characters that he could have left any given time because he is an escape artist. And he even says it at the end, I can escape any time. So basically, the whole issue boils down to wherever he is trapped, he is in a make-believe world that he made up a son with him and Barda. And at the end, he decides he'd rather stay in this make-believe world than actually go back to the regular world. Now, this is a Tom King who a lot of people are centering this book on dealing with problems, dealing with mental illness, dealing dealing. with this. There's no dealing. At the end, he stays. This would be like me sitting in a padded room. That was his answer. Yeah, and the and then when he could pull out of that and get back to the real world, he nope. decides not to. That's not an escape. It is an escape. It it tells the wrong it you know message to me. Me too. And where people are like, man, Mister Miracle is such a hopeful book. It shows you that everything My works ass. out at the end. No, it shows you that you should stay in your make believe world. The life and is trying. hard. Yeah, life is too hard. And I said to you when I think back at this whole twelve issues, all I think of of Mister Miracle is him sitting on a couch looking to. That's all I I got from this. What what do you get that where Tom King also, where he fools people, it seems, with this writing, where I said with Batman, when we were getting close to the wedding, what does Batman think of the wedding? What does Batman think of getting married to Selena? What is it? You never knew because he he never dealt with that. What, Scott, what what do you think going out of this that Scott uh, that Scott throughout this whole thing what is he thinking what's going through his mind what is his character where's the progression all you get is him being told to get hot dogs most of the time getting a veggie tray and standing in the background while Barta does things so when I think back at that his dream world also is other people doing the work for him. Well, so, not only and that, that's my everybody, dream. Everybody praises this series talking about how it mixes the, you know, the fantastical the with the mundane with the, and yeah. all the stuff. But I'm like, but none of it's real. This is a made yeah. up world that's easier for him to be in than the real world itself. Yeah, so it's not and, the fantastical and, and the mundane. Ends, and it's just a fantastical inside of a head, like yeah. a headscape of his own. And making. so you, you end a story with a non-ending. So really it could be whatever you want. And I don't need that. I don't need because where you're listening to me and if you're shaking your head, no, you can think what you want. I can think what I want. That's yeah. why I hate this type of ending. Nobody's right. Well, even if nobody's the idea- right, then everybody's wrong. That's what I say. 
when we have all these characters coming and do a little cameos to show you that, you know, what Scott's all about. The idea what I got from it was, you know, he got the anti, he was infected with the anti-life equation and then killed himself because of it and put himself in his own little, you know, heaven or hell limbo kind of world, whatever. Yeah. But where we have these ghost-like characters coming and talking about, Scott, you could have escaped this. You weren't strong enough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The thing is, how does this – and when you see them, I mean, they, they're kind of scrambled up a bit. How does this tie into those scrambled panels that we saw before? Because yeah. I don't get it at the end of this. I like guess. where was and all that's that stuff problem. that ties into this? In this point, it seems like those scrambled up mean they're from that fake world that he came to this fake one. But when we were in that fake world, nobody else was like that. They were, So nothing was explained there. And basically, he's trying to tie up this resolution where Granny's like, oh, my boy, I loved you. You never came. You should have went where Metron. That was the cue. You could come out. Yeah. This is all fake. This is all make-believe. That was your escape. And so he's like, eh, you know what? Make-believe's easier. And then you go on. Now, at the beginning, it even infuriated me, too, because you have all these, you know, pop culture figures watching Mr. Miracle get burned at the beginning, including Mitch Gerard and Tom King, which is one of the most pretentious things I've ever seen in my life. That's nonsense. Just please stop it. Jim Lee, Dan DiDio. Yeah, and they're laughing, which they should be. Bunch of other actors. Yeah, I'm telling you, you look at that Dan DiDio and Jim Lee laughing like that, I want to punch them right in their stupid (laughs) faces. Look at them laughing. They're laughing laughing at us. I know. Yeah. And then you go, and their granny says that. And like I said, there's the, the mirror of goodness that they're looking in. And then you get back to the mundane. You get to see that Jacob's there. Everybody sighed a, a relief because he wasn't gone. I yeah. think that originally he probably would have been because well, yeah, this because is what you make do, believe. You, the whole idea of humanizing the character, you made them not a character anymore, not a superhero because he has made the wrong decision here because he has ch- decided to make the easy way out. The oh. whole idea would be to get rid of Jacob because this is something that he would have to do. To yeah. leave this to be the hero well, that we want and, him to and be. Just, just imagine this. Now, everybody, if you love this, you hate it, just imagine what is going on here because Mr. Miracle will eventually move on into another book, right? What Tom King is setting up and doing it with the ending where Mr. Miracle says, I can escape anytime, which does mean eventually I'll get out of my head games. You know, Once he has to go to that first PTA meeting, he's like, all right, out. fuck this, I'm no, out. The, the issue is that the next writer is the one who's going to be called out to fault that they don't have Jacob. He is putting it in everybody else's lap going forward that if you go forward with a Mr. Miracle book that does not include Barda and Jacob in that book and – the girl that's coming, yeah. you're the asshole, Rosalind. not Tom King. He's pushing it all on the next writer, and it's nonsense because it isn't real. He is telling us it isn't. So when that does come and somebody has a book, hey, Mr. Miracle number one, and it's Mr. Miracle going and he's fighting, he's on his disc doing his you know mumbo jumbo <laughs> immediately, escapings. four out of ten, there's no Jacob. And he's he's just passing on the buck. He can't have the balls himself to finish this up properly the way it seemed like it was set up. It just gets me angry. And and the whole idea at the end, and you told me this at work, and I believe it, that you said this whole story goes down to the idea that this is for the man who had everything, where Superman decides at the end to stay in the black mercy and not be a hero from now on. That is all this is 100%. And that's the biggest problem because – 
This is a combination of things that I hate about Tom King because whenever I go into a Tom King book, I can usually expect two things. One, he's going to kill a character. Uh, and one, he's going to kill a character. Or two, he's going to ruin a character. With this series, he killed a character and ruined him at the same time because he made Mr. Miracle a coward who yeah. took the easy way out and believes that suicide is painless. It takes on many changes. And yeah. that's all it is. He just wants to live in his fantasy world because it's easier than actually living in the world. I'm like, yeah. Tom, for a guy who wants to write stories about mental health, I'm like, you're not sending the right message here no. in my mind. And, and it just imagine, like, you can come up with a lot of examples. Of course, I always go to the Wizard of Oz. Just imagine, I? Dorothy, you know, they're all there. They get to the Emerald City, and all of a sudden you have, like, all you have to do is click your heels three times and say, you know, there's no place like home. And Dorothy's like, hard. nah, you know what? My heels hurt a little. I'm going to go with that horse of another color. I really like that painted horse. It really was cool. Go screw yourself. I'm going to go off and maybe eventually I mean, I I'll click I, my heels. If I stay here, I don't have to muck stalls? Fuck. Yeah, yeah, really. I'm I mean, really. Here. Yeah. You mean I don't have to go to that black and white area? Kansas? <laughs> I mean, we're not in Kansas anymore. That means we're in some place that isn't a desolate wasteland right now. Kansas is the worst place ever because all they see are black and white. Yeah, really? I don't have to go around and then you go to school? All right, I'll stay here because that's all this is. And all it is is you to mean appease I'm the fans. Here? And this is yeah, and this is the other thing that I understand. If you are a fan of Tom King, and you like his writing, and you like this books especially, uh, you do get a treat because the treat is he writes stories for what goes on in my mind, mostly Twitter, Reddit, wherever he goes, the social media, and whatever he sees hits, he will focus on that. So if you do like what he's doing, you do get a writer who will. Kind of go with the flow of what everybody likes. The majority of his fans like. That's what you get here. But if you don't like that, it's the worst. And I really think that he is a writer who now is really running scared and will not write a story that he thinks, you know, you have a Grant Morrison who we've said. That guy writes and says, screw anybody who doesn't like this. If you don't like it, go screw yourself. I'll see you later. Tom King seems to be writing, and he is kind of running scared in my mind, especially we say about the Batman 50 issue. It also is Heroes in Crisis as well. People are starting to turn on his deal. This issue to me is an ambiguous ending just so that people don't get angry. The story, it does not hit well with this. I was waiting for something to be resolved at the end, and it's a non-resolution. As you go, he does run into all these other people. They end up in even the fact that- It's what I said. It's the so-called greatest hits of the series. Yeah, and even the fact that you end up where he left, where Metron seemed to pull him out, but now it's looked at as a choice- And it could be you can tell me that the choice was him thinking Metron in his head and all this, whatever. But he goes to what this other make-believe world is. They're still fighting the War of Apocalypse. Why would that be there? It's just to go there so he can sit and talk to Forager who says, this is hell. And then you get the idea that Scott now can just jump from one place to the other, go hell, limbo, heaven, whatever the case may be. You have Orion that shows up and says, you know what? You had a choice. You you took the easy way out. You 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 wimped out. I agree. Well, even if I this think is Orion a thing of his own the making, then maybe this is a thing too, where he grew up in this whole hellish kind of thing. We've seen throughout the series too that he does like aspects of it because that's how he grew up. Like you know, even yeah. Granny stuff like that. There were aspects of Granny that he did enjoy. Here he has a family too, like a son and a daughter on the way. He's happily married. He's an escape artist and he's beloved. And also when he goes to this hell place, he's also a fucking high father. So he's a goddamn god king. Yeah, but I don't that's the thing though. I don't even know how it goes now. Because in my mind, you're in a different place. 
And yet it continues on the same. And it was weird because I thought that what this thing was going to show you is that everything had reset and you'd have like the dark side. Oh, my God. You know, this is the real. This is whatever. But it's, you know, because they even say never get dark side is what that really is. Here's the deal. Who's leading them in the in the war now of apocalypse? Kalabak, who it seemed like he killed already. So they reset something. It doesn't even make sense. Dark side is just means shit happens now. That was a thing that everybody wanted to know. That's all it is. Shit happens. Uh, They end up finding out that they're going to have a daughter. Originally, I think in my mind, I thought what would happen is Scott would wake up. He he is in the real world. And instead of having Jacob, they'd have a daughter. That would be the juxtaposition of what had happened. But instead, they're going to have both. It seems that the glitzed out version of Darkseid, Jacob can see out of nowhere. That's not explained, really. He does say because at one point, Jacob says Darkseid is in his baby talk. <laughs> And, you know, they even had – I don't know. Where- for some reason, I really just kind of zoned out at that point where – can you imagine having that conversation with your loved one or something like that, your wife, your spouse, whatever? The whole idea – you know, I was looking at Jacob and for a moment, he was looking beyond me and assumed yeah. that he was beyond, looking beyond, you know, into my father and then his – can you imagine just having this conversation like, yeah. oh, shut the fuck up? And, and here's the deal. I understand that the concept and the overall concept is that – you have Mr. Miracle. He is a superhero. He's an escape mm-hmm. artist. I thought he and was. really by the end, the escape is the escape from the fantastical world of fighting aliens and monsters. Because what what Scott's dream world is is going to get hot dogs and stuff. It is the mundane. I understand that. I understand what he's trying to get at. But that is again to me wimping out you're not making the hero's choice and the other issue is is i don't understand how this hits so hard with people when hardly anybody knows what mr miracle was or really is in a regular book and you're really relying on that idea because at one point you have a big section where he goes off to get hot dogs and all i can think of is that tom king's showing you that his heaven his dream world his black mercy is instead of punching gods and fighting fourth world, you know, deal, he'd rather just be on errands to get hot dogs. Well, even yeah. that, because like when we're on the way back, you know, like what, no veggie tray this time, Mr. Miracle? Yeah. So we have yeah. that little throwback. And when he's leaving the store, he also walks past that bar that he was and having drugs with Booster and Blue Beetle. Yeah. So we have yeah, that yeah. little thing like, going yeah. on. So he would rather be doing that as well. Yeah. But also all just little callbacks. I'm telling you, the so-called greatest sets of the series are thrown in here with these little goddamn things thrown. And like, then, I, I read and the then yeah. And then you have this, you know, you're in this dream world Give that's supposed ending. to be as heaven. So you have High Father there, so we can finally tell him to go to hell because you haven't been a good father. You might be High Father. You're no father to me. I'm your god. Uh, he's just like ah, fuck off and leaves. And then, yeah, then you have Oberon who has to try to tie things in and everything is just let's go from this to this and have these people. And then Oberon ties it in by saying, you know what? You could have been in this, you know, superhero world, but you'd rather be in even if it's not real, you'd rather be with your son, your new daughter coming and your wife. Hey, that's not much of a choice there, kid. Right. Hey. And then that's how it ends. And, and it then you matter anyway because and then again you have, before no. it's even started. Yeah, and then you have just the let's Which sit is a weird down and watch TV. Be for his heaven that Oberon was dead in his own yeah. making kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I I don't either. 
I, I don't know why any of this and why you would still have just dark side sitting there on a couch. I mean, when when you when I think about all of this, the only thing I keep coming back to is there is Scott who tried to commit suicide. We mentioned it earlier. You can say the anti-life equation, but it was never spelled out really. I think that in my mind, if you go with continuity, the only thing I could think of is if you went full out continuity, that right. Barda did have to leave to be a fury. Right. She At went on Scott was by world. himself. He had enough. He tried to kill himself because she was gone. He doesn't want to get out of the stream world because not just Jacob, but also Barda. That if he goes out, he's by himself again in this world. He has everyone. The problem I have, loneliness. Though, the problem I have, though, is this: this doesn't solve your problems. You have a lot of things. You made the joke that this is a story about how if you're having problems, you have a kid, and that's supposed to solve <laughs> it. It never works. Everything in a relationship. It doesn't right? work. And and so with this, I just think that Scott is there. He loves to have everybody else do all the big work where he goes, gets hot dogs. He just gets to lounge around. When things go wrong, it you just say dark side is. Everybody agrees. And you have a great time. He never seems really full out happy Suicide, until the huh? very end. Huh. And then, yeah. And, and it just makes it seem because my biggest problem is – when Scott would, and I know that when we go forward, because it says the Mr. Miracle series will not be continued. You have that Jack Kirby tie-in at the end deal that he had at his deal. But with that, the next person who does this will not reverence a lot of this. But if you did have the sequel, when does Scott decide to go to what is the real reality? And his problems are still there. Whatever he tried to commit suicide from didn't change unless it was just daddy issues because right. that's all we saw him work through. He's going to go and now Jacob won't exist. Now he's going to kill himself again. And it just going back to my end, babies. I don't like a story that's just it, it's Bullshit. it's clever because it's mysterious. It's uh thought provoking because it is ambiguous. Uh, and then at the end, oh, you that. don't show me the wraparound reveal that you really were thinking of things throughout and really knew what story oh, yeah, you were like, telling. Like there was a plan before you started. Because the, the main thing is before that, you know, the first six issues, really, we had the idea of us really trying to figure out why things were glitching out. Was this real? Was this? The minute that Jacob really hit, the book really then just changed a family. Oh, what, yeah, it changed and, and just directions stand, completely. Yeah, it changed. And then by the end, he didn't have the guts to get rid of that in my mind. Now, again, I could be completely wrong. That's how I took it, that he just I'm didn't have the you. guts to have other people like people like you. You didn't have a wedding. You killed Wally West. And now you're, you're you taking this off. family away. You're a liar. You set things up that never end up. You're breaking our hearts, all this stuff. And I don't think he could take that. And I think that maybe DC had something to do with it as well, saying people are bailing. You can't keep breaking their hearts like this. And I think that he ended up copping out just like Scott in this. I think both Tom King and Scott copped out to take the easy way out by Tom King just being ambiguous just so that people yeah. couldn't get mad. Those still people ended it got mad because it was a non-ending. And that's just after 12 issues. Uh, and just to end, I told you at work that one of the things is if you take that last cliffhanger of Metron just saying – here I am. This is the false world. Boom. And then have this issue. You can insert it after almost every issue of the series. And it still would make the same sense because oh, yeah. nothing was resolved. Nothing was resolved at all. But if you love it, you love it. I'm not going to say that anybody can't nobody can that, be wrong. No. No. That's how it ended. And, you know, there you go. 
have people talk about this. They think it's an instant classic. They're going to talk about it years from now. I am done. I'm done talking about it. I don't want to talk and about it after the biggest this. piece of solace that I can take away from this, the final issue. We just talked about it now. We don't have yeah. to do it ever again, Jim. I give it a five. I give it a five out of we ten, and that was a fuck you five. Fuck you and five I'm, all I'm giving around. it a fuck you five as well because mm-hmm. it was a non-story that does not deserve the praise it gets and just being told I'm wrong over and over again because yeah. I don't happen to like this, and like you said, ambiguous way of telling a story. That means nothing in the end. It only makes a character that I did enjoy into a coward who killed himself because life's too hard. I don't need that in a book. I'm telling you, that's the fantastical mix with the mundane. It, it, it's just suicide. And I'm telling you, the, the thing is, the, you got problems, kids? Go kill yourself. You can have a great time yeah. after that. I don't need yeah, that out of the Yeah, and then when you're book. in limbo working your way through, just keep with it and, and don't try to try hard. Now, I that's do want to po- at least. I do want to point this out because I was very proud of myself, Eric. I went back oh, and wait. looked at a bunch of my reviews. and I think at, you do it all the time, really. In issue six – This is what I said about how I thought, because a lot of people were giving me, and I wasn't going back to read my reviews. I was going back because there was a couple comments on the site where people are just like, who's going to look like an asshole when this all ties together at the end? You weren't going back to read. You were just going back to throw smack at people. Oh, I was trying to find these people's (laughs) names. I was going to search them out because as I was going, I kept saying this is a very hard series to review per issue. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's an instant classic because it may not end with an ending that I like, whatever. So this is what I said in issue six, (laughs) obviously over six months ago because we had a couple months. I think it was like nine months ago now. Yeah. Six issues in and I still don't have any idea what the overall narrative of this book is. I'm starting to suspect that this is just the way it's going to end by the end. I will be left with a you make the call ambiguous ending that Tom King seems to revel in. I don't want to make the call. I don't want to fill in the blanks. Am I the only one who thinks this is a story that's written only to be clever? Don't get me wrong. I love a clever story but this just feels like the worst case of the Emperor's new clothes wrapped up in fourth world mumbo jumbo and the majority of readers and critics are too afraid to see it for the nakedness it is now that's fine but here we go this may not be the worst written story of the series but the utter conceit of it made me hate it the most i'm beyond defending my position for this book i hate it and it somehow feels personal now i'm telling everyone right now if the story ends with a non-ending where scott gets out of the shower a la bobby ewing i may lose it we got that right where's my ding sound however however I would take that a million times over what I suspect we will get, and that is a non-ending, which will be praised as perfect, but will show that we wasted our time and money for little mundane moments and nothing more. I bet we'll get both just to drive me totally insane. Alive, dead, captured, free. I know it won't be explained in the end, so why do I care so much? There you go. I was right on. that. I'm not a smart man. But you could tell that this is what we were going to get six issues ago, and it took. <laughs> I think that we could long. tell us we were going to get after one issue. Really, holy moly! We we were saying it all two, along. Three, so yeah, four, I'm just five, done. Six, I seven, am done. Eight, eight, ten out of tens. Yeah, ten out of tens. But that's what people like. They're and, all the power uh, to them. The I don't score besides for one, Mister Jim Winter, is an eight <laughs> yeah. out of ten. Yeah, it goes down to eights and then jumps down to five. I, I look like the jerk. You, you do. Know, and I look like that. a jerk too. I can't help it. It's just, I did not have any fun with the story where there were glimpses of hope in this that I gave a little bit of a higher score out of this. It, it didn't mean anything in the end. No, so you are pretty it much, it's, it's a useless goddamn story that doesn't do anything, but except for that yeah, whole experimental yeah. humanization of a character. That but just I makes said, you see, some of these, I don't want that out of yeah. my characters. 
Some of these say it's it's a story for her age. I agree because a lot of people like to give Not up, age. and a lot of people don't like to you know do things that are hard. Yeah. You know, they start things and don't finish because they get to it. It's it's wrong turn on a diet. Everything's too hard for him, so anything. he gives up. It's a mad yeah, libs Everything wrong he turn. wants to do, he just gives up, and that's what Scott does in this. Just gives up until he feels like escaping later. Yeah. And like I said, it's all laid in the hands of probably some other writer when they decide to use Mr. Miracle and people. It's the first time that one of the kids says, I hate you, daddy. Then that's when he's going to go and escape. Yeah. And then he's like, this, uh, this dream is over. And then he goes on. (laughs) But yeah, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Superman number five, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, I guess. Wonder Woman. (laughs) <laughs> Did I give anything over a six five? I don't know. I think it was Wonder you Woman, Supergirl, maybe. I'm starting to what forget about what Woman? I give Do you like these Catwoman? books. Uh, no, I, no, I thought that no, was down, no, but I think no. I gave that a six five as six, well. Five, I had a couple six like fives. We'll say Catwoman, Wonder Woman, Supergirl. Let's go with that. That's what we'll go with. I need something good to come up. Please, please. Next week we have Aquaman 42, Batman number 59, which I'll tell you. Is going to be higher than a 6.5, Eric. I know. You like this one. It's crazy. Oh, my. Damage number 11. We're getting close to ending with that. Thank God. I'm not saying it's canceled, but it is for us. Harley Quinn number 54. Is that canceled yet? How is that not canceled for weird science yet? Canceled. I was going to say, how is that still twice a month at DC? (laughs) Justice League number 12, which continues Drowned Earth. We have Justice League Dark number 5, which I'm going to be very hyped for because we've done the witching hour. Let's get back to just- Let's see what happens. Upside down, man, all the way, right? Hashtag upside, upside down, down man. man. It's like upside down cake. Everybody loves that, right? It's delicious. That's what I call when I'm clumsy and just drop the cake. Hey, it's kids, upside, upside down, down cake. cake. They're like, why oh. is it also on the kitchen floor cake? God, it's got hair and dirt all yeah, over it, that's, that's little Flavor. surprises. That's surprises. Nightwing number 53. Sideways number 10. We ain't talking about that, Eric. I just Thank want to God. point it out. And done. Teen Titans number 24. That's it. With There's Chris, not a yeah. lot of books next week. Not at all. So, uh. Hopefully my voice will be back and I'll be in a little better mood. I was not in the mood for jokes this week. I'll tell you then. He never is. Uh, no, never is. not with you. You stupid lame ass jokes. You, you're like oh. ambush bug there with the ventriloquist doll. I was firing off cylinders. First off, it's ambush bug with a du- dummy that's also him. That don't make I would no do that. I, I would do that too. I really would. Yeah. He'd have like You'd an eye patch, a headband. He's, he'd have like a, a Superman hoodie on. No, yeah, Superman hoodie, uh, eye patch, and a headband. Headband, yeah, yeah. You just make fun of it. But yeah, that's it. That's the end <laughs> of the podcast. That's pretty much the podcast is what it is. Everybody. I'll play you. The dummy plays yeah, me. That's fine. I'll play with anything. And I'll tell you, I'll play with anything. <laughs> uh, but uh, everybody, if you want, go over and catch. Check out. I catch out. You catch, catch out. Me catch outside. me outside. Right. Yeah, yeah. Catch me outside. Go over to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash weird science. Check out all those shows. I promise you we're a little more positive. When we talk about other things other than these books tonight, this might and be my worst week there, of books. You're going to catch Jim outside. That's right, catch me outside. Oh, my. But, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> Soapbox. R.I.P. and peace. Stanley Lee Lieber.